Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's show was recorded on June the 13th, 2017. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, my own personal game changer. <laughs> Caffeine rage. On today's show, we're going to be talking all about E3. We're going to cover each of the major conferences in probably pretty lengthy detail. Uh, I'm not going to list them all out here. You can obviously find the timestamps in the show notes for each of the respective conferences slash topics this week hello rage hello uh, wait, wait, wait we already covered this in the pre-show <laughs> yeah in the pre-show you know that pre-show took about as long as all of our normal pre-shows but we actually were productive yeah well first time for everything yeah and it takes e3 to do it for us like our christmas in summertime that's how i described it earlier christmas in june I was, uh, well, it turns talk- out everybody got coal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, this podcast is just going to be as long as it is. We've got a lot of stuff to go through, uh, and I think that we should just dive into it. Of course, with this being the E3 special, we're not going to cover any of our usual stuff. No games, no yeah. community corner, no nothing. Yeah, pretty much anytime there's a non-numbered episode, don't expect the usual stuff. No, no Discovery queue, no community corner. It's yeah, just we'll us catch up. rambling. Yep, we'll catch up on all that next week. Uh, Newsweek after E3 is always super light, except for just updates about things, but we don't really care too much about those. Those general press release type things. Yeah, we have them all this week. Yeah. So, uh, to kick off the show, we figured we should do a little preamble about E3 this year. I actually had a couple of questions to prime our discussion and sort of frame where we're going with this, because... This E3 is, in my view, fundamentally different, or at least maybe fundamentally different is the wrong way to say it, but it's definitely a different show than we've seen the last few years. So the first question that I want to want to ask or bring up is, is it just me, or was this E3 seeming lackluster? I think it probably seems worse than what it is because it started and ended on a very low note. Particularly, well, we'll get into it in a little bit. The EA, the EA and most of the Nintendo conference just were just complete write-offs. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Nintendo's conference didn't even make the half-hour mark this year. Yep. I, I know that Nintendo never does a strong E3 show presence, or at least they haven't for the last few years, but they really felt like they just half-assed it this year. To be perfectly honest, it felt like Nintendo's uh, E3 conference should have been airing at, oh, 2 a.m. on uh, uh, cable news. On the cable news channels as an infomercial. I wish they would have had Devolver slot instead, and they just wouldn't have done a conference. But we'll really get to that later. We yeah. have many thoughts. Most of um, them, what the fuck? Yeah, not good. Okay, I was, I was sitting there thinking about this today after I had watched the Nintendo conference earlier. Uh, I had a a no show client, so. I actually had a chance to watch in the middle of the day and then think about it afterwards instead of cramming it before we started. And I just, like, I had this thought, like, I don't know if this was a bad show year or if I am just have covered E3 enough times that I'm starting to get cynical about it. And there's probably some cynicism there. Welcome to my world. But I just was like, I wasn't, I, I got excited about a few things, but 
in general, my, my view of the conference was just like, I mean, I'm looking forward to talking about this, but in general, I'm just like bored by half of it. Welcome to my world. I know. I know. And I also had the thought, like, I don't know if you're the best person to talk about this because I'm the optimist on our show and you're the pessimist. So, of course, you're going to reinforce the pessimism, but you're the only sounding board I have. You poor thing. I know. I know. Maybe we need to uh, uh, go capture one of our uh, former (laughs) co-hosts, our third chairs, and bring them in. (laughs) And maybe they can reflect next week and actually send some stuff in for Community Corner. Yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, okay, but yeah, I just I just had that thought and had to lead off like that. Like, I mean, we will, obviously, we're going to get into each of the conferences and more details we go through, but, I mean, I really felt like everybody, pretty much, was just down. Either uh, the I, conferences were, make, I wouldn't were say way more everyone, serious. Than- I wouldn't say everyone. Uh, do you think that, oh, look, I do think the PC gaming show saw a serious uptick from last year. I do too. That, do. That's that's like the gym for me. <laughs> yeah, I think Microsoft was pretty on the level with the past. I mean, for the most I compla- part, for the most part, I complained that they used the word exclusive too much. But I mean, they had a pretty or standard Microsoft and a console. Yeah, uh, they had they had a standard Phil Spencer conference. Like Phil Spencer, just he knows how to do it. He knows what's up. But I mean, the Bethesda Bethesda also had that fun graphic thing. But in general, their conference was a letdown. Devolver was insane, but not in a good way. <laughs> I really liked the PC gaming show as well. Uh, I thought Ubisoft was okay, but I missed Aisha Tyler, so sad day. Sony was a disaster, and then uh, Nintendo a technical felt like disaster they were... more than anything, though. Yeah, and then Nintendo felt like they were phoning it in. So yeah, I just I, I just wasn't feeling it this year. Maybe it's also. Uh... A lot of what we saw were little highlights from last year as well. Yeah, there was a lot less, check out this new thing. Check out this thing coming in the distant future to get you hyped about. Although that might be a good thing. Maybe they're learning their lesson. Because the past couple of years have been filled with lots of pushback from people about, like, quit hyping us up for stuff that's coming in three years and lying to us about what this game is going to look like or going to include. Or, damn it, no more Minecraft. Yeah. So. I I think it'll be the biggest surprise when we have an E3 that doesn't mention Minecraft or Skyrim. (laughs) Yeah, that ain't never going to happen. When it does, then. Bethesda could uh, milk that dead horse. Yeah, Microsoft, too. I mean, when that happens, the second coming of Christ is just around the corner. So, that's the time to repent. Um, yeah, I, it's, I think we should probably stop talking about this line because that <laughs> yeah. we're, we're starting to get into both specific cons or specific, yeah. So let's uh, uh, go to your second uh, question. What do you yeah. think of all the streamers, YouTubers and uh, countless hacks? Oh, sorry. I got a little off track there being on stage and in promos, even more prevalent than it was last year. Well, I think I yeah. kind of just tipped my hand on what I thought. Yeah. I was, I'm in two minds about it. Uh, on the one hand, it's nice to see that all of these big companies are starting to realize like, okay, all of our traditional means of advertising and promotion and all of that are becoming dated. Uh, this whole streaming and YouTube thing is actually going to, going to, it's going to go somewhere. Thing. Yeah. It's going to go somewhere. <laughs> They're late to the, the, the boat on that one. But 
so you know on the one hand it's it's nice to see them acknowledging like okay we need to start moving this direction and meeting our our consumers where they are but on the other hand it feels so cynical and so exploitative well uh, and another they're thing up these people that no one has like i had, hadn't heard of a single person that they got on stage. I, I heard of a one. couple of them but the thing is a lot of these uh, people they seem a lot better than what they are and i i'm i shouldn't be one to talk because you know i'm terrible on youtube as well but there's this little thing called editing and it was very apparent that some of them are used to making lots and lots of mistakes and just editing out all the bad bits. <laughs> there was one yeah. person during the EA conference, I can't remember his name, that looked like he was about to do an edit, you know, uh, you know whatever his signal was for an edit cut and start again at one point. <laughs> it's like, yeah. wow. <laughs> yeah. I I think that that we'll continue to see this for the next few years, and hopefully they improve it instead of making it worse. They need but. to get better quality ones because, uh, to be perfectly honest, the big name YouTubers are not essentially the most high quality of presenters, especially live presenters, and the ones that rely a lot more on editing and are less able to just riff off the cuff shouldn't be at a live fucking conference. Yeah, there were quite a few of them too that got like re- like you could tell they were feeling the pressure. Like the I, whoever it was that was in the or, or, EA conference that was doing the uh, Need for Speed, like he just like stopped. Like yeah, that's the one know. I was talking about. That looked like he was about to do an editing pop. You know, uh, whatever you know, click his fingers or whatever to you know have a obvious spot in his uh, vocal track to uh, do a uh, cl- uh, just a cut uh, a splice and cut out a, a section. Yeah, but, thankfully but though, the audience the only one. helped him out. They helped him out. They gave him some applause, and he he reset himself and kept going. How, yeah. how about this? How about this? Have it so that if you're going to use YouTubers and stuff, have you know essentially your stable that you use, you know the same YouTubers for uh, for each company, I guess. You know, have their own little stables. But also, don't throw them on stage on E3 as their first damn gig. Granted, a couple of them this wasn't their first time around. Not that you could tell the difference, but still. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, a couple of them were at the uh, video game awards as well, and you know they weren't much better there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, though, how can you? I mean, stand up to the Shik Hydrobot. I mean, come on. That dude, he's the best. You just want to uh, wear out his uh, lube strip. Absolutely. Uh, one th- one other thing I kind of noticed, uh, this is on your list, but did you notice a lot more prevalence of girl gamers this time around? Every time that I they did. had a uh, gamer on stage, no matter the fact that they actually used the gamer and, uh, instead of just having stock footage, I don't recall there being a guy gamer at all. No, there were... They were- guy gamers that they showed but maybe uh, I just, but, uh, not counting the people in the creator cave no no i mean i i remember seeing some in but it was very shows, prevalent but, that yeah you know, uh they really were focusing on the girl gamers which is a, yeah. a terrible thing but it's one of those things that felt very exploitative when they just kept pointing it out you know yeah and they were doing that a lot too i don't know if you were watching well i know you watch some of the pre-show stuff but watching various streamers and things they had very prevalent female streamers and YouTubers and things like, oh, this is, you know, whoever from what, like, I mean, I don't recognize a lot of them. Uh, I mean, I don't recognize very many YouTubers or streamers, to be honest, but, you know, it was, like, very, like, front and center, like, hey, look, we've got a girl. 
we've got a girl. And Look, like, tit. I'm I'm cool with there being more equal representation. In yeah, gamers. but it I mean, still I've, felt I've very exploited. It uh, the same thing with the YouTubers just in general. Yeah, I wish that they would have just done it and not drawn attention to it. Like yeah. that would have been the best way to do it. Like just have these girls everywhere. That's cool. And then just like you know, oh hey, there's some girls. Like you know, the, the audience can say, oh hey, there's a lot more female gamers this year. That's nice. But it felt like they were trying to say, see, we're progressive. We're progressive. We have girls. We have more girls than the other guy. Come buy our games. Yeah, pretty much. But, I mean, there were some places that did it right. And, I mean, I think this is going to come up a lot because both you and I had a lot of love for the PC gaming conference. But Uh I felt like they did it really well um, and didn't draw too much attention to it. So, that was nice. Uh, but I think that's all of my pre-thoughts. Yeah, I just, just like, yeah, I threw one in uh, as a curveball to you. Yeah, but no, I, I just, I didn't really even think about that because I didn't, I did a lot of skipping through things or like. Well, I did, even the ones that I watched on VOD, I didn't even skip. Yeah, I Apparently skipped through a lot of them. was a VOD. mistake, but eh. yeah. I I only got to watch two of the conferences live. This and that year. was the ones the with me. Watched. Yeah. <laughs> Which, that was a lot of fun. I think next year we should plan to do a lot more of them that way. But, like, this weekend was just, like, crazy. And so, and this week. So, I, I wound up watching a lot of the VODs and, and skimming through a lot of the crappy spots. But the PC gaming was one of the ones that I watched all the way through. So, okie dokie. Then I think if we're done with our pre-thoughts. Any, any last thing you want to say before we just dive in? Oh, uh, I'm not looking forward to talking about this first one. <laughs> All right. Well, then with that, let's move on to our first conference. The <laughs> Why? EA, the EA conference. One of the cringiest conferences that I've ever seen. It was, it was pretty bad, guys. It's pretty bad. Yeah, my notes were very uh, vulgar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I took almost no notes on anything in this conference until we got to Battlefront 2. Well, let's see. Most of my notes were... Why? Why? Kill me. Kill me. <laughs> Boring as fuck. Skip, please. Yeah. Who the fuck are uh, these chuckle nuts? <laughs> yeah, so we should probably... Yeah, let's just go right down the list. Ben, uh, 18, long shot. Oh, oh, wait, they started off cringy with the drum crew. You don't, don't forget the drum crew. I actually really like that. I like the marching band. That was nice. I thought that was a nice touch. Cause, if they're know, going to do just... a, mar- a marching band... I think they should bring back the in a uh, 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 the college football. Yeah, Mark, the band is a lot bigger thing in in college football than it is in in the NFL. So yeah, good point. But still, I mean, I liked it. I thought it was different. Yeah, when um, I saw the marching band, I thought they were bringing back college football there for a moment. And, and Grant, the uh, well, all the sports titles just shows you know what a big mistake it is giving EA a monopoly because you know it's they don't have to work to really improve anything yeah the only real improvement to any of their sports games is that they've taken the story mode from FIFA last year and thrown it into Madden yeah because people uh yeah really wanted a damn uh, story in their sports games right yeah yeah I I mean we said this last year I think we should still make this caveat in case we have any new listeners or anybody who just like finds this and is like oh let's listen to three hours of EA coverage or not EA E3 coverage if, uh, if there's three are, hours of EA conference uh, I, I would just kill myself uh, right now 
Yeah. We are not the target audience for sports games. I mean, I don't really care about sports at all. Uh, well, here's the I thing. Especially is that, don't care about sports video games. Here's the thing is that I kind of like some sports games, and I really like others. The The main problem here is that, okay, FIFA is on uh, PC, I think. Well, I'm pretty sure it is. But, yeah, I'm not a soccer guy. Oh, sorry. Football. Football. Madden is not on PC. And I don't really care for their uh, uh, NBA Live. I'm not a basketball fan. I do like my baseball games. Granted, there's not a lot on PC. This is really a, a, a probably a fault in me that I kind of like some sports games, but I'm a PC player, so you know, I get fuck all for sports. Right. Very few sports games. At least very few of the main big sports games come Yeah, so I get... Uh, Oddball things like, uh, oh, hang on, what was that one again? Let me, uh, Super Mega Baseball Extra Innings. That's about the best baseball game I could get right now. <laughs> That's modern. Which is not a bad, uh, baseball game, by the way. Right. Yeah, you talked about it for quite a while on the, the, the episode where it came up. Yeah. But anyway, Madden 18 long shot. Just, why are they putting a story mode in this? I mean, maybe people did like it. I don't know. Yeah, uh, maybe that's the thing is that we aren't the uh, target audience for uh, these sports games. So, you know, the FIFA uh, sports mode, which or the FIFA story mode was really popular. And they thought, hey, maybe uh, the other football uh, people would like it. I will say that the graphics looked pretty good. But then again, that's the thing that I think we're going to have to say over and over again is that you can't trust graphics in an E3 trailer. At all. No. Although, I mean, the sports graphics, those tend to be pretty good in general anyway. Because that's the only thing that they could uh, sit down and polish. Just about, yeah. I mean, every once in a while you'll get, like, a huge game changer. Pun intended. Uh, uh, and <laughs> and then, you know, that'll be the big thing for the next, I don't know, four or five years. With very, very teeny tiny iterations in between. And, and most of the big changes come to the graphics. So... I mean, you, you can probably trust the sports ones, because they always look pretty good. But beyond that, yeah, there's a lot of, you just can't trust it. So, shall we move on to the next game? Yeah. Okay, Battlefield 1, and the name of the Tsar. This actually uh, looked uh, pretty interesting. Grand, they had cringy streamers again, but the fact that they're going with lesser-known battles and lesser-known fronts in World War One. I think it's a really smart move. Yeah, I agree. I mean, World War One and World War Two both had, I mean, they were world wars. There were yeah. tons of things that never get covered unless you buy, you know, one of those 50 DVD history things that covers, you know, beginning to end. Yeah, back so, when uh, the History Channel was the Hitler Channel. Yeah. Um, and not you know, I, a random uh, pawn shop channel. Yeah. But I, I totally agree with you. I think that this is a good move for them to continue pushing the, I don't want to say unique, but the sort of different take that they've spun onto one of these games. There's only uh, so many times, and yes, I realize this is the wrong world war, that you could have the storming enormity. Right. And I mean, This is something that I brought up before, is that I'd love to see maybe an alternate history world war game where you have Operation Mincemeat actually happen, where it's the invasion of greece yeah uh grant i realize still the wrong world war but yeah 
in uh, American history, World War II is actually focused on a lot more than World War One. <laughs> yeah. So it's the one that I could, uh, you know, name off uh, some uh, somewhat obscure things a little bit uh, better. I mean, it's so it's been done so many times the storming Normandy that it's a TV trope. Yeah. You know, like, and I'm it's the same sort of thing that that applies to that. So I'm I'm really happy to see going back to. In the name of the czar, the DLC, the more obscure things, and I'd love to see this trend continue. Uh, I will get to it a little bit later on, but Call of Duty going back to World War II, like I'd love to see. Like one of my biggest worries is they're just going to retread the old Call of Duty games, yeah, new graphics. So I'm really happy to see this, and I hope that it sells really well. Actually, like usually I'm like, God, uh, yeah, I don't Grand, want DLC. this is like, still Battlefield One, so it's very much you know. Your standard Battlefield game only with a World War One skin, or yeah, pseudo World War One, because uh, they have a lot more automatic weapons, a lot more, uh, I guess, quality of life things. Even though that's not even quite the right term for it, they make it a lot easier for you to run gun than you actually could back in the day. Right, but I just, I, I actually hope that this does well, so that maybe uh, the Call of Duty people uh, will learn some lessons. And actually give us some more interesting and obscure and diverse content if they're going to keep going down the historical games line. Yeah, let's see. Next up was an entire segment on pro gaming. Yep, which I just didn't care. Uh, yeah, mine was boring as fuck and wow. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, that's the thing is that, well, uh, EA I think was the most egregious, but uh, there was another conference that covered uh, pro gaming a fair amount. And they made it look so terrible. <laughs> it happened in the PC gaming show, and I think it happened in the Ubisoft show, or was it? Yeah, none of them uh, really showed, you know, uh, even the skill level of pro gamers. You know because, what? It was Bethesda, because they were talking about Quake, and they had this yeah. whole thing about a pro gaming thing yeah, and, and like had, a million-dollar prize pool. Yeah, and they had such horrible players uh, in their segment for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about this? Instead... Whenever you're talking about pro gamers, I realize this isn't an EA property, but show some of the uh, of the crazy shit that happens in a, a Rocket League. Yeah. Because we sat down and watched uh, the uh, Rocket League uh, Grand Championship, and that is just insane. That was insane. Yeah, it made me feel so bad. I, I consider myself to be a decent Rocket League player, and then I watched that, and I was like, nope, I'm terrible. I just need to never play this again. <laughs> <laughs> so, Yeah. Uh, next up was Need for Speed. No, no, FIFA 18 first. Oh, right, FIFA 18, that's right. I, uh, my note for that is FIFA, yay, I guess. <laughs> Mine was, uh, I don't know who Alex Hunter is, but fuck him. Because I guess that's, uh, who the, uh, uh, the protagonist is in the story mode this time, because they just, uh, if you were taking a shot every time they said the name Alex Hunter, you'd be dead of alcohol poisoning. Yeah. And also, this was the segment that they brought in, the Men in Blazers! Yeah, which was terrible. That was so cringy and not funny. And then they had the the high-five, or the missed high-five pulled around the world. Yeah. Instantly memefied. Yeah, which honestly was, is kind of the point of it, really. I Yeah, they, you know what? They probably did it on purpose. Yeah, they they purposely were so terrible, especially in their little song and dance number that... Uh, they uh, got themselves memified and made themselves all the more popular. 
And let's see, my yep. other note was "Kill me, make it end." <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty bad. Okay, next need for speed payback. I guess I just skipped FIFA because I don't care. Uh, but I do. I am looking forward to this. Yeah, this honestly, looking at the uh, preview stuff, granted they didn't have a lot because yeah, you can't have too much gameplay footage, right? Uh, uh, Need for Speed Payback feels a lot like the crew, to be honest, with uh, uh, finding junkers and fixing them up and that sort of thing, and sort of a uh, more of an open world uh, thing going on that they had before. Yeah, but and you're doing car heists. Like my note for this is uh, Need for Speed meets Fast and the Furious! Exclamation point. Yeah, and also it, uh, Need for Speed with a mix in of burnout crashes, which honestly. I hope there's an option to turn that off because in the burnout series, it at least made sense because that was the focus of the game was uh, the uh, just the pure demolition and all the uh, crazy physics going on with the crashes. But the fact that in their trailer, they cut away from the action a dozen times uh, to watch uh, a car slowly dance end over end. You haven't played a Need for Speed game recently, have you? I guess not. That's been a thing for a long time in the Need for Speed series. Um, the last one did away with it. What was it? I think it was just called Need for Speed. That Maybe continued. that's the thing is that I, the last Need for Speed game I, that I played and enjoyed was oh, Most Wanted, I think. The original Most Wanted? Yeah. Yeah, Need for Speed, the last maybe, several Need maybe for it's Speed just games. A, maybe it's just the fact that I got away from the Need for Speed series uh, just... And uh, when they did the uh, free giveaway for the latest uh, Most Wanted, the second one, because, you know, uh, you you can't have these things make sense. So, of course, we're going to reuse the same title. I just absolutely hated it. Yeah. Yeah. This is it's just been a thing in the last few games. Aside from the I think they're pro street or pro something or other. I mean, because that was all about racing, like actual racing circuits and things. How dare they really actually good. have racing in uh, a Need for Speed game? It was so good. It was up there on par with Forza, but they made two of them, and then they haven't made any of them since. It's called Need for Speed Shift. That's what it was called. But there was a Need for Speed Pro Street game, which was pretty good, too. That was also all about racing, but it was a lot less like pro racing and a lot more like amateur type racing. And also, well, something else that they're throwing in on this one is uh, playable uh, or swappable, swappable playable characters. So in the mission that they showed off, it, you uh, were coming up behind this uh, tractor trailer. And eventually, uh, the girl that was with you climbs into the tractor trailer, steals a car, uh, the supercar and drives off. But when she's uh, launching out of the back of the trailer, you swap to her and now you're driving away in the supercar. Which uh, yeah. could lead to some interesting things in the story mode, because that's one thing that uh, has always been kind of uh, t- uh, tough to do in uh, the single player missions in uh, these games. Grant, I will admit that I haven't played the latest Need for Speeds, is that it's very janky trying to go between cars, if a mission even allows it. Yeah, when uh, yeah. sometimes you know it would make more sense, and it would allow for keeping up with the action a lot more yeah i'm i'm looking as long as they do it well i'm looking forward to this because the the idea behind the story mode is like you're tra- trying to take down some cartel or something like that who deals in cars it's it seems heavily inspired actually by the need for speed movie it's plot line because uh, it's need like for I'm speed getting, fast and furious 
Yeah, that's Need for Speed meets Fast and Furious. That's why I made that as my top note for this. I, it looks really campy and over the top, and as long as they don't mess up the driving and stuff, I think I'm pretty much in on this one. All just, right. Uh, so next up? Yeah. Uh, okay. A Way Out. Yeah, this is an interesting one. This is from the team behind Brothers A Tale of Two Sons, our current game club game, actually. Yep. A uh, prison break RPG with a co-op focus. Yeah, it looks interesting. I, yeah, it I looks hope it's better than the actual prison break game. That game yeah, is too. Yeah, some uh, there's I, I'm I'm a little skeptical of this. Mostly because uh the developer and I'm blanking on his name now and I didn't write it down because I'm an idiot. He got on stage and started Peter Ball Hewing. Right. And, yeah. And that that puts me off big time. And that and also it's designed for split spring a uh, a split screen co-op even on pc uh, on uh, uh internet play which could be very disorienting i think yeah i think so too especially if you don't have good connection um, yeah because the whole split screen thing could really cause some issues yeah honestly this looks like it's more designed for consoles even though it is coming to pc and it is going to have internet play it's one of those things that it just it looks like it could technically work, but I'm not sure if it would. Yeah. And also, yeah. I'm a little concerned about the way that they're handling it. It looks like it could be very easy to miss story, because in order to uh, keep up with the story, you're going to have to shift your focus back and forth between your character and your friend's character. And I'm you know, I'm not sure if there's a single uh, uh, way to single play this or not, because it is two completely individual characters. Unlike uh, Brothers of Tale of Two Sons, where you know, you're controlling both of them pretty easily on a single screen. But it looks like it's very easy to overlook something just because you know, you're having to pay attention to what your character is doing while story bit is happening to the other character. Yeah. That, that's my it big does, concern. It does look interesting, though. And as far as I know, something like this hasn't ever been done before. And so, you know what? I'm willing to give them some points, at least for trying something new. Yeah, they're at least trying terrible. something new. It's just uh, one of those things that I'm a little bit skeptical on the uh, uh, on how they're going to do it, especially when uh, the developer gets on stage and starts sounding like a Peter Molyhew, uh soundboard. Yeah. Yep, I definitely agree with you on that one. But still, I, like, you know, there's not – I don't think there's enough innovation anymore in the games industry. Yeah, and I so will agree with nice that. To it, see. It's it's very uh, expensive to make a game, so you'll see uh, the same games over and over and over and over and over again, uh, essentially. Uh, or yeah, if it is a new game, it borrows heavily from other games. So there's yeah. not uh, not a lot of people that are w willing to do risks, and this is uh, under the EA banner. But it sounds like this is more of like their indie department. Yeah, or uh, uh, indie, you know, protrusion from the uh, blobless mass that is uh, EA until <laughs> it, it gets fully absorbed. Yeah, yeah, that's a a good way to say it. <laughs> okay, all right. So th then they brought up Seed, which is essentially buzzwords the segment. Yeah, Seed the, stands the for the design department for EA, essentially. Uh, actually, seed is 
searching for extraordinary experiences and developing new game technologies. And then they just went with searching extraordinary experiences, developing seed. I mean, yeah, this doesn't sound really... like it's a, a, a corporation of evil uh, sci-fi, uh, uh, an evil corporation of sci-fi, does it? <laughs> no, they didn't really say very much about it aside like from said, their opening. Buzzwords, buzzwords, buzzwords. Yeah, this little article that I looked up to do my homework is like, we don't really know anything about this. It just seems that they're going to look for indie devs that are doing new stuff and and absorb them and uh, then spit out the corpse. Yeah. So it's like, it's basically what they do anyways, except instead of for big companies for indie devs. Yeah. So in other words, uh, EA is going to latch onto an indie dev and implant its seed into them. Hey, Oh my God. They're the face huggers. (laughs) They are the face huggers. Oh my gosh. That actually makes me feel in a weird way, a little bit better about it. It makes me feel worse. <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully it's a, it turns out to be a little more positive than we're anticipating. But I don't really have very much hope for that. Just like a tiny bit because I'm an optimist or the optimist out of the two of us. But yeah, they didn't really say anything else about it. So we can't really talk anymore about it. They just said that they would say more about it later. So yep. then let's... didn't they say it was going to be at Gamescom? Yeah, I think so. To yeah. be honest, I kind of blacked out at this moment. <laughs> yep. Uh, then they had the teaser trailer for Anthem, yeah. which we're not really yeah, going to get Bioware into right now. Yeah, the Bioware game Anthem. Uh, they, well, they originally were just calling it the next Bioware title. And, uh, you know, after the last Bioware title, that was you know, not exactly a shining recommendation. And uh, yep. by note for this was trailer, they didn't say a fucking thing about it. More in the, EA, in, more in the Microsoft conference. My note was, please be in NRPG and Iron Man suits. Boy, are you going to be sorely mistaken. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what it looks like. Well, I guess we'll find out on the Microsoft conference. Then let's see, NBA Live. The one, 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 explanation point, explanation point, one, explanation point. Uh, it, maybe I'm not a, you know, a, a, a biggest sports guy as I thought for games. It just seems like it's so cringy, you know? Yeah. My note was more sports. Like, then, I put a Z in there. And, and then they started O's. going uh, more and more into the dribbling system. And uh, they made it sound like QTEs, to be perfectly honest. But, yeah, supposedly that's yeah, the normal thing for basketball games. Hell, if I know. I, I, last time I played a basketball game, it was uh, Michael Jordan versus Larry Bird. It, it was <laughs> like a 1992 game. <laughs> Yeah, I can't even remember the last time I played a basketball game. I've played one before. I just don't don't know when it was that I played it. A long time ago. It was on GameCube. Mine was a DOS game. So yours is longer ago than mine. Uh, then they got into this thing oh, where they my, were talking about... Well, I should say my final note was, well, so much for all the parts that I somewhat gave a shit about. <laughs> yeah. So then they talked about doing um, like a free games trial for origin and ea access and at the if you listen to this on the day that it releases you can still go sign up for the seven day free trial so if you want to play some games try out some stuff that you're thinking about buying yeah i remember the first one's for free yep first one's free uh but i mean they just talked about origin and access and all that a bit and said that they were doing the free trial and then moved on Yep. To Battlefront 2. Yeah, for the last, what, half an hour of the show? Yeah, it went for a long time. 
Yeah, and uh, uh, my first note is game changers. Really? <laughs> Would you like to talk about that some more, Rage? Uh, I don't really have anything to say about it. So the uh, the EA conference, it feels like it's the uh, yeah the uh, uh, just a bunch of suits uh, standing around trying to figure out what their gamers are really like and putting it out as a conference, right? And not understanding a fucking thing. And let's see, they did mention that there's an offline story mode, but that was about it, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Um, they well, did have that actress that stood on stage and sounded extremely pissed off about being there. She did, but she's, I think that she was trying to be like somewhat in character, because she's the main character from the story mode for the, the Imperials. Yeah, but still uh, sounded like she was more upset that, that she was there than anything. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to Battlefront 2. Basically this, what I felt like they were trying to say, but like not apologize, but sort of was like, Hey, uh, we know that everyone really complained and panned our game because we took away everything that made Battlefront no, 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 really they, good. Remember they said they got so a lot of positive back. feedback. Remember they talked about all the positive feedback and some of the constructive feedback. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like they apologized without really apologizing. Like, they tried to spin it. They tried to Trumpify it. But they are bringing back everything from the Battlefront series that they took away. So the single-player story mode, um, actual space combat, and improving the actual uh, gameplay mechanics based around vehicles. Yeah, they did mention that all three errors were going to be uh, uh, present. And it just so happens that... The game is three times bigger as the first Battlefront. Gee, I wonder if that's a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had a note. Three times the content? Question mark. The problem with the first one wasn't the lack of content. It was that you had so much shit you had to pay for missing from the previous... Well, and, uh, and so much stuff missing from the previous games. Well, well, that's the thing is that further down my notes, they mentioned that they're doing three... Uh, uh, the free... Uh, uh, sto- well, the free map DLC. They're not splitting up their community this time. Right. Which, that, that's the big newsworthy thing about this. But then I just, uh, my next note is, just wondering how they're going to hit people with microtransactions. Yeah, I, the, I they're going to have the uh, the loot crate system. They already had that in the Battlefront for, like, cosmetic stuff. That came in towards the end for character customization. But, yeah, they I love how that they're talking about all these features, like, classes and it's like classes were in the first two battlefront games but uh, like, and i'll be perfectly new honest classes. uh their uh their uh gameplay footage that they showed turned me greatly off of it especially when they were showing that player uh, do, uh with darth ball just diving in adulating everyone and then diving out that doesn't look fun to me at all i mean that's how the old battlefront was when you got a hero pretty much doesn't look Unless, fun i always thought it was fun I feel it's like one of those things that it's fun if you're the person with the hero or just happen to be on their team. If you're playing against it with someone that's a hero and uh, competent with it, yeah, just it's not fun then. I put down that this game is basically a remaster of the old Battlefront 2. Like, that's what I feel like it is a remaster. And I think they're trying to sell it to people who are too young to remember the first two Battlefront games. Yeah, pretty much. It and that's like. why they're acting like everything is new because all of this or, stuff or like is you old. can play droids for the first time. You could do that before. 
in Battlefront 2. And actually in Battlefront 1. You can and, be the droids in both. Yeah. Well, and something else that they mentioned is that I think they said it was uh, Ray's, or sorry, according to that one announcer, May. Oh, I, I missed that. Yeah. Did he call Ray May? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I have a feeling someone has played a little bit too much Overwatch. Uh, but uh, her mind trick messes with the controls, which also doesn't sound like fun. No, that doesn't sound fun. I like that they brought John Boyega in, though. I, he actually does play Battlefront. I thought that was pretty cool that he came on and did that. Although you know that he was paid yeah. so much money. Just a yeah, river so many of credits. money was given to him to do this spot. But I do know for a fact that he actually plays Battlefront. So I thought that was pretty cool. I did think that the weird like casting of the that gameplay footage that they showed, I didn't like that at all. Uh, I just wanted to watch the, the gameplay weird, footage. Not just the weird casting, but also it seemed like whoever was in control of uh, the camera uh, saw, yo, oh, this looks like an interesting moment. Let's cut away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, especially when they were having some of the dog fights going on. Uh, that was, uh, yeah, probably the most interesting bit to me. And, you know, they immediately cut away to, you know, someone walking down an alley. Yeah. It yep, just shows that, that either, you know, whoever was in control of the stream has no idea what the fuck they're doing, which would not be surprising. Or that they're, uh, uh, well, they're, well, let, let's just uh, call it like it is. Uh, they wanted to do esports overall, and I imagine that you know they probably have some sort of hope and dream that this will become an esport as well. Whatever spectator tools they have, does it allow the uh, cameraman good enough uh, predictive ability to see? Okay, well, action's about to happen here because there was a lot of times that they would cut away from action to just boring person walking around. Yeah, I'm I'm actually worried that they're going to try and turn this into an esport game. Like, not everything has to be an esports game, guys. Learn that lesson. I feel like this EA conference overall, like, its theme was, we learned a lesson, guys. We're trying to do something different based on the lesson we learned. And not all of the lessons were good lessons. And I don't think that this is a good lesson. I'm waving my finger around. I'm very passionate about this moment. Anyways. Anyways, yeah, I don't think that Battlefront needs to be an esports game, but they're probably going to try it because esports are... A big thing right now. Yeah, there's a lot of money in it for the game makers. There's not a lot. That's the, that's kind of the funny thing as well is that uh, esports. There's a lot of money in it for the people that make the game, obviously, but for the players themselves, there's not. There's just not the money there. And well, Total Biscuit has talked about uh, several times where him funding his uh, esports uh, team for StarCraft Two was a loss. And that, you know, they never made money. It was just a labor of love. Yeah. And running an esports team is a money pit. Yeah. I mean, hopefully one day it'll, it's getting a lot more legitimate. And I think that'll change in the next decade. But we're kind of at this point where it's like, they're, they've just got a fire hose and they're like, what's going to work? What's going to be the thing? And so everything is becoming esports right now. And it doesn't need to be. But, you yeah, know, it's, in a few years, yeah, it's still just that laughable lesson. that Hearthstone is an esport. Yeah, yeah. Hearthstone's a terrible esport. It's fun to watch, but it is a bad esport because of the unpredictability. But uh-huh. let's not get too far off on that. We've already got like 
We're like 45 minutes in, and we're not even done with the first conference. Yeah, well, let's uh, finish off uh, the EA uh, conference with the highlight of the evening that they decided to end up with. A fucking mobile game. <laughs> Just the way that you said that was amazing. Uh, I mean, really? This is what you end on? I mean, I, I understand that, you know, uh, people that stuck around for this long uh, through the Battlefront 2 uh, stuff are either, you know, people reporting on it like cuss or hard, hardcore Star Wars fans. So, yeah. Uh, why would you wait for the next Star Wars game and uh, are in between your runs on Battlefront 1? Here, have our Star Wars scanner bucks on your uh, bubble phones. Another one. Another yeah. Star Wars scanner box. Yeah, and also my uh, <laughs> entire... Uh, well, I have two notes for this. One, mobile games wrapping up at E3 conference. Goody. <laughs> and then, so who the fuck is a uh, general, uh, uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn? No, wait, never mind. I don't care anymore. I love Thrawn. I mean, they're using that to market to people who actually care about the extended universe. Yeah, but they, you like know, me. They, they, how many times did they say his name in like five minutes? And they always use the entire <laughs> uh, name Grand as well. Admiral Thrawn. Yeah, it's, uh, I think. I wonder if there's some sort of psychological trick there. You know, they have someone on staff to write these scripts uh, to try to implant the memory or yeah, implant some sort of feeling into. <laughs> Actually, that's a good uh, thought now that I think about it. Yeah, just how many of these scripts are built around psychology to try to uh, yeah, get that desire going even more? A lot. A whole lot. And you can see all the tricks. Yep. All the mind tricks, as you would say. hi eh, eh, eh. Well, with that terrible pun, ready to talk in general about the conference a little bit? Because we said we would do that towards the end, yeah. if there was anything we wanted to add. Yeah, uh, the I, EA conference was a complete waste of time if you're not a Star Wars fan, pretty much. Yeah, Because I didn't they think- skipped... Well, I was... Oh, sorry. Uh, they pretty much skipped over everything of Dote. Uh, Outside of Deep for Speed Payback, they talked about some. And everything else was either Battlefront or their sports games. Yeah. I mean, hell, even Anthem, they just showed a trailer. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't they didn't talk about it at all, despite being a pretty big release for them. I assume that there's going to be some exclusivity by the Xbox that either I just missed or they haven't mentioned yet because... That was the only other place that we saw anything about Anthem was the Microsoft conference, but we'll yeah. get to that soon. Uh, about the EA conference in general, I liked it more than you did, but I still didn't like it. But the reason I liked it more is because I'm a big Star Wars guy, and so I care about all that extra little stuff. And then I was pretty excited about Need for Speed, so that gave me a little boost kind of in the middle when it was once we got past all the sucky stuff or the initial sucky stuff, I should say, and then we got into more later, but. Yeah, I it just it was a a big waste. Yeah, well, I feel you like could they also were... see why my notes were getting more and more vulgar as we went on. <laughs> yeah, I I think that they were they had learned a lesson, but it was the wrong lesson, and they were just trying to appeal to fans of all of their it's stuff. It's basically what suits think gamers want, right? Which is Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars for EA at this and point. esports, and esports. Yeah, Star Wars and esports. So, 
Yep, I skipped through a whole bunch of it because I watched the VOD, and I was really happy that I got to skip through a bunch of it. Particularly the men in suits. That was just bad. That was almost the cringiest thing at the conference. Almost. So close. But... Yeah, we'll get- yeah, we have, uh, what, another uh, day and a half worth of conferences to get through before we get to the cringiest thing? Yep, something like that. Uh, let's take just a second. I'm going to mark a timestamp down for this to make my editing easier later. <gasps> Shocking. Give me a timestamp since you are always keep up with that better than I do. 4806. 4806. Thank you very much, sir. All right, with that official timestamp, which of course will be different in the edit, but where I can maneuver to it, let us move on to the Bethesda conference. Or, I'm Why sorry, are you skipping the ahead? Microsoft, the Microsoft conference. My cursor sitting next to Bethesda because I typed out the timestamp and then just like went down to Bethesda. I mean, uh, why do you want to skip the Microsoft conference? There was at least a couple interesting things to talk about there. I'll fix it in post. Let's move on to the Microsoft conference now. Woo, resolutions! <laughs> yeah, my very first note was hitting the 4K bottle early, I see, Phil Spencer. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's Ultra 4K. Woo. Yeah, Ultra 4K. Did you see the bit of sass that Phil threw out there later that the PS4 Pro wasn't actually a competitor for the the new Xbox because it's not actually 4K? I think that was a tweet, but it, it might have been in an article. Uh, I, read. Well, I didn't see it, so it must have been a tweet. Uh, but, uh, well, and also... Feel true power. Yeah, buy, yeah. Uh, build a PC. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did... So, okay, so the Xbox Scorpio, they named it something stupid, but you pointed out a na- what you thought they were doing with the naming convention. Yeah, well, well, the, well yeah, let's just uh, dive right into that. It is the Xbox One X. Uh, stupid, but you said that the initials would be Xbox. Yeah. So that is X, almost but, certainly what they yeah, were doing. Yeah, X B one, yeah, O X. That that's the only thing I could think of. Yep. Doesn't make it any less stupid. No. At, at this point, why don't we just call it the X Xbox One X X? <laughs> someone someone also posted a tweet that they needed to have a super energy efficient version called the E, so that the Xbox One lineup would spell sex. Because the Xbox One S, then you'd have the Xbox E for Eco, and then the Xbox One X. And that also represents all the kids that are online that fucked your mom. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, you know, they were touting it. Yeah, obviously they didn't learn a damn thing from Nintendo. No. Granted, granted the Wii U's problems didn't just extend solely from its uh, terrible name but it definitely didn't help things that you know it sounded like it was just an expansion or you know an add-on to the wii but yeah that oh terrible name yeah i did like though that they actually put up a few real specs it wasn't just six teraflops they gave us how much ram it had the gpu clock speed uh, and they told us that it was a vapor chamber cooled yeah, which, console. Yeah, which is a pretty much standard PC cooling. If uh, yeah, it's essentially a heat pipe, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, the I, the one thing the the one thing that uh, really stands out on this <coughs> a 4K Blu-ray player. Sony, who owns the patent to Blu-ray, 
does not have a 4K Blu-ray player in their console. Yeah. That is true. That is very true. I didn't even think about that. I was actually pretty impressed that they were talking about, like, frame rates that and uh, on, super sampling. Uh, on, on some things. Uh, uh, for overall, they didn't mention a damn thing about frame rate. They mostly focused on super sampling 4K, which super sampling is, yeah, a minuscule improvement. Uh, 4K, most people, I don't think, have 4K uh, TVs yet. No, they're getting there, though. 4K is probably another year or two away from widespread adoption. The prices are coming down. It's almost in that sweet spot where 1080p TVs start to become prevalent. Uh, and year really just the loading times, and that's it. Yeah. They didn't mention what the hard drive was going to be, capacity, or type. I assume that they're going to go with a 7200 RPM drive. They almost have to if they're talking about uh, load speeds. Yeah, because the Xbox One, the the standard hard drive is a 5200 RPM drive. That's one of the biggest... Like, I mean, whenever I play games, I always use an external drive. Because even an external platter drive will be faster and better than the Just internal sad. drive. And yeah. also they mentioned that it's the smallest Xbox, but didn't state a size. No, but if it's smaller than the Xbox One S, which they... Oh, that is going to be so confusing, isn't it? Uh, especially since yeah. S and X sort of sound the same as well. Yeah, and S is supposed to be slim, but the Xbox One X is going to be smaller. So oh. I I don't know how big it's going to be. I assume it'll probably be pretty close to the size of the Xbox 360. Yeah, probably. I would guess maybe a couple inches uh, smaller. Which I wish they wouldn't have done that, honestly. I wish they would have kept it the same size for cooling issues. Because, sure, they're going to use a vapor chamber heat cooling pipe. system, which is nice. Well, yeah, heat pipe, a fancy term for heat pipe. They're going to use a fancy heat pipe for cooling, which is good and all that. But it would be nice if the case was bigger, hadn't had some better airflow. Because the standard Xbox One and the S get ridiculously hot, and they're going to be packing more powerful hardware, so it'll kind of balance itself out in my mind. I mean, it might not. They might have worked it out better. Well, it also depends on uh, the frame, because, uh, well, at least in the other Xboxes, uh, I've watched some teardown videos of uh, these things. Just to, yeah, you, you got to know these things, I guess. Uh, they use a lot of uh, heat dumping into the frame of the console itself, really. So, it also depends on what the console is made out of. Yeah, that's true. Um, the other couple of specs that they mentioned were that it had, let's see, did they say 12 gigabytes of RAM? I, I didn't 12, make note uh, of Yeah, that. they t- said 12 uh, 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 DDR5 memory, which, uh, to be honest, uh, 12 sounds like a lot, but then you have to realize that that is split between the, the video and uh, the uh, console itself. With some of it also being reserved for uh, the uh, OS, essentially. Yeah, but the if they if the, and, and, and don't forget one guy going woo for GDR five. Yeah, well, sorry, GDR five. I, I have a typo on my notes. Oh, nice. Um, if it works out to be roughly the same sort of split on the other versions of the Xbox, you'll probably get eight to nine gigabytes of memory to work with the graphics, like specifically for the graphics processing. Um, Cause it, it tends to be about one third is used to run the system itself, the OS and the CPU. And Which the seems very inefficient, doesn't it? Yeah. But I mean, that's, you know, it's an improvement and it's GDDR five in the Xbox one. It was still uh, 
DDR3, or maybe it was DDR4. But it, regardless, they're, the whole thing is 5 now, which will improve speeds. And hopefully streamline that a bit better. Because that was where they were having huge bottlenecks with the Xbox One. They just didn't have fast enough RAM. Because they were trying to do the whole multitasking thing. And so they thought that... But didn't have enough RAM and, a, and fast enough to do it. Yeah. So they, their their whole plan in the beginning was to streamline the OS. But as they discovered the the version of Windows 8 and then later 10 that was running on the Xbox was not efficient at all. Also known as being uh, Windows 10. Yeah. So... Good improvement there. Uh, and then what was the clock speed on the, uh, the video card? Well, I may have uh, it uh, wrong here, but they said 1.172 gigahertz. Yeah, I was thinking it was around 1.2 gigahertz, which is pretty good. I mean, that's roughly the clock speed. And I know that there's a lot of differences and a lot yeah. of things that make it yeah, more. Yeah, it depends on the architecture and uh, yeah, a lot of behind the stuff, uh, the behind the scenes stuff, which makes all these specs completely meaningless except for comparing to the previous xbox but in general I mean, in fact I mean, the pre-show they kept talking uh they kept uh, the, the uh, people that they had for the twitch stream they kept talking about oh how many teraflops do you think it'll have i hope it has uh, it's like who uses the term teraflop in just general conversation uh supercomputer people where that teraflops is actually a useful form of measurement for running massive amounts of mathematical computations and that's or simulations. About it. And hearing yeah. you know, them trying to uh, sound intelligent about console specs and using the term teraflop over and over again. Oh, uh, maybe it's just uh, me being cynical overall, which is very likely, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, oh, look, there's a full spec sheet, actually, that I just found. Okay, so CPU compared to the Xbox One, uh, eight core, two point three gigahertz processor versus the eight core, one point seven five gigahertz processor in the Xbox One. GPU, one point one seven two gigahertz versus eight hundred and fifty three megahertz. So it in the same system architecture, it's going to be quite a bit more powerful, which you know. Is nice and yeah, all. My, my problem with this is that they're not going to use it for frame rate. They're just going to make the game shinier. Yeah. Yeah, that's frustrating. Uh, it looks like they've got it listed with a one terabyte hard drive, which is nice, but we don't know what the speed is on that. Uh, or what? Or if it's an SSD. I doubt it's an SSD because a one terabyte SSD. Yeah, well, they costs... also said it was, uh, this is essentially a $500 console, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's, and I think it's $499. Have, and seeing a, uh, a Christmas uh, or a holiday uh, release, isn't it? Yeah. Didn't they say November or something of this year? So, yeah, holiday 2017. Yeah, they're about it. So, they're going to have to get on board. <laughs> yeah. Uh, otherwise, they're going to run into the Nintendo. Uh, just uh, stock issue. Yeah, I, I'm glad to see. I okay. So where consoles in the past have always been good in comparison to PC is having a powerful box that it just works with things. And the 360 generation, Xbox 360 generation, PS3 did that, and then they held on well, for too long. It didn't, it didn't catch itself. up. But the 
the power that I think that this is going to have, like I, yeah, it does look like it's very powerful for its uh, specs overall. I I think though that this lines up with what you could spend eight or nine hundred dollars for on a PC right now, and the optimization that comes with having one single set of specs to develop for going forward. I think we might actually get a decent three or four years out of this. I, I, it's nowhere. It's not going to be 10. Like I'm not even going to go for that, but I think that we might actually get three or four years out of this one and not complain right out the gate that it's anemic. Cause I put in my notes like that. It's specs are pretty similar to what's in my rig. Actually, it's got faster Ram. It's got more cores in its CPU, which all of that's custom stuff. You can't really do anything with a CPU really, yeah. but the, the, the graphics card that's in it, or the graphics processor, is right along the lines of what you can buy, like in a 480 or a 1060 or a 980. Like getting a 480 right now. Yeah, there. I think isn't the 480 up to like 500 bucks? Yeah, because of the cryptocurrency uh, miners. Yeah, Ethereum mining. It's like the number two rated graphics card to to mine it. But anyways, I think that it compares nicely to uh, mid-range PCs right now. And sure, you're absolutely right. Like, I'm not trying to say that you can compare it directly across, but it looks a lot more promising than the last one did. And so I'm hoping that it works out for them to see the console market get back a little bit. Because, I mean, we're PC gamers at heart, but the console market is still a huge part of gaming culture. And if it flops, then, you know, it hurts gaming as a whole. So I want them to do well and have a, a pretty powerful box. So there I am, being the optimist on the show again. Still, we're going to wait well, and see. Well, it's good I to see that that survived the EA's conference. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, still we'll have to wait and see once we actually get some out there that people can test and get some proper benchmarking and comparisons done. Then we'll know for sure. But I feel a little bit better about this than I did about the Xbox One launch a few years ago. So, Yeah. There's that. I, I I don't think I'll buy one. I don't know. Maybe in a few years if my Xbox One dies. But, I mean, really, at that point, I'll probably just buy a Roku or something. Gesundheit. Because uh, since they're I'm hearing a beeping on my end. From, uh, from you. Uh, yeah, I was hearing something going on there. And I'm pretty sure that's not from my computer anywhere. So I'm just going to blame know. you. I was rocking in my chair. It might have been a noise uh, my chair that, was okay. making. Okay, so it was probably just a squeak that was just barely picking up. Yeah. Um, but anyways, since uh, Microsoft is seems to be going forward with this Play Anywhere thing, all of, or almost all of their games, at least their major titles, are going to be purchable or playable on Windows 10. So I don't really need an Xbox to play games. So, shall we move uh, to some uh, Vroom Vroom Vroom? Yes, Forza 7. I'm I'm very excited to see another Forza game. I love Forza. It's my favorite. Yeah, I've honestly have really nothing to say about this because I never play a Forza game. But they did mention 60 FPS, so, you know, they have that going for them, which is nice. Yeah, well, I mean, Forza 5 and 6 both run at 60 FPS. It's not that hard to get a car game to run at 60 yeah, but, FPS. Yeah, but the fact that they have to specifically mention it 
It's, yeah, sad. Yeah. The biggest thing that come that I mean, this is if you've played Forza before, Forza Seven is more Forza with prettier graphics and updated car lists, basically. But the one thing that they've really added, or I guess two things, is one, female drivers, which is nice because, you know, there are female drivers in the real world. Mm-hmm. And, and they have any Yeah, Forza. they brought out two on a uh, stage. Honestly, I couldn't tell if that was uh live uh, gameplay footage or recorded. Uh, I don't know. Hard to tell. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that, you know, uh, they brought them out and then immediately cut to full screen uh, gameplay footage and then, you know, never uh, mentioned them again or showed them. They just yeah. you know, saw the silhouette going off screen or off stage. It's like, okay, so why even bring them out? All right, boobs. <laughs> it's hard to tell, but there are some real race car drivers that use these games to get yeah. a feel for a track. So I don't know. It could have been real. It was It was really hard to tell. Um, but then they also have create a driver, like customization stuff now, which I hope means that they'll have a much better, uh, campaign story, like, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, career mode, I guess, hopefully a more in-depth one because Forza 2 had a pretty decent in-depth career mode. And then after that, it became a lot more about the flashiness of the cars. Forza 3 wasn't bad, but 4 and 5 really took a... Like, they went for the whole, we've got Top Gear to paying for that and pretty cars. Mm-hmm. Also, I have to say, their whole reveal about the Porsche 911 GT2 RS was stupid. Yeah, that is, is it, not... Yeah, is there a huge crossover between people that buy Forza and buy super cars? I don't know. Maybe. But the, that's not even a great car to reveal. Like... I was like, ooh, what are, they, are we going to get something from like Ferrari or Lamborghini? Well, or even I, well like- I like to well, bring up Toll Biscuit again. Yeah, Porsche, uh, you have to give it to Porsche, you know, selling a car in uh, the U.S. with the term 911 in it. <laughs> Very true. Very true. But no, they, I mean, they should have brought out the, the Porsche 918, the Spider. That's coming out soon. And the 918 is like their flagship supercar. Well, at least it didn't come down from the ceiling this year. That's true. That was better. Right, even though that, if it was the spider, it should have come down from the ceiling. It should, it should have, yeah. But I just had to like, I know about cars and Porsche. Like, I mean, I like Porsches and all that; they're cool. But they tried to make a big deal out of this, and this isn't even that great. And then, of a car and then to they show. had a very clumsy, uh, you know, uh, and like the Porsche, it's like, oh dear, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if someone there was gonna like give me that car, I'd take it without a second thought. But, yeah, it's not that special. You're just trying to sound cool to people who don't know anything about cars. And, honestly, the audience who plays Forza is probably going to know that you're bullshitting them right there. Well, to be honest... So, I don't know why they did it. Well, to be honest, I don't know a lot about cars, but it didn't sound cool to me. It sounded rather lame and uh, forced. And uh, I wanted them to actually talk about video games. You know, the entire reason why I'm watching this conference in the first place. Yeah. But then again, what do I know? Yeah, nope, you pretty much hit it on that. I mean, it's a great car, but you're wasting everyone's time with that. No, that's uh, later in the conference. Oh, there's lots of things wasting everyone's time later in this conference. (laughs) Anyways, uh, then they talked uh, about how many exclusives they have. And I have a note before we get to the games. Why are people cheering console exclusives again? I tweeted that out. they are first-party titles, there's no reason to cheer that bullshit. But it's like, we have the most exclusives. And everyone's like, woo! And I'm like, fuck you guys. 
Well, also, Plus, well, it's, you get this weird thing of um, Microsoft has a weird term uh, when it comes to their exclusives because a lot of times when they're talking about console exclusives, they mean it's on Xbox and Windows 10. Yeah. And it's just, they keep using the term exclusive. It's like, uh, that word doesn't mean what I think it, you think it means, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's dig into the list. There's a lot here and exclusive is currently my trigger word. <laughs> so I might just ex- spontaneously combust. I'll do my best to, okay. to keep it in. Well, well I kind of uh, skipped over, uh, especially their montages that they had. Yeah, I kind of skipped over the montage too, but they went through a lot of games, like just showing a trailer for the game. Xbox was very much games. I think that's the lesson that they've learned. Go back to game stuff. But then they had like 20 trailers? Yeah, they had 20 trailers, just a boom, 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 boom. And I was like, hey, I know, I kind of know that game. I think I know that one. Oh, look, RoboCraft. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, again, they went with a fire hose. Like, let's just get all these games out there because that's what people want. Well, they talked about having over 40 games in an hour and a half conference or an hour conference or something like that. And it's just, okay, so obviously they're going to not be talking about a lot of these. Which it kind of, it has to be a little bit depressing for the developer to hear, oh, my my project's going to be talked about in the E3 stage. No, we're just going to show the trailer. You're going to get... Uh, 10 seconds and a uh, montage that has 20 other games. Yeah. But that was the last thing they did. Like, I I guess they did, like, their bigger or the things that they thought were more important. Like, they each got individual trailers. And a couple of things were said about a couple of them. But mostly it was like, trailer, 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 trailer. And then they had their montage at the end that had a whole bunch of games in it. Uh, But the first game that they showed in this sort of rapid fire thing was Metro Exodus, which actually got a little bit of, uh, I assume it's supposed to be gameplay. Either that or it was just an extended trailer. Kind of hard to I tell. I think it might've been gameplay or at least a very pretty, uh, pretty fied versions of gameplay because you have once we, uh, once again, E3, uh, conference video is not indicative of what you'll actually get. Yeah. It seemed more like the stuff in the tunnel was trailer or a cutscene. And then the stuff outside of the tunnel was more gameplay. Yeah, but, particularly yeah, with how the camera moved. And that is something that I've kind of noticed, is that the more and more gameplay I've watched that the people are using controllers, the more I hate it. It's just the way the camera moves and the yeah. way that the people uh, have to play. It's just like, okay, uh, they're going to uh, check to their left and right. Left. <laughs> Oh, we're back to the center. Oh, it's look. like it's a sweeping motion instead of that instant turn you get with a mouse. Yeah, and uh, for a game like Metro, I think that's not going to be very fun. No, Metro is very twitchy because you have to respond super quick to things that come out. So either you're going to be hampered by the controls or they're going to change the gameplay and make it a little bit worse. Or they're going to have a lot of auto-aim. Yeah, but Metro Exodus is the next game in the Metro series. And it looks it like appears... they're going to focus a lot more on surface gameplay. Yeah, which I think is nice. Metro the uh, Metro 2033 and what was it? Metro Last Light mm-hmm. uh, are very claustrophobic. And I, they're supposed to be horror games, so I get that. And maybe because I don't really like horror games very much, that's why I don't like it. But I just, I just don't like it. It makes me feel Yeah, it felt very... Anxious. Uh, it felt... Uh, like you're giving a small map to explore on this. Yeah. 
Uh, I assume based on the title and the fact that the end of the trailer is like they get on a train and go. Yeah, somewhere. which I'm assuming instantly sold you on this game. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Maybe the train was definitely a, a redeeming feature. I was like, oh look, a train. Maybe there'll be some customization uh, involved with it. Yeah, I was but, watching this. I saw the train. I was like, well, here's Jared's game of the uh, of the conference. <laughs> yeah, but all that potential horror stuff does not make me feel good because I don't like horror, but. I mean, I liked the first Metro game, and I played Last Light, but it was even more con- like even more uh, claustrophobic than the first one. So, I just didn't like it as much. But I mean, it it looked pretty good. I, it's one that I'm gonna wait and see. Yeah. Uh, if and then maybe give it a look. It's definitely not on my like top list of the show, but it was one that I'm like, okay, I'll give this one a second look later on. Uh, next in line, Assassin's Creed Origins. Which we've known about this for forever. Like yeah. they acted like it was the world premiere, but this game leaked months ago. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Oh, it's the Egypt Assassin's Creed game. That's cool." Yeah, but uh, it is uh, kind of funny that they're taking the literal route with Eagle Vision now. Yeah, now you control an eagle, which I I thought I was like, "Okay, that's cute," but I'm just so far removed from the Assassin's Creed series at this point. Like I've played a bunch of them, but I'm like haven't played the last three games and I just really don't care. I just don't care about it anymore. Yeah. I'm, it, uh, my notes are uh, the start of the series sort of because they're going all the way back to ancient Egypt and saying that that's the beginning of the order, which also kind of excludes anything before that as well. So yeah. But, uh, uh, and uh, let's see if that break in the series actually pays off because they took a year break just trying to essentially Make it uh, well, pull uh, Assassin's Creed just out of the crapper, really, because they got to the point where the game was being released and it was so buggy and broken and really just blah. Yeah, I I like Assassin's Creed, but that's why it's like every Assassin's Creed game just just like oh Assassin's Creed, the more Assassin's Creed version of Assassin's Creed with more bugs this time. Like that's what every release felt like to me, just more of the same with more bugs. Oh, if and they I do did... some things different with this which the trailer doesn't really make me feel like they're going to do anything different with it it looks like more assassin's creed with a couple of new mechanics like actually flying the eagle around well they it does feel like they're making the series a little bit more diverse in gameplay with uh, the eagle um, and uh they're uh, trying to borrow some more elements from black flag with the underwater combat yeah but i also noted that the presenter said x-bone <laughs> i missed that <laughs> oh god See, this is what happens when you skip around. I watched most of the Assassin's Creed thing, but I just missed it. I might have been taking notes at that point. And something else I really noticed about this, this uh, really put me off from the game, but uh, when they were doing the gameplay and they were showing the uh, the gear menu, did it seem exceptionally slow to you? Yeah, it it felt like they were borrowing from recent games like Destiny and... Uh, no Man's Sky. Yeah, where, where, whole... For one, it had a cursor, which honestly it didn't need. But also the cursor moved at yeah, a quarter of the speed that it should. Yeah. I was and getting I, that was just, vibe. And I was just looking and thinking, okay, is this this isn't slowing down, is it? Why is it so slow? <laughs> yeah, I was getting some honestly, worrisome vibes from that. Honestly, that menu makes me think that this was, uh, that at least that uh, the menu system would work a lot better on PC. It probably would, as long as they remove the the like little console cursor and just use a mouse cursor, which they won't. Yeah, I can't have that. 
And not sure if I like the controllable arrows. I think it really depends on gameplay, though. I thought that was pretty cool. But yeah, I, that was one of the things I was like, okay, maybe. That's how I felt about this game. Like, okay, maybe. It feels like a lot more Assassin's Creed with a few extra tweaks, but maybe. Especially if it's not broken on release. And let's see. Then they mentioned Mixer really quick, which is streaming software. Yeah, that's Microsoft's new streaming service to try and yeah, compete which... with Twitch. And, I mean, good luck to them. Yeah, it they'll be, need it. Yeah. It won't go anywhere on PC for sure, but it might do okay on console because they already have some built-in streaming stuff, not just to Twitch. Like, they actually have a built-in Microsoft streaming thing where you can watch streams directly. Like, okay, yeah, let, me, e- yeah, E3 let me start this explanation. Let me start this explanation over. Say that you want to go look at a, sto- a game in the, on the, the Microsoft store. Not on sure the why I would. I'll, I'll own a console, huh? Pretend that you're a, a console peasant and you want to go check out the new Call Excuse of Duty me, killing 7. Myself. And you go to look at it and you're not sure if you want to buy it. You can scroll over to an active active players menu and just watch people who are streaming the game using this Microsoft, like built-in Microsoft thing. And it works pretty well. So I think it might do okay I on really console. I really doubt that would sell me on a game. <laughs> no, but it's like, it's like, do you want to know more about the game? Well, here you can go watch active streams of people playing it right now. You don't have to go to YouTube or Twitch. Like, it's built into our ecosystem. And that's a pretty neat feature, and it might do okay on console, but I really don't think that it's going to do what they want it to do. They're just... I mean, Google couldn't overthrow Twitch. I don't know how Microsoft's going to do it. Captive audience. Maybe, I guess. I don't know. Like I said, best of luck. All right, then they had Player Unknown Battleground, and they used the term exclusive here, so I'm assuming it's only going to be in Xbox. And uh, there's a lot more info on uh, the upcoming update for Player Unknown's Battleground, and the I think it was the PC gaming show, but they really just kind of brought him out and said, well, uh, or brought the game out. Uh, Player Unknown was actually on the PC gaming show, uh, and said, yeah, ex- exclusive on uh, Xbox and, you know, kind of uh, just left it at that, really. Yeah. And, I mean, this is already an active known game that I think yeah, we talked about before, so. Yeah, there's a, yeah, that's a, that's something else that I got, especially in the huge montage that they did later or towards the end of the show, was that it was a lot of really cross-pollinization between PC and console on both ways. Games from console going to PC and vice versa. Particularly our early access games from PC going to console. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay with this cross-pollinization. Like I said, the more sort of competition there is between all the platforms, or the more sort of overlap that there is, the bigger and stronger the gaming industry becomes, as long as they don't fuck it up too much. And as long as the ports are decent. Because if if a game comes to PC and you can't play it, it may as well not be there. Yeah, and I think this kind of supports my my theory of eventually there being just a unified gaming platform. Like, as long as you device... still use Steam, I'm fine with this. Yeah, like every device can play every game, like that sort of thing, and eventually it's all going to be you know streamed like everything else. I think that this is like the beginning steps. Like all of these platforms, like things that you know. Uh, even last year, like no I'm one would sure ever about, think. I'm not sure about games being streamed because the, at least the uh, the United States just doesn't have the infrastructure for it. Well, I'm talking about like in the next decade or two. Not uh, well, it's just, tomorrow. It's, well, it's not even just the infrastructure, but 
the United States is just too big geographically. We'll get there. I you would have we'll to have there. you would have to have a uh, huge server farm in every state to have a decent well, except for the North uh, East, the uh, New England, because you know states are tiny there for some reason. Uh, but uh, just geographically, if you're too far away from the server, you know you're just going to suffer. So you know people out in uh, the middle of bumfuck nowhere, uh, the streaming service is going to be terrible for them. Nope. It's just a, it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. We'll, we'll be there, and we'll, I think in the next decade, we're going to see this really start to become a thing, and then in the next two, maybe three decades, that will just be what it is. And all of your companies are just going to develop games. And they, they, I mean, they might have their, you know, like Steam and Origin and all that, their platform, but it'll just be stream the game from the place, just like with Netflix. You know, the the same things that you're saying about this right now, people were saying about Netflix 10, True. 15 years ago. And look at where we are now. Netflix well, well, there's one, rivals key, there, Comcast. There's, there's one key difference between Netflix and uh, a streaming video game. Input. I know. Controller input. Well, I was going to say that you could buffer. Fair. Because you but, could, uh, even if you're on a crummy connection uh, with a terrible lag... You can allow a movie to buffer for five minutes and, you know, not have to worry that much. Doesn't work that way for gaming. Unless you're uh, playing something like Civ. <laughs> yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. Anyways, th- we're getting way off of E3 topics and talking about other things, so let's just keep going. Well, if you want to have a six-hour show, so be it. Oh, God. You're the one editing this mess. Oh, God, help me. Sorry, Anyways. I'm busy right now. <laughs> nice uh, Deep Rock Galactic not a lot of info but dwarves with guns and lots of spiders yeah at first I was like sweet and then I was like oh because I don't like spiders but it really does? depends on yeah, you know, if that's the only thing I mean if it's just you know, dwarves mining and uh, killing spiders yeah, you know, that would get boring cr- pretty quickly maybe for you but moving right along to getting boring very quickly stay in decay too <laughs> Yep, I mean, this was at E3 last year. They didn't really show us anything new, except maybe some more gameplay. Hard to tell, again. But, I mean, well, it looks well, like State of Decay 1. Well, by, by note for this, is it feels so generic. Yeah. I mean, I really liked the original State of Decay, but there have been a lot of games that have done what State of Decay did, and I don't see any real improvements or um, innovations out of this, based on what we've seen so far. So, I don't know. And also, Not really much well, to say about it. Oh, well, it didn't really sell me on it. On yeah. Oh, look, zombies! And then uh, in the uh, cutscene or whatever, the zombies were just standing around like they were in a kung fu movie, and they were being taken out one by one by whoever yeah was. And, yeah. And uh, it's just no. Uh, maybe it's just you know, it comes down to you know this isn't for me. Yeah. Speaking I mean, of, we'll uh, see. Well, speaking of not for me. The announcer that they had for, on stage for the Darwin Project. Yeah. At first, I was like, oh, this looks interesting. And then, like, once the announcer started and yeah, I the, actually yeah, got East, into it, I was yeah, like, Yeah, East oh. announcers. Oh. Yeah. It's, uh... uh it's, some sort of Battle Royale game, I, I think. They, they had, like, 30 seconds or a minute gameplay with this annoying announcer over it. Yeah. And it they felt- didn't mention anything else. Yeah, it it seems like a Hunger Games style game, 
Which that seems to be the flavor of the month now, uh, because you're well. We just mentioned Player Unknown's Battleground. That's the same thing. Uh, we have yep. uh, King of the Kill from H one Z one with Sony or Sky, Daybreak or whoever they are now. You're just seeing a a lot of these battle royale games. Uh, let's see, there's uh, at least two or three more that I have in my library. <laughs> yeah, and honestly. It, this is turning into essentially what the survival sandbox was, where it's this nomadic uh, player base that just keeps moving from game to game. Honestly, turning them uh, well, uh, it, there's a lot of crossover because they turn into essentially the same thing. Yeah, you know, because that's the big thing. It's not so much surviving the elements; it's surviving the other players. It's just it's more of a structure this time. Right. Right. I yeah. I don't know. Doesn't seem like it's for me. Yeah, I doubt it's for me either, but to be honest, I was so turned off by the esports announcer that, you know, I really don't care. And then yeah. let's see. Minecraft gets uh, stage time for an update. Yep. Uh, Great, they... It is a fairly uh, decent update where they're combining servers across platforms, except for PlayStation. I was going to say, yeah, they're like, yes, now all platforms can play together. And then you go look at the list and it, Sony is absent. But you've got Switch on there, which I think is interesting. It's Xbox One, uh, Nintendo Switch, mobile devices, well, uh, VR Minecraft, and then the Windows 10 version of well, Minecraft. Well, this isn't Minecraft. This is uh, them talking about uh, Rocket League. Uh, but they uh, state that they don't want to subject their players to unknown networks, essentially, and uh, yeah, beyond their control. Yeah. Nintendo, the most family-friendly of uh, consoles, is allowing it. Yeah. This is just Sony being Sony on that respect. Yeah, you're right. But still, I think that's interesting. Like, they even got Nintendo on board. Yeah, which Nintendo, yeah, they're so backwards when it comes to online uh, capabilities. Matter of fact, well, they didn't talk about it in their conference, so I'll bring it up here. There's uh, some people talking about how in order to do voice chat on the Nintendo console on the Switch, you have to have a smartphone and you plug in your headset to that. Yep. And you're running a third-party app. It's just... It gets worse. Ugh. It gets worse. And you have if to pay for want... it. No, if you want to have game audio and voice chat coming through your headphones... You have to buy a splitter and use a splitter and plug the the cable from the switch into the splitter and then plug the splitter into your phone and then your headset in or your earbuds on your head. Yeah, but if you do that, how will the other people uh, at your millennial t- rooftop party could hear the gameplay audio? <laughs> or in your weird garage where cars are. But we'll or get to in that. The, or um, in the tunnel where you're flipping around uh, with a soccer ball. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that later. <laughs> Those are all things from the E3 conference this year, guys. We'll get there in like six hours. Yeah, see you then. I uh, hope you packed a lunch. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that was really all they had to say about Minecraft. Bringing all the versions together. Oh, and 4K. Yeah, 4K. Mm. I, I love how uh, Phil Spencer was like, man, seeing that Minecraft in 4K was beautiful. And I'm like, it's It's blocks. Minecraft. It's Minecraft. It, Minecraft is, well, first of all, the uh, version for uh, consoles and Windows 10. Yeah, it actually can run in 4K because it's not Java-based. But 4K uh, Minecraft, that's probably the worst use of 4K for a game I could think of. Yeah. 
I mean, hell, even no Terraria, point. which uh, wouldn't be much more use, it would at least expand the, your field of view. Yeah. Oh, silly, silly, silly. Drink it from that 4K bottle again. Uh, and then... Dragon next. Ball Z... Uh, sorry, Dragon Ball Fighter Z. I was like, wow, Dragon Ball Z, I don't care. I said, well, my note is, seems rather silly and over the top, so I guess it fits the show. Yeah, all the Dragon Ball games are. Uh, and uh, my tweet for this was, yelling at uh, one another for four episodes, the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And let's see, Black Desert Online, which is an MMO that's already on PC, so there's really not a lot to talk about. <laughs> no, I'm, I do intend to play that on PC at some point, but I definitely would not play it on console, so... Uh, let's Anyways. see. The last night, uh, pixel art over very high de- highly detailed backgrounds. It didn't really uh, that uh, just position between the two art styles really was clashing for me. I didn't like it. Yeah, the last night. I, my note for that is pixel art thing question mark. This is odd. Yeah, and there was no more info given. There's uh, another conference had some more info, but not a lot. But let's see. Artful Escape music based platformer. Interesting, but not a lot more. It was a guy playing the guitar, and uh, every time he uh, strummed the guitar, it yeah, had some sort of notes that was propelling in my words. Yeah, it looked neat, but as a platformer, I'm just probably not interested. Let's see, Project Vixen, no info given whatsoever. Yeah, I didn't even take a note about that, actually. And then Sea of Thieves. Uh, this actually was a little surprising to me because last year when they did this, they had the horrible streamers, and this actually looked like a fun game this time. Yeah, it looked way better this go-around. Granted, I, I think the first time they showed it, it was pretty much an alpha, and just comparing the graphics between the two and the gameplay, two, uh, day and night, really. Yeah. It looked a lot better and a lot more fun this go-around. Although I did like the streamers last year because it felt super campy, and I mean, it was bad, but it was like bad in a fun way. And I kind of like that, but that's just me. Cause yeah, I'm, you're well, bad. In, you're bad in a well, kind of a fun way. <laughs> I'll take it. But I, uh, I yeah, did, I looked... did kind of like the jokes uh, breaking the fourth wall with the narrator. Yeah, I wonder if that, that sort of humor will play over into the game itself. I don't know, maybe, but I find that hard to believe. I felt like that was pretty structured to do as a trailer. Yeah, it, it, yeah. For uh, the trailer, it didn't really uh, give a lot of gameplay uh, feeling. Granted, they did show a fair amount of gameplay in this, and it looks like it's mostly uh, uh, player ba- or yeah, you know, uh, teams of players. Yeah. So you know, if you're going into this by yourself, you're completely out of luck unless you're allowed to play with randoms, which not a game I would want to play with randoms. To be perfectly honest. No, probably not. And uh. PvP, uh, PvP combat question mark uh, because they didn't really uh, tell you if that was uh, other players on the uh, other ship. It was a little hard to tell if they were or not. Yeah. Because towards the end of the uh, trailer there was another ship that showed up that was trying to steal your booty. <laughs> booty. Wink. Booty, 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 booty. Anyways. Uh, Tacoma. This Not was... a lot of info given here either. No, I got kind of like a weird System Shock or Bioshock vibe from it, but 
really no no info. It was just a trailer, and it wasn't talked about. So, who knows? We'll see. And then let's see, Super Lucky's Tale, a well, two D, a two and a half D slash three D platformer, depending on the area you're in. It was very colorful, and it did remind me of a uh, sort of a retro platformer, hopefully yeah. in a good way. Uh, but it really depends on how well it plays because, well. Oh, and now I'm blanking on the name of it. The recently, uh, uh, uh from, uh, Benzo Kazooie, uh, Oh, um, ukulele, ukulele. Yeah. Thank you. I was, I was completely blanking on the name for a moment. Ukulele showed that even though, you know, you brought in the development team from an old, uh, platformer, it still has to play well. <laughs> yeah. Well, super lucky's tale is originally a VR title. Uh, and oh, now really? I didn't see that. Yeah. Uh, I think there's actually two Super Lucky's Tales, or it might maybe this is the second. I don't know, but it's it's originally a VR title uh, that they have made a non-VR version of to come out on Xbox. So oh, strange. I wonder. I mean, this is completely speculative, but I wonder if this is kind of coming out ahead of a potential VR launch for Microsoft. Um, or something to do with HoloLens that we'll hear about later this year. Or Honestly, I'd year. be shocked if HoloLens is a thing for Microsoft gaming-wise. Uh, HoloLens feels more like it's a tool for industry than anything else. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem like it's a great gaming device yet. Yeah, I agree. But I would rather have a HoloLens than a VR headset. Even after my experience with VR, AR is still much more appealing to me. Yeah, but, same here. Uh, particularly if it uh, if they could uh, handle certain things, you know, having it where if I'm looking at my monitor and I could see a virtual monitors around it, that would be a lot more interesting to me than having a full VR workspace. Yeah, mostly because I you know I take my hand off the mouse, I can find the mouse again. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, um, but it it looked cute. I mean, I don't care because it's a platformer, but it looked cute. It reminded me very much of of mascot gaming you know so and I, I mean i think that's what they were going for all along yeah which but. uh that's something that we really got away from was the animal mascots for games uh, yeah it, uh, it when was the last time we had a major mascot uh animal mascot for a game and no we don't count mario um i guess technically ukulele but before that uh banjo kazooie was he the last one Maybe that was towards the end of the era. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, that's the last one that I can think of. There might be another one, maybe a more obscure thing, but yeah. But I mean, we got away from that because we got better. Like the main reason animal mascots were a thing was easier to uh, just render out and make look halfway decent. Yeah, yeah, because human faces and bodies at the time looked terrible. Which but... explains Mario. <laughs> Mario Super Mario 64 looked pretty good. Yeah, but, but if, uh, yeah, but he still looks like a block of uh, <laughs> polygons. He does, he does. But anyways, yeah, that was uh, All right, Super uh, Lucky's Tale. Yeah, they had uh, an announcement for the release date of Cuphead that's going to be in September. And I yep. mentioned the, uh, Dan right down the particular day, but Cuphead's been delayed so many times that you know it doesn't really matter at this point. I'm still excited about the aesthetic of it, but I'm not so sure about the uh, gameplay, mostly because it 
feels like a lot of the uh, bosses in it are very bullet smudgy, and there's no really indication that you're doing damage to them. Yeah. Did you notice that in the gameplay that they showed? I did. I did. I've not really been interested in Cuphead outside of, oh, that's a neat new yeah, art style yeah, to do. Yeah, that's mostly what I'm interested in it for is the art style because you know, I, I haven't seen a game like it. Yeah. But it seems uh, like they're just going for bullet spongy bosses, which, you know, just doesn't interest me. Yeah. So, uh, should we move along to uh, Terry Crews the game? <laughs> sure. Crackdown 3. Yeah, delightfully over the top. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it, no matter how good or bad it is, because the Crackdown series is just about being dumb and having fun blowing dudes up as, like, a superhero. Yeah, how about come Basically. out on PC, though? That would be nice. I, will, I mean... It'll be part of the play anywhere, so technically it will be out on PC. It, it'll never come to Steam. But you, you'll you be able to buy it through the Windows 10 store if you'd like. Goody. Uh, it, yeah, it, it did have a Saints Row kind of feel to it as well, as particularly Saints Row 4. Yeah. I mean, Crackdown has always been that way, though. The first two games were 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 that. It was the, the Saints Row. It was Saints Row 4 before Saints Row 4 was a thing. Yeah. Um, except with a lot more somehow a lot more guns and explosions yeah then let's see we had the gaming montage which uh just my note was lots of pc exclusives coming out on xbox yeah that's uh that's what i thought i didn't take any notes about it i just was like this is too fast i'm not gonna bother but that was how i felt about it too i was like oh i recognize that game and that one and that one these are all pc yeah games. i would say a good quarter to half was uh formerly x ex- or formerly pc exclusive games coming out to xbox yeah um. Then let's see, Ashen, and finally that I didn't see a couch in this game anywhere. <laughs> For those who don't uh, know, there's a a YouTuber called Ashens that he records things on a couch. Uh, usually, either very uh bad uh, uh well, they they're called pop stations. They're essentially just terrible handhelds, uh, you know, LCD uh, screens, just terrible games. Uh. Terrible food, loot boxes, or knockoffs from uh, Poundland. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure it won't, uh, my theory at one point was that there was a, a, this uh, assassin trying to poison him with just uh, terrible food. <laughs> just, yeah. just just go look up uh, Ashen's uh, Thousand Year Egg. You'll thank me. <laughs> so yeah, Ashen. Uh... <laughs> Iron Man suits the RPG. I mean, they're not actually Iron Man suits, but they like they really feel super heavily inspired by Iron Man suits. Uh, I didn't so, get that vibe. Uh, are you sure you're on the right note? Because I didn't see anything that really. Thought- oh no, that's Anthem, not Ashen. You're right. I, 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 I'm I confusing like, the two. I was sitting here thinking, where the hell did you see this? Uh, you're right. I'm confusing Ashen with Anthem, which I made that mistake when I was watching the conference too. I was like, "Oh my gosh, Iron Man suit game!" Wait, no, this is not that. Yeah, this is a very washed out colors, a, a lot of darkness actually, which I'm not sure would work out well for a game. Uh, dark darkness in games make it very annoying to play. Yeah, and they're doing a uh, if I. Uh, if I'm recalling correctly, they're wanting to do a sort of pseudo Dark Souls esque uh, thing where you could occasionally encounter players uh, to help you in your uh, journey, or it, hurt you. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, I mean, it looks sort of interesting, but, like, as a concept to me, but this game does not appeal to me at all. Yeah, and uh, it looks like it's staying on the console, maybe? I'm not 100% sure on that. Yeah. Alright, so, Life is Strange Before the Storm. Oh, boy. I'm not really very excited about this. Yeah, I, my excitement has been greatly tempered by a lot of things I've learned past this. For one, it's set before the uh, the series, so it is a prequel, and it's a shorter series with only three episodes, or I guess four. We'll get into that in a little bit, and another reason why I'm not exactly excited about this. It's coming this fall. As a matter of fact, it's Steam Store pages up, but do not pre-order because that's a spanking. <laughs> but the main thing that uh, has me uh, taking pause with this, one, the original voice actress for Chloe, which is the focus of the game, is not uh, in this game. Because uh, the uh, voice actor strike, she is doing a, a uh, uh, consulting role on the story, but she can't voice act for it because you know that she'd be breaking union. And also, it's not by the original developer; it's been licensed out. It's being developed by Tech Not Games, which has an an amazing backlog of not much. Yeah, mostly crappy games and a few mobile ones, but. but- yeah, I I feel bad about being very very skeptical skeptical about this game, and also well for one you're playing Chloe and they said that there's no supernatural elements in this whatsoever, so you know you're not going to have the time thing either. But they implied in the trailer that someone or something has some kind of power. Yeah, so. I'm, yeah, I'm, uh, based on what they said uh, after the fact, um, you know, I think it's just yo. Know, uh, edited that way so people that played the first game uh, saw that. And yeah. also, well, they are also holding hostage a fourth episode in the deluxe version where you get one last time playing Max, but it's Max uh, before she leaves to uh, uh, leaves uh, Arcadia uh, Bay to go to Portland, if I recall correctly. So, you know, it'll be a 13-year-old Max. This this honestly feels uh, like the Star Wars prequels where it's, hey, do you want to see uh, the story about the characters you care about before you cared about them when they're uh, a lot younger? No? Oh, too, uh, too bad. You're getting it anyway. I would be okay with the, the prequel aspect. Like, you know, it sounds to me, I'm intrigued. Like, how did Chloe become Chloe? But that seems like, like a one-off episode thing. Like, yeah, it should have been one episode. And the thing is, also, we know a lot of the story already, unless they do some sort of major branching point, and this is a sad story, completely. Because, well, yeah. We had the entire game club about it, so you have, what, two hours of, of uh, talking about this game already? Or talking about the story that led to this, or the story that this led to, or whatever. So we know the major plot points already. We know these characters. Yeah. Um, Telltale has done this a couple of times with games. They've done just like a one-off story to either tell something before or in between or as like an epilogue. And I feel like that's what this should be, a one-off. But they've licensed it out and turned it into another another series, basically. And even though it's shorter than the original... I feel I'm worried that it's just going to be stretched out. I'll probably buy it eventually, and after on like sale. a year or so when it's on sale. 
But, yeah, and probably yeah. get the deluxe edition when it's heavily discounted. Yeah. But, oh, it's just... Wow. Yeah. Um, Shadow okay. of War is up next. Yep. Uh, looks yeah, tur- very much like Shadows of Mordor, yeah, except with an I expansion still- to the whole nemesis system. Yeah, I still haven't played Shadow of Mordor, so I can't talk too much a comparison about this, but... Uh, can, can you uh, clear up one thing about uh, uh, the first game for me? I could try. Was Shrek in it? <laughs> no. No, he was not. Uh, am I the only one that got the whole Shrek feeling from that one orc that he uh, uh, took over? Or, yeah, uh, made, uh, joined his side? No, I got that too. I I thought it was funny, though. Like... Uh, I'm not sure what I think about this, you know, because uh, Lord of the Rings, it, yes, it has humor in it, but it's usually, uh, uh, yeah, to break up uh, a very tense situation. But I fear having a Shrek as your sidekick, essentially, would be too much for a Lord of the Rings game. This, honestly, this, the writing or the dialogue delivery felt a lot more like the Hobbit book, not the movies, but the book. Um,. A little bit more humorous and lighthearted, and intended for for children more than adults. That's the kind of the vibe I got from the dialogue. Which, if the whole thing is that way, it'll probably be a little bit odd because you've got this very humorous, not serious, childlike dialogue mixed with what appears to be a very dark, gritty story. But I don't know. It looked pretty good. I like the expansion to the Nemesis system. The one thing that I always wanted was to be able to sort of recruit. Recruit People and uh, take over fortresses. Yeah, that's the one thing that I wanted, and that wasn't there. So, sounds good to me. I'll check it out at some point, I'm sure. Yeah, and I did like that there were uh, a bit of a strategic element in the fortress attacks as well. Yeah, figuring out uh, the weaknesses of the fortress and trying to exploit that. Yeah. That's an expansion of the, the, the Nemesis system as well, because the... Uh, Previously, the cat orc captains and things like that each had lists of weaknesses and stuff to exploit. And the more that you actually use the system to your advantage, the more you learned about that sort of stuff. So that's good, taking it to the next step or the next level. Yeah, I'm a little shocked we haven't really seen anyone try to uh, use the Nemesis system outside of the Shadow of Mordor series. I mean, Shadow of Mordor has been out long enough that you know, a game develop- a game should have been in development to you know, harp on that. Yeah, I wonder if it. They're, I mean, I'm sure they've kept it very close to their chest. Exactly how it works. It might be really difficult to design that sort of uh, AI logic to do that. Possibly, and maybe no one else has cracked it yet. Don't know. It's just something that kind of uh, shocks me that we haven't seen that yet. Yeah. Uh. So next on the list, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Uh. I don't. I mean, Ori in the Blind Forest. This is the sequel to that. That was a cute game. That honestly, I didn't care too much about. I haven't gotten to play it yet. It's been on my buy list for quite a while, if I recall correctly. Yeah, it was free on Xbox One a couple of years ago. And I did make a note member. that I did make a note. A really beautiful trailer with live music. Someone's been taking some notes from Sony. Yeah, <laughs> there were actually quite a few live music events this go. Yeah, around. but th- yeah, but this one was the one that uh, caught. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, stood out to me. Or yeah. I think it may have been the first one in the conference. And uh, Sony uh, should take some notes from Sony and get their damn audio straight. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was nice. I I like the look of it, but I mean, I probably won't play it. And finally, we have the expansion of the backwards compatibility, adding the original Xbone, or sorry, the Xbox. Remember, it's Xbox, not Xbone back then. <laughs> original Xbox, yeah. Because it was Xbox One, and now it's the Xbox One. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's I, nice, but well, what kind of uh, got me a little bit excited by this uh, announcement? Was it the announcement itself? But also because I didn't care, but the game that they used as an example. Crimson Skies? Exactly. Yeah. I I mean, I really don't care all that much. Not that... But you can play original Xbox games in 4K now. Woo. I don't have a 4K TV, so no, I can't. But... It was super sample. I just really don't, like... Game design has come so far since then, and I've the more I'm emulating games, the more I realize, like... Yeah, sure, there's still, like, games back then were great, but we've come a long way since then. And a lot of these games I just have no interest in playing anymore. And a lot of my favorite games from the original Xbox era have made their way onto PC. Like uh, KOTOR, for example. And Halo, I mean, Halo's been remastered twice now, so I've got that if I want to play it. So, uh, oh, yeah, and they, it, just... at this point, they did mention the release date for the Xbox One. Uh, that's probably why I didn't have it in the rich or in my notes for that. Uh, th- that's when they came back on stage and talked a little bit about the Xbox One X, XXXXX11X. One, one X. Yep. And then they talked about Anthem, which is Iron Man suits the game. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure about this. Maybe it's just because it's. I'm so happy. It's Bioware. Which, that sounds like such a backhanded thing. This is not a game I would want from Bioware. I would want an actual RPG, and it seems like they're focusing on the multiplayer aspect of this and not the story aspect. I'm so excited. I, I, as long as they get the gameplay loop down, this is like Destiny. Like, the Destiny gameplay loop, which I know you don't like it, but I love Destiny. Well, I do and, like uh, Warframe. Combined with some Bioware storytelling. Yeah, my, uh,. My notes is Attack on Titan plus Iron Man. Yeah, plus Iron Man. All the Iron like I just I'm sold on that alone. The rest of the game could be shit, but the chance to build Iron Man suits with mortars and massive missile launchers and lots of guns, like I'm in. I'm in for that. Yeah, but I'm you're also that. a lot easier to please than me. Uh yeah. I'm in for that though. Although I did put in my notes the cynical part, like the faces in that demo are uncanny valley level of good. Can't Why do you think everyone why do you think everyone uh, is wearing helmets? Yeah, but yeah, can't wait for the downgrade. That was the last part. You cut me off before I could finish that. But yeah, that was the cynical part of me coming out. Well, and I also I went, noted that... Yay, it, Iron Man suits. Also noted that it seemed very limited on abilities. Uh, in the gameplay that they did show, it was limited to three per person. Yep, don't care. Iron Man suits. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to pre-order it. I'll see and make sure the game's not broken and all that jazz on launch, but... It's a yeah, Bioware I, game. I'm in. I'm in. This is... Uh, I would want this from another company. I would want Bioware's A-team to work on, uh, let's say, a Mass Effect game. I'm in. I'm in, guys. I'm in. And then that was the end of the uh, the, the Microsoft conference. So, pretty good. Pretty good conference overall, I think. Uh, definitely, they were feeding us from a from a fire hose. Yeah, 
so many games, and I got so tired of the word exclusive that they would say before each trailer. Exclusive. Yeah, fuck. Exclusive. Okay, that's enough, young man. But uh, I don't. I don't really have any major complaints outside of that. Like, I mean, it was a, a conference that was very much focused on games, and aside from the their little sidetrack into the Porsche about Forza Seven, I didn't really feel like they got too far off track. Yeah, I think this was a lot better paced than the EA uh, conference. But then again, you know, just about anything would have been a better paced than the EA conference. Just about. Just about. We're only one conference away from the thing that wasn't. But, uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, nothing major to say either way. Just pretty decent. Good effort, Microsoft. Good effort. I don't think they really need to bring Minecraft on stage every single year, though. No, they don't, but they probably will until Minecraft drops out of popularity. Yeah, they need to get that money back for that they spent on it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, give me a timestamp and then we can move on. 152.29. 152.29. All right, on to the next major conference, which is the Bethesda conference. Oh boy. I, uh, yeah, the Bethesda <laughs> conference wasn't that great, guys. It was a lot of stuff that we were expect like, did, they didn't announce anything new, did they? Well, I guess Wolfenstein, but that's yeah. at the very bottom. So, yeah, well, I guess... Well, just... Wolfenstein and uh, The Evil Within. Also, the Bethesda conference was pretty short, too. Yeah, very, actually. So let's just dive right in. Doom VR looks... Honestly, doesn't look all that fun. There's a lot of slowdown and a lot of teleporting around. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously you can't do Yeah, you running. would not want a Doom in, uh, in VR. It, that... You would projectile vomit. And honestly, it still looks like it might be vomit-inducing. Because Yeah, that, that's my note as well. It still looks like it would cause a lot of vomit. Because you're doing a lot of teleporting around. You're doing a lot of slowdown and a lot of, uh, honestly, disorienting things. Yeah. I mean, it might not be vomit-inducing, but it definitely would be headache-inducing. And honestly, Doom slowed down? Does it seem fun? Nope, that was uh, Doom 3, which was slowed down. <laughs> uh, and next up on the VR train is Fallout 4, which looks a lot more like the standard game. Yeah. I uh, didn't. I, I couldn't really tell if it was slowed down or anything. Which, it, I mean, you don't run that it, fast it, in Fallout yeah, 4. Yeah, it looked so. like it may have been a little bit, but uh, or it may just be, you know... Uh, the fact that, yeah, it requires a lot of uh, power behind it to run Fallout at the frame rate you need for VR. Yeah. Because the Fallout engine is, well, I should say the Bethesda engine, because they use it in everything, is not particularly optimized anymore. It's been used and used and added on and added on. And it's not, well, particularly efficient. Yeah, And to have the frame rate that you need for uh, Fallout, well, they probably have to rebuild most of the game and probably explains its price point. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is uh, a $60 title. And the fun part is that they did not mention a word on their store page about the DLC. Are they yeah. going to sell another uh, season pass for this thing? 
I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Also, there's no like discount or anything if you nope. own Fallout 4 and all the DLC as well. It's straight up 60 bucks. I mean, it, it does look really good, I will say. And I mean, it kind of, like, if they did really have to go and rebuild the entire game, which if they did, I think they should tell us, because that would have people screaming a lot less. Uh, if that's the case, I don't mind paying $60 for it, you know? But if they're just jerking us around, you know, they just, I don't know, ported it over or VRified it and added a few little things to it and then are selling again for 60 bucks. shame on you, Bethesda. You've already got Skyrim, which Skyrim VR was mentioned later somewhere, but it wasn't the Bethesda conference. Yeah, it was just something that they talked about on the show floor. I think the, I think that may have been the Sony conference, maybe because Sony oh, had right. a, Sony had PSVR. a lot of yeah Sony had a long list of VR titles that they announced. That's where it came from, PSVR. But let's see, uh, Elder Scrolls Morrowind looks nice, but does it really capture the essence of Morrowind? Because Morrowind was a very deep and uh deep uh it, well it was a deep uh, rpg but it was also a very mysterious rpg you know it required you to pay attention to what was going on it felt like a bridge between the old crpgs and uh, a 3d R- rpg like you see today i doubt it i mean i like the elder scrolls online i've played it quite a bit and enjoy it but i mean it's even more simplified in a lot of ways than skyrim because it's an mmo and there's a lot of MMO questing in it, so... Go collect bear asses. Doubtful. Which, which they showed the uh, the bear at the beginning of the Bethesda conference. <laughs> yeah. And talking about how all the streamers cared about the bear for some reason. Yeah. This was another conference where they focused a lot on streamers and a lot on YouTubers. I did, I did say, though, like, why are they... Something about the bear... It's the wor- like the most difficult enemy in Skyrim or something like that. I don't remember what I tweeted. Something snarky about the bear. The most but difficult yeah. enemy in uh, Skyrim was my level of interest in the game. <laughs> and then I-, I will mention the Creation Club is next. We're going to move that to the end of this because this is going to be a long, long and somewhat ranty topic. Right. So we're going to uh, skip, move that to the end to, you know, have it, cl- have that be our closing words, I think. Sure. Sure. Uh, so yeah, next, uh, after that was Elder Scrolls Legends. Which hey, hey look, a- an, an expansion focusing on Skyrim. Yeah, but I mean, I think that'll be fun. I enjoyed Elder Scrolls Legends story mode way more than just playing it. I mean, outside of that, it's mostly just Har- well, Hearthstone with lanes. Well, this, well, my like note for this mode. is, as a CCG, is there more to say? Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, uh, hopefully then, it's it's free. Did they say if it was going to cost money? No, they didn't. Okay, hopefully it's a free uh, expansion. Honestly, usually these expansions cost something. And yeah. It's either you can pay for it with the in-game money, or you could just buy it outright. They're, uh, if you, they're adopting the Hearthstone model. Right. Then let's see, Skyrim Switch... Motion controls, goody. Yeah, but uh, there there was a couple things that they uh, uh, that was more covered in the uh, Nintendo conference or infomercial or whatever. Is that the Legend of Zelda has items in it, and it seems like it's if you use a, a Legend of Zelda amiibo. So guess what? You got physical DLC now. Yep, of course you do. 
And I do have to wonder about mod capability because they didn't say a damn thing about it, and that is a thing for the consoles now. It probably won't be on the Switch. Or at least for now. Okay, yep. uh, Dishonored, Death of the uh, Outsider. Not very stealthy, were they? <laughs> no. No, they're not. They, they I mean, played that's... the game like I did uh, when I played a little bit of Dishonored. Loud and messy. Yep, that's how I play too. I mean, it looks neat if you're into Dishonored, but I mean, I haven't played Dishonored 2, and I don't know if I will. I mean, Dishonored yeah, this... 1 was fun, but... Yeah, this seems uh, that it's a standalone expansion to to Dishonored Two, essentially wrapping up the story. If uh, yeah, if the subtitle is anything to go by. Yeah. So let's see, Quake Esports. Yep. Oh, this was this was probably the worst esports segment that they had at E3. Just the players that they showed had that uh, they were hitting everything except their opponent. Yeah. One of my notes is, oh, they're having a forced esports tournament. Goody. Yeah. Uh, they do have BJ Blazkowicz, though, so that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. I, I didn't, like, it didn't click in my mind until it happened. I was like, how did he wind up in this game? And then I went, oh, yeah, Bethesda owns both of those properties. Like, I don't know why that hadn't clicked in my mind until just then, but it did. Um, I mean, it looks fine, I guess. I don't know if I'll play it. I wasn't the biggest Quake person before, and I don't know if I'll be now. But, I mean, I'm sure there are people out there who are very excited for them and are very excited for it, and it looks decent enough, I guess. It's still very early, or it still looks very early, so we'll see. Yeah, and uh, talking about uh, other games that look kind of early because they didn't really talk about this at all. The Evil Within 2. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I-, I see someone has either gotten into Kojima's drugs or k- just kidnapped Kojima. I really thought it was some kind of Kojima thing at the beginning. And then I figured out partway through the trailer, like, oh, that's The Evil Within. It's probably like a sequel or something. Yeah, I never but, played The Evil Within, so yeah, I couldn't make that connection at all. But my, my notes are Kojima, question mark. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't really like The Evil Within. It wasn't a very good game, and also it's a horror game, and I don't really like horror games. So Yeah, it is releasing on Friday the 13th, whatever, Friday the 13th, the start the end of the year. Didn't really mark that. Didn't care. Mm-hmm. And let's see, Wolfenstein, A New Colossus. That looked really good. Uh, I did still... like the opening, uh, you know, uh, with all the different movies, uh, you know, the kind of the riffs on it, and then the cat monkey thing. And I was uh, asking, okay, so is the cat monkey thing, could that be a playable character? Is that going to be a pre-order bonus? <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I really liked Wolfenstein The New Order, and I'm glad to see that they're continuing it. Like, obviously, at the end of, if you play The New Order, at the end of the game, you're like, okay, this obviously is not the end. You've done well, but there's still a lot of Nazis left to kill. So Yeah, it needed the MT- MST3K guys at the bottom of it, though. <laughs> uh, but the the thing that excited me the most about the trailer was that it appears that BJ goes on a Nazi killing spree in a wheelchair. He's a Nazi, handicapable murder machine. <laughs> I was really happy about that. And but, also, I mean, uh, at the end, the acid cartoon characters, which probably explains the next conference, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah, looks... Yeah, that uh, was around the time that the drugs would kick in. Yeah. 
But uh, it, it was very jarring. It wasn't even, uh, yeah, it looked like it was animated on top of the gameplay. Yeah. I wasn't, like, I wasn't sure what the, what they were going for with that. Like, I think they're just trying to reinforce that it's like the late 60s or early Look, 70s. it's the 60s. We have drugs. Ha ha ha. Yeah, I think uh, that's what and they a were black doing, girl, but... and, a, and a black woman with a huge afro that would make Bob Rasko. Whoa, tone it down. I, I have mad respect for that girl's afro. Used to have an afro. It was glorious. My friends called me Q-tip. Oh, my. Okay, so since we talked about respect, should we talk about the Creation Club? Because yes. we got a tour through this conference. I, there was a lot less. The Bethesda conference was really short. Like, we were both like, wait, it's over? Because it only went for like 35 or 40 minutes. Yeah, the uh, the Creator Club, I think, is the thing that most people are talking about right now. Because oh, it is basically, it, well, not quite, but close to it. Bethesda dipping their toes into paid mods again. Before you start, do you... Because I did some homework on this. Yeah, I did some homework on it as well. Essentially, it's sort of a bridge between paid mods and a DLC... uh, Mini DLC marketplace. I think that's the best way to uh, describe it. Perhaps kind of like the Steam Workshop uh, on some of their paid stuff, but that is usually limited to cosmetic stuff, so it's not... as good of a comparison. Right. So basically, at, at, at least at this point, I'm not going to say they never will because I'm not going to give Bethesda the benefit of the doubt anymore. But free mods are not going I'll just wait till you hear my rant. You can still submit free mods just like to, to all of their like systems now like you can currently. Um, but now there's this thing called the Creation Club where that modders can sign up for or apply to. Not 100% sure how that process works it, yet. It seems like it's, a, it's it, an application uh, uh, procedure. They have it. Uh, I don't think they put it up yet. It, it, this is going to be, at least for the time being, Fallout 4 and Skyrim Special Edition. And care to guess what the Steam reviews are doing for that? No. Probably <laughs> terrible. Well, All the the creator tools have existed for a while. Like you could get the tools that they're using from the Bethesda launcher for months at this point. God, it's been in beta for a long time. So they announced it like it was brand new, but these tools have existed for a while. I guess they just brought it out of beta or something. But anyways, back to the process itself. Like a modder will can apply to be a part of this program and then their work is submitted and they basically get like developer milestones where they get paid for doing their work. So it's almost like they're a contractor working. Yeah, but they've specifically said that, and here's the, probably the key difference between what the uh, paid mods were with uh, steam and this system is that you cannot pull something that you've already made from the bod pool, essentially, and put it onto the marketplace. It has to be new things, right? Which, Which that, that is uh, uh, probably going to appease a lot of people. Yeah. They've but also said that also they're going to be... Kind of, well, you also have the flip side of that is that people that are very prolific modders that get into the system, there's not a lot of uh, of really rewards to keep your old mods up to date if you get into this because you want to focus on what's paying the bills. Well, you know that they'll make exceptions, though. 
They they just will. The policy no, no, is no, no, there no, no. for I'm, people I'm not, who I'm not, aren't. I'm not talking about uh, the policy. I'm talking about the modders, yeah, the ones that get into this. And, and well, that's more getting into my criticism of it and my uh, a little bit of fear of it. Right. But so, I mean, that's free mods, at, at least at this point, are not going away. Bethesda has point. said that they are going to heavily curate the system and ensure that all of the mods are compatible with the other mods in this program and the base game so that they're supported and things don't break during updates. Yeah, which that uh, also is you know, a little tough because you know, mods are uh, constantly being uh, uh, conflicting. So if someone puts a uh, you know, something in one spot, well, that completely cordons off that spot. There's only so much room in these games. Well, I think that that's what the creator toolkits are for um, to okay. help with that at least. Like you have to submit your stuff into the toolkit and make sure that it basically passes inspection. I guess I I don't know. I'm not a modder, so I don't know how that works. But I assume that that's what that's for to help streamline that process a little bit. But. I just know that there's been times that I've installed mods. Uh, well, for Skyrim even uh, when I would put two mods in that uh, occupied the same place, either they conflicted and completely uh, crashed the game, or you would uh, walk up and you would see two houses clipping up for one another. So it makes me wonder how they're going to handle mods that go to a particular location on the actual in-game map. Well, I know that in the uh, both Fallout 4, like using the actual Bethesda like built-in mod system, and in Skyrim Remastered, that there's a lot of stuff that will tell you what's compatible and what's not compatible yeah, and where you have I, overlap. Yeah, true. They've I haven't done at least a the special very, edition. I've uh, used the regular Skyrim. They've done a really good job, actually, of like pointing out, like, look, you've got these two mods that are modifying the same files, uh, and it looks like they're going to conflict. You can try it and see if it works, but we don't recommend you do this. So, somehow they've got that working fairly well. And I've, t- I mean, it seems to be pretty accurate. I've purposefully done conflicting mods just to see what happens and if it's right. And nine times out of ten, the game crashes or doesn't run well. And then you go and take out one of the mods and it runs fine. So they've done a pretty good job with that, at least. But I think that's all I need to explain. Uh, or that's all we need to explain before we move forward with this discussion. So yeah, I'm... I'm- <sighs> I think I'm done unless you bring up something that I forgot, but uh, we may bring up something in our uh, thoughts on this. Uh, I, it is a step forward. I'm not sure if I'll like it mostly because I fear that it's going to hurt a lot of the uh, uh, teamwork between different modders. Uh, because if one person gets in, you know, uh, they may not want to work with other modders anymore. And that's a lot that, happens with the, the modding community, or at least uh, in the old Skyrim community. Like I said, I haven't played the, uh, the special edition, which is comp- something completely different. Uh, and I haven't even touched Fallout 4. As a matter of fact, I pulled Fallout 4 completely off my wish list after this, because I have no interest in it. I'm uh, concerned about the teamwork. I'm concerned mostly about what this is going to do with future Bethesda titles. Because is this going to just encourage Bethesda to essentially release a framework for Elder Scrolls Six? Yeah, you know, whenever that gets 
made because it's not even in development yet. So we're looking at you know, probably seven or eight years until the next Elder Scrolls game. Is it just going to encourage them to you know, release a b- very bare bones game and let the modders come in and, and put in all the micro DLC? If so, you know, fuck them. Actually, I would be okay with that if the base game was like, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 bucks. And it's like, hey, it this wouldn't is... be. That's the thing. It, this is Bethesda. They've been gouging people for ages. Just look at uh, Fallout 4 VR. Look at how they handled the season pass for Fallout 4. I mean, I'm just seeing time and time again how they have been anti consumer. And this, uh, this creator club requires a level of respect and a level of trust in Bethesda that has been gone from me for years because of how they treated Skyrim and how they've treated the Fallout series. And I just, I can't, uh, I can't deal with Bethesda anymore. So to hell with them. I don't have as much trust for them as I used to because of the way they've behaved the last couple of years. But I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt on this one, at least to see how it goes. I Also, I'm throwing in the, their entire thing with how they handled review copies as well. I almost forgot about that. Yeah, well, I mean, that was what I was talking about mostly. But um, I, I'm a big fan of supporting modders. And yes, absolutely, you can go and find your favorite modders and find their Patreon or find their donation page or whatever. But... Having a system that brings that much more easily to the masses, I think, is a good thing because more modders can get paid for the hard work that they do and maybe do it as a part-time job or maybe even, hell, a full-time job. But I I think that this is one of those things that it's got good intentions and on paper, it seems to be starting out in the right direction. So I'm willing to give them a shot just to see where it goes, but... I don't have absolute confidence that they'll get it right. So I'm going to give it a shot, but well, I don't is, have my, I'm not holding my breath. Well, this may not even be for us. That's the thing is that I think where this is going to be big is not even just consoles, but the PlayStation 4 in particular because of how backward Sony is with their online. Because the PlayStation 4 is very restrictive on what you could do with mods. But if anything gets on the creator club or whatever they eventually call the marketplace, you know, that may be their back door into it. So maybe this is pro consumer, but it's just a very, very small subset of it. It's just, I'm, I'm just so sick and tired of Bethesda. I really am. The biggest problem that I have with it is that it uses credits. Oh, if, don't get me started on that. I hate that. Just let us pay money. Just, you know, well, that's the money. thing. It's a psychological trick. I know. I just want to pay money. Don't make me buy credits and try and figure out exactly how I can get the exact amount of credits that I need. Just let me pay money for stuff. I would gladly give people money all day long, but I don't want to give them credits. And I should also say that their choice and what they showed in the video for uh, uh, things that may show up in this didn't instill confidence in me either. Like what? What are you talking about? Like what's? Oh, up? let's see. Um, in the Fallout Four, they had a reskin of furniture. They had a reskin or a new version of the power suit that they called horse, oh, horse armor. armor. I thought that was funny. It's a good callback. Yeah, a callback to another DLC controversy. That is really fucking intelligent. I thought it was really good. I thought it was clever. 
Like I thought it was. Like to I thought it was about the dumbest thing outside of the next uh, conference that we have. It was uh, self-deprecating humor. Is what I thought about that. I got a chuckle out of it. I didn't. Yeah, but you're Mr. Grumpy Pants. And? No, that's pretty much it. <laughs> it's just what they put in uh, the video, what they uh, talked about, it just doesn't instill confidence in me that they'll do the prep curation of this to make it worthwhile. And I do think it's a better thing that they don't just open it up to, to the masses. Uh, that way we don't have the highly detailed uh, horse genitalia like we did with Skyrim. <laughs> but I love uh, uh, an accurate-to-life horse anus. Doesn't everybody? It's just I'm, I'm so sick of, of Bethesda's practices that I just I can't deal with them anymore. That is fair enough. And I think that's uh, that may be you know, a lot of where I'm coming from with uh, me being against this is that it just requires trust that I just haven't had for years because of just everything that they've pulled. That's fair enough. I'm not going to try and argue you down from your position. Also, I'm not going to really defend them. I just wanted to make sure that we knew actually what was going on, at least as best we could going in. So. Yeah, and I think I've been incredibly fair with uh, <laughs> this as well. well. At least considering my position. Yeah, I mean, I see your point of view perfectly well. That's why I'm not going to try and talk you down. I think it's a valid position. I just <laughs> didn't distrust them as much or don't distrust them as much. I mean, yeah. So we're just coming from two different points on it. The only other thing that I want to see, say about the Bethesda conference was I thought the fallout world thing like that they were using as their frame was kind of cute or like the Bethesda world or whatever, whatever they called it. I just put fallout for kids. And uh, they were calling it Bethesda world. Yeah, I thought that was cute. And it was an fun. interesting framing device, particularly since they had a Fallout uh, a DLC centered around a theme park as well. Yeah, the Nuka-Cola world. But uh, yeah, is that uh, all you want to say about it? Yeah, I think so. I just, uh, I, Like I said, I pulled Fallout 4 off my wish list entirely, and I think I'm uh, not going to do anything for Fallout or anything for Bethesda. Which saddens me because I actually had on my uh, game list uh, yeah, several uh, Bethesda games that I wanted to eventually play, but not anymore. That's fair. I'll just continue to love Bethesda over here by myself. Uh, okay. Give me a, a timestamp. 218.44. Uh, counting out the uh, silence, of course. Yeah, of course. Two eighteen forty four. All right. Well, with that out of the way, let's not feel better because we're gonna talk about the worst conference of the whole show. I think I understand where these guys are coming from. This is Devolver Digital, th their first conference, and it was essentially it was at one a.m. Eastern time, at very end of the day, and they basically got on stage and said pretty much what I took from the, the Bethesda conference, only not without the bullshit. Yeah, I think what they were trying to do, 
they, they were trying, trying to be funny. To, they were trying to be funny, and they were trying to stand out. And I saw on Twitter a lot of people liked what they did, but basically they took they were it's loud the, and sweary and rude and obnoxious and called out a lot of like gaming bullshit that's been been going on. And so, in other like, words, they were me. They went satirical on it, and all of that sounds great, but they just had poor delivery. Uh, like, well, I used the, uh, uh, the uh, uh, comparison of Family Guy. Yes, they could have good jokes, but they generally pull, uh, just drag them out for so long that it becomes anti-humor. Yeah, so like, for example, the opening. The the girl who's doing the presentation comes out and she's like trying to get the crowd's attention and they don't, like, they keep talking. So she pulls out a gun and empties it into the air to get everyone's attention. And, and then uh, lowers it, reloads it, and fires it again. Yeah. What they should have done is just not done the reload. Shoot the gun, get everyone's attention, move on. That was like, oh, this is amusing. This will be good. Oh, the joke is dragging out too long. It's not funny anymore. And then they had some joke where they, like, every time she said very, the camera swapped uh, to a different angle. Like, it it was a different camera. And, like, that was funny a couple of times. But they did it, like, 12 times. It's like, okay, this isn't funny anymore, and it actually is making me feel a little bit disoriented. Yeah, besides, they should have used the word uh, exclusive. (laughs) That actually would have been uh, probably a little bit more funny. And, I mean, I did chuckle a couple of times. Like, she was like, she kept saying fuck, and was like yelling at people in the audience, like, to shut up, or screw you, or whatever. I mean, you know, the audience, this whole thing was staged, obviously. It was just like a sketch show. But, yeah, it just, it wasn't funny. It was yeah, not funny. Yeah, and Devolver funny. Digital can be very funny. It's just, this wasn't, one of the, this wasn't one of those times. And it kept getting less funny and less funny. Then they did some joke where a guy's arm got ripped off. Uh, because left. he was throwing money at the screen. Yeah. Which the throwing money at the screen thing was kind of amusing. Like, okay, I can, you know, this is starting to get funny. And it, his it, arm's it, off and he's bleeding everywhere. It's not funny anymore. Too far. And then there was the weird, like, at the very end, like, they had, like, this weird psycho whatever, and, like, she's laughing and spewing blood everywhere, and everyone's freaking out, and then her head explodes, and it's just, Yeah, this is when the drugs kicked in from the Wolfenstein uh, conference. Yeah. It's just... I mean, all of my tweets were like, this is a waste of time. This is a waste of time. This is stupid. And all my notes are... I have three notes. Fuck. This is stupid. This is so bad, it takes camp to the next level, but in a bad way. And they just take everything too far, held all the jokes too long. I don't even give a shit about the rest of this or their games. Oh, uh, my last note on this was, well, that was a waste of time. Why did they get a keynote time slot? Yeah, it was only like 10 minutes. It was super It, it felt super like short. hours. It did. It felt like a long time. And I don't even know what their games were. I was so pissed off. and uh, They talked about two, but honestly, I'm not even sure if they were real games, so I you know, don't even care. That's true. They had like some joke games up there and just a lot of stuff, yeah. I and think, Norm- and this is going to uh, sound terrible to you, I think we may be too old for this. We might be, actually. I'm No, I'm, I'm there with you. I don't. Think I mean, I know I'm us. too old for this uh, type of humor, but I think if I was, you know, 
uh, in my teens, I would have probably enjoyed this a lot more. I think in I yeah, I think that this is directed at the teenager preteen audience that consumes this kind of internet content that we think is stupid. Someone yeah, screaming that... at the at a camera or whatever. But that's what this was. This was like PewDiePie the the E three conference. Uh no, PewDiePie the E three conference was the pre P show and the show that they had after this that went on till like five AM. I kind of thought like I was okay with like the pre show before. I was like, I mean, this isn't like great, but this is like you know a comedy sketch, and it's I, all right. I commented that it was worse than anything I ever saw on G four, and that's a low bar. I liked a lot of the stuff that was on G four though. Like that's the kind of silly, campy humor that I think is funny. Um, or you know, at well, least amusing, well, I hated G four because it killed Tech TV. Yeah, that's true. Tech TV was better, but. You know what? I think you're right. That's the best way to describe it. We're too old for this kind of humor. Especially you. Don't make me hit you with my cane. <laughs> you have to catch me first, old man. I'll throw it at you. I'll just wait till you're asleep and then hit you. That would yeah, that would work. So, yeah, I don't I don't think that this show had any redeeming qualities to it. But we also, see. maybe if it was after a different show, because I think the Bethesda show, uh, you know, pissed off enough people. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, I liked the Bethesda show overall, and I didn't get as mad about the at the time. We just thought it was straight up paid mods, and I didn't get as mad about that as as you did or a lot of other people. And I still thought that this was stupid. Oh, well, it's more the the fact that you know, uh, well, you made the comparison to uh government where you know just hammering the same thing over and over again look at that neutrality yeah yep 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 that's a good point that is the uh, the comparison that i made and I made that's a just, trump i made a trump joke and that's just where uh, a lot of my uh fatigue of uh, bethesda's bullshit comes from yeah and, you know, you're older than I am, so you've got a longer history with Bethesda than I do, and already yeah. we're coming into it with more cynicism than me. So that's probably why you're where you are, and I'm where I am. Yeah, Jared, take a look at me. You'll be me in a few years. Will I have the nice voice as well? Because I can handle that. I don't know. I would have to get one first. <laughs> I think your voice is nice. But yeah, I don't have anything else to say about the Devolver Digital Conference. I felt like I wasted my time. I wish I had just gone to bed. Well, you got to watch it with me. Well, uh, see your point. That one was not fun, though. I had fun watching the Bethesda Conference with you, but we were just like watching the Devolver one. We were like, this is fucking stupid. I think stupid. next year we're going to have to watch one and then the major ones together. We should. We absolutely need to plan to watch some of the, as many as possible together. The ones well, that happened the, during the... See, the problem the, is that you have a life. Yeah, the ones that happen during the day are probably out of the question for me. I don't know, though. If they keep pushing it back, eventually there'll be stuff on Friday, and I take Fridays off every week. I have a three-day weekend every week now. And I usually just do housework or take care of, like, doctor's appointments or whatever. But, you know, I could plan on that day to watch E3 conferences. Because last year, didn't it start on Sunday? Or was there something on Saturday? I don't recall. I think it started on Sunday. But... Anyways. Oh, no, okay. I think we started on Sunday at this point. <laughs> yeah. Give me another timestamp. 2 27 22.
All right. Then let's move it on to the next conference, yeah, which is the is one that be a long one. Which is the one I don't know. I didn't have to take very many notes on it, but the PC gaming conference, the one that we thought each of us I think thought was the best in show. Yeah, uh, uh, the PC gaming conference uh, uh, came a long way over the last couple of years because the first year it came out, it felt like a waste of time. Last year it was greatly improved, but it was uh, AMD uh, shilling for a good part of it. This year it was uh, Intel shilling for a part of it, but yeah. They they just got it together a lot more. They treated it much more like uh, like a talk like a, show. I was gonna say like a late night talk show, and I really like that. I like that format. So especially whenever they sat down with the developer and talked a lot more about the games, because that's something that we don't really have in any of the other in any of the other conferences is that you don't learn a lot about a handful of games. You're just giving them uh, to give them to you in a fire hose, uh, yo. Uh, Microsoft gives you 20 uh, trailers back to back to back to back. Yeah. And maybe you'll uh, be able to catch a couple of names. Maybe you'll recognize a game or two, but outside of that, huh? Yeah. This it was how many? Uh, I would say probably a dozen games overall uh, that they went fully in depth on. Yeah. Which I like that better. Like, like I said, I only took notes about the stuff that really interested me, which was only a couple of things. But I still enjoyed, like, just sitting there watching it, like, oh, that's interesting. Like, I probably won't play this game, but it, this is a format that's entertaining and interesting, and it's a nice break. Like, what's the best way to say it? Instead of it being like a fire hose of water, this was like fine wine. <laughs> or maybe scotch, because I drink scotch really slowly. But regardless, oh, wow. it, was a nice, it was a nice break. From just the constant and there was barrage. a lot of people complaining online that this doesn't have enough energy. It's perfect. Well go, well, go watch the Devolver Digital thing again. It had the right amount of energy. It was perfect. I loved it. I didn't feel like I was being sold anything either. Like I know that there was def- there was Intel shilling and yeah. a whole bunch of stuff about esports and VR in there, but like I didn't feel like I was being sold anything. All the other conferences are like, check out this cool game. Check out this cool game. Check out this thing you should buy. Totally. But this one, I was like, hey, this is a game that we find interesting, and we're going to talk about it for a while. Yeah, so let's dive right in with XCOM 2, War of the Chosen. Yeah, I was a little confused at first about what this was. I thought maybe it was like a tie-in to Anthem or maybe Destiny 2, because it doesn't seem XCOM to me. But yeah, you know, uh, I assume it's first, all cutscenes. My, my first note is Halo Energy Sword. Yeah. But uh, I assume that's all cutscenes. I don't know. It might not be. They might be doing something completely different with the DLC or expansion or whatever they said it was. But it looked neat. It actually it, it looked really good. And I mean, I'm I'm planning on getting um, XCOM two soon, probably on this summer sale. So I'm not sure if I'm going to get it on this summer sale. I, I'm terrible at the original XCOM. I just don't forget the base building right, and it just causes me to fall behind. Yeah. It's just something I haven't uh, sat down and worked on enough. I, I'm not sure if I really like the idea of the Lost Ones zombie mutants things. Uh, they're essentially just swarmers, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, well, there's a lot more zombies in, in XCOM 2 than there were in XCOM 1. I know that. Yeah, true. So it kind of makes sense. It's like a, I don't know, a continuation or expansion of that story. Yeah, they also brought like, up that it is twice the size of Enemy Unknown. Or, or sorry, uh, the size of Enemy Unknown's... Uh, uh, expansion enemy within so that's actually a fairly significant chunk 
Yeah, because The Enemy Within was a pretty big expansion that added like a completely new story thread to follow and quite a bit of new uh character customizations that had two new classes and a whole bunch of stuff so yeah and this also has three factions to try to bring together and bring into the XCOM calls so there's quite a bit here i'm yeah. actually a little bit surprised and they also mentioned that there's champions which are uh, are essentially super units that uh, gain powers over the course of the game and yeah. that, uh, and that they're procedurally generated as well that you know it, Every run, you may get something a little bit different that they choose yeah. from a pool, I believe. Yeah, which that sounds interesting as well and good. Like I'm, I'm in. And the and the three champions are completely different as well. Yeah, you know, one is very stealth based, the other is very stomp. <coughs> that sort of thing. Yeah, Not I like really it. Really, a lot more to talk about. It launches in uh, on August 29th. Yeah. So, Ooblets. Next up, uh, Harvest Moon meets Pokemon. So, Viva Pinata. Oh, plus some <laughs> Animal Crossing. Yeah. Uh, looked- which, is, which essentially makes this uh, video game crack for some people. Let's be perfectly honest. Are you one of those people? The Harvest Moon portion, yes. Pokemon, not really. So, uh. And I never really played uh, Animal Crossing. Okay. It is a very impressive-looking game for a two-man development team. I thought it looked really cute, but it didn't really interest me all that much. So, I don't know. I didn't really take any notes about it. Yeah, well, I didn't have a lot of notes, and they didn't really go in-depth on it. This was uh, They uh, they had some games that they went in-depth on with the developer, others that they just showed a trailer and may ha- maybe had a little bit of info on it. Yeah. Okay, so next up, Battletech. Yeah, this is Tactical- what I'm excited for. Tactical turn-based mech combat. I am so excited. I didn't for this. know this was being made. I missed the uh, the uh, crowdfunding campaign on it completely. Yeah, I missed the crowdfunding as well. But it was mentioned on an, a co-optional from I don't know a few months ago, I guess, after the crowdfunding had ended. So I've been slowly watching it, but they haven't really released any information. And I guess it's because they were saving it, looked it for this. Very impressive. It looks so good. Oh my god! But, I like uh, I. I it came in my like, pants. Yeah, I was moist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's essentially Battletech, uh, the tabletop game, in a PC form, uh, to the point that they act... This is a mech game that has melee combat again. We haven't yep. seen that in... Well, well, the Mech Warrior series, I guess, is the closest we have to Battletech, uh, which is still completely different uh, styles of gameplay. You know, first-person mech combat versus tactical combat. Uh we haven't seen Mech Melee since Mech Warrior Four. No, there was no melee in Mech Warrior Four or Mech Warrior Three. I know one of the uh, one of the Mech Warrior games had uh, uh, some melee combat in it, but it was it wasn't exactly uh, uh, encouraged. Yeah, no. But I mean, if you and it also played... well, they also suggested that Goomba stomping's back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you've played uh, BattleTech or read any of the books, like there are entire mechs designed around melee combat, so that's really exciting to hear. And they've also uh, specifically said that uh, it is uh, uh, armor sections and component damage instead of just HP based, which is also very uh, exciting. And that uh, battle salvage is key to getting your stuff. 
Which, that is very reminiscent of the Mech Commander uh, real-time strategy games that are based in the, the Battletech universe. And I mean, every Mech Warrior game, as far as I know, has had component damage, uh, but the salvage has never really mattered except in the Mech Commander series. Yeah. I, I mean, you can get salvage in all the Mech Warrior games, but you earn money. You, like Most of your stuff, honestly, you buy. Mm-hmm. You just sell the salvage you get and buy the better. Yeah, they stuff, were talking so. about if uh, you know an enemy has a weapon you want, you avoid damaging it and just take out the mech another way. Yeah. So let's say he had a gun on one uh, you want on his right arm, you may just damage the left arm and, and yeah, uh, slowly uh, chip away at the torso uh, components after the you blow off the arm, or just uh, jump jet behind them and just uh, you know go to town on their ass. Yeah, baby. And they also talked about how customization is uh, key with uh, fully customizable mechs. It yeah. looks uh, very, very good. Yep, I'm really excited. I'm so, I'm, I'm so tempted to all- actually go back it because you can still, uh, you can still back it. They're not using mm-hmm. Kickstarter or whatever. But yeah, it's a yeah. But at this point, there's really little reason to. Yeah. But you could only be so erect, right? Yeah, well, if you back it at a certain level, you get uh, beta access. Which, normally I'm against that sort of thing, but everybody's got their weakness, and uh, giant stompy mechs are, are mine. And mm-hmm. I guess trains. Trains and giant stompy mechs. What about a giant stompy mech that turns into a train? Oh, yeah. Oh. Hmm. Do you need a break to go take a cold shower? Yeah, I need a, a break to go do something. Oh my! Yeah, I'm super pumped for BattleTech. All right, how about another game that I'm looking forward to? Okay, Mountain Blade Two Banner Lord. Um, I really I liked the Mountain Blade uh, well previous games. Uh, I didn't play uh, Fire and Sword, uh, uh, the standalone expansion, if I recall correctly, that focused more on gunplay than anything else. But Mountain Blade, if you get past how clunky it is, is a very in-depth uh, sandbox RPG. And it looks like they are trying to fix a lot of the clunkiness in this. And they really also bumped up the graphical quality as well. What's, has, what's uh, worrying me a little bit is, one, Mountain Blade... Once you got into some of the larger uh, combat or combat situations, the frame rate just tanked because yeah, there's just so many units uh, uh, fighting. So they have to figure out a way to do that well. Maybe just modern uh, builds of the game, uh, yeah, a complete rebuild with modern hardware will be able to get around that. Yeah, just throw raw horsepower at it. And also, yeah, it is a little bit silly that you could still be pan cushioned. I'm not sure if you noticed that on the trailer. I, d- I mean, I didn't. I'm not the biggest Mountain Blade fran- fan. It's not terrible, uh, but I think I got to it too late to really appreciate the kind of game that it was because it's always just felt really clunky and yeah, perhaps and and almost and, broken and, at yeah, times to me. And Mountain Combat still looked pretty good as well. Uh, Mountain Blade is one of those games that uh, certain situations it uh, does really well. Mountain Combat. With a giant two-hander and just taking out someone, just that crunch sound—it was just incredible. 
I mean, like I said, I don't really have anything to add. I'm not the hugest yeah. fan of Mountain Blade, so I mean, I'd give it a shot. You're you're talking it up to me. You're making it making me feel good about it, but yeah, uh, it looked good. Uh, the grand, uh, granted is how well does it play? That's the that's the you know, that's the forty two dollar question. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, Total War Warhammer two. Sure. Still not uh, called Total Warhammer, by the way, which is a complete miss. Yeah. And they have space dinosaurs now. Which is cool, but I probably won't play this game. I mean, it, it's not because it's, like, bad or anything. I just, it's not on my radar. I, I haven't, uh, I, I want to eventually play Total Warhammer. It's just, I haven't bought it yet. It was on a humble, uh, uh, monthly bundle at one point, but I just I couldn't pull the trigger on it. I just didn't want to. Right. I, I'm. I guess I'm. Uh, it's a combination of being cheap and I have a lot of Total War games to go through already. <laughs> yeah. All right. Then there was some sort of Shadowverse expansion, which they honestly didn't go into that much. Not really. They got the trailer and said something about it. But... Yeah, it looked almost fairy tale based, really. Yeah. Which looks pretty neat, but again, no real context or explanation, so I'm not really sure what to think of it. I guess just wait and see. And let's see. Uh, some, uh, well, I uh, must be... That's pretty far down on my list, so I, I took some notes that you didn't. They had some, okay. uh, They had Intel slash VR talking for a while, and obviously oh, yeah. a lot of marketing bullshit that yeah, I just didn't even take notes on. Yeah, my all my and, only note and, for that was Intel came out. Yeah, it, it felt like it really messed up the pace of the show, to be perfectly honest, because they went through a lot of games really quickly at that point. Yeah, they talked about Destiny 2 as well. Like, yeah, I put a they, minor they, note in there, but again, they brought out a streamer. I had no clue who he was. Apparently, he's a huge Destiny streamer, but, you know, yeah, I don't... Uh, apparently, really do that's a that. thing. I mean, I'm happy that it's coming to PC, but we've talked about Destiny 2 a couple of times on the podcast before already, so I don't really need to spend any time Yeah, they did say that it's multi-threaded supported. Yeah, which I honestly kind of laughed at, but who knows, (laughs) maybe. Well, that's about the only thing I could note. Yeah. And I I need to step away for a moment. Uh, So anyways, you were saying, talking about... Yeah, honestly, the Intel stuff is a complete uh, skip over. Uh, Destiny 2 didn't really talk about much. Uh, Esports arena announcements... Law until uh, Grand Slam is interesting that they're trying to jumpstart uh, uh, esports a little bit more and uh, really focus on indie games. Grand, they really didn't talk about what the I- indie games are. I will say about the VR stuff, I found it interesting that they were going to have an esports tournament in Poland. Yeah, I don't know if Poland is like some center of VR that we don't realize or what, but I, well, I was like, shame we have no one there that could help us. Yeah. <clears throat> chemist. Uh, anyway, sorry to interrupt. Maybe we should send Chemist to the <laughs> esports uh, uh, finals. He might go. Actually, uh, he might. Anyways, carry on. And well, one of the VR uh, games that they're going to do, uh, uh, one of the uh, well, that's in the finals at, in Poland for the VR challenge, which is a little bit later. Is Echo Arena, which is uh, I was getting a very Ender's Game sort of feel from this. I also got that feeling, which I thought was pretty cool, but it's not something I'm sure I would want to play in VR, though. Yeah, I mean, maybe it would uh, work better because you get that depth perception a lot easier with VR. I don't know. 
Yeah, maybe. Uh, but uh, the other announcement for this is that this is going to be free at launch for a limited time to Oculus users. So if you have a Vive, well, you're shit out of luck. <laughs> You'll just have to buy it. Let's see, VR Challenge, which we already mentioned, which finals will be in Poland. They And, well, we found out later that Echo Arena is one of two games that they're, they're covering in it. I don't think they ever said what the second game was. I don't remember if they did, so yeah. And I didn't take any notes about it. And, well, now I'm finally at Tunic in my notes. Which okay. is uh, finally, uh, uh, formerly known as Secret Legend, which... It's always weird to have a game that uh, it changes its title midway through development because you lose all that hype that you got from before. Yeah. Granted, I never heard of Secret Legend, but, you know, some people may have. Yeah, I hadn't heard of it either. It's an isometric, uh, I, I believe it was a, some sort of platform, if I call correctly. I don't, I didn't note the uh, genre on this. Uh, it, but it felt like almost everything was made out of miniatures, sort of how Besiege was. Yeah, it, it felt very. Like, the whole thing was shot through a tilt-shift lens to me. Yeah. Which was a neat aesthetic, but I don't care at all for the type of game that it is. Well, it's isometric, so there you go. And platforming. Lots of platforming. At at least if I recall correctly, it was the platformer. Which uh, seems like uh, tilt-shift viewpoints is uh, catching on after the besiege, huh? Yeah. Then, let's see. Player on Ed's Battleground... uh, uh, Reared its ugly head again. <laughs> yeah, they just talk more about the uh, the expansion and what you could do with that. Well, well when the I update. Even, yeah, I was going to say <laughs> this isn't Ark Survival Evolved. This is a, an update, not an expansion. Get it right. Right. And uh, a few interesting things, uh, not to me, but still, uh, they have in game uh, replays planned, both a uh, 2D and uh, in game, you know, uh, 3D. Which I think would really help with a, well, a potential esports scene, maybe, or you know, just uh, for YouTube because that is a big marketing thing. Is that you know, if you can, if you have the tools to do machinima, then there you go. Uh, they're trying to make the game more stable and competitive uh, because it's having some server issues because you know it's very, 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 very popular right now. As a matter of fact, what is the current player number? So let's find out. It is uh, peak today. Do you want to guess? Uh, ten thousand. You're joking, right? I don't. I don't know. I have no idea how popular this game is. I just guessed. I know it's like well received right now. Jared, it's the number three game right now on Steam. Is it really? Jesus. Uh, so uh, how many uh, on, is it? On, on current players, it's number three. Peak today. Is one hundred ninety three thousand. Fuck. Do you see why it kind of took pause when you said ten thousand? I didn't. I didn't know how high up the list it was. Right now, it has one hundred six thousand players. It's only behind Counter Strike Global Offenses in Dota Two. Uh, it's right ahead of Payday Two, GTA Five, H One Z One, King of the Kill, and Team Fortress Two. Well, good for them. It has over twice the numbers of Ark Survival Evolved, if that gives you any idea of what's going on here. Yeah, good for them. I don't, like I said, yeah, this doesn't matter to me, but it matters to a lot of people. Yeah, same. 
but let's see. They're adding jumping and bolting, which is something that you don't really see a lot in the in this uh, genre. Usually, fences are you know, pure uh, obstruction. And let's see. They are allowing modding down the line, and there's more maps in the pipeline. Let's see. Next up was Rising Storm 2, which was just a quick trailer and really no in, uh, info given. Did you take anything for that? No, I did not. Uh, Killing Floor Incursion? Yeah, I didn't take any notes about that. Uh, VR Stupor, essentially. Uh, okay. Which uh, doesn't interest me. Uh, could interest some people. Uh, if, you, if you're if you a fan of uh, Stupors, there you go. Uh, it's another VR game. So uh, that, is, that does seem to be a lot more emphasis of the VR in, the, in this E3. Maybe that's the... The turning tide is, yeah, finally VR games are starting to come out where they're no longer just experiences. Grant, I'm not sure if I like the stupor genre, but eh, there you go. And then they brought out Killing Floor 2. Yep. Anything here? Nope. Uh, Well, pretty much what they talked about was the Killing Floor Summer Update, which is something that they started with the original Killing Floor, where they have a, li- a timed update where... Uh, it's an event that goes on, well, in this case, during the summer with new cosmetics, new enemies, new weapons, new achievements, and it lasts for one month. With a new weekly uh, outbreak challenge that happens uh, uh, weekly, and there's eight of them over the course of two months. And let's see, Forza Motorsport 7. Which we covered that already in the Microsoft Yeah, they, they did but... bring up a couple other things. Uh, First, uh, one of the series to come right to PC instead of a uh, pure port, which is, yeah, something. Uh, They did bring up this. They they brought up wheel support for a racing game. Well, I mean, yeah, I didn't really know why they did that because Forza has always supported wheels. And, well, (laughs) something else that I found a little funny was uh, they brought up mouse and keyboard support as well, like you'd want to play this game with a mouse and keyboard. But they were talking about they were throwing all the USB devices that they could at this game to the point of actually playing the game with a Guitar Hero controller. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So so I think that's the bigger thing, not the Guitar Hero thing, but the fact that they're trying to make it as, as compatible as possible because that is one trapping with some wheels is that if they're not well supported, you know, you're kind of out of luck there. Yeah. And let's see some more with Sea of Thieves where they talked about riddle map storms and uh, firing out of cannons uh, as uh, gameplay features. Uh, 4K unlocked frame rate. Woo. Yeah. PC Master Race. And they uh, specifically said that this is not a port for the PC version. They said that uh, two versions of the game are being uh, created in parallel. And that the PC version uh, is not a port of the console version, which is something that you don't see that often, really. No, you don't, but I usually, hope it's true. Uh, usually a gameplay development, uh, you see one version developed and then they port it to the other platforms. In this case, the Xbox version and the PC version are being made at the same time, which is nice. Let's see, The Last Night. Uh, this is where we got more info on The Last Night. Not a lot, but a little bit. It's a story-driven platformer, essentially, with real-time puzzles. Uh, where, as you're doing things, and I, I believe they were talking about a uh, virtual reality 
uh, in the game, I should say, not real VR. Uh, time still uh, takes place uh, in the game, so you have to essentially hurry, which honestly doesn't sound appealing to me. But I think this is one of those games that, as you look at uh, the uh, trailers and everything, it looks like a different game than what it is. So this may not, this may be one of those games that uh, it does itself a disservice trying to explain itself. Yeah, I agree. I do like the art style, though. It is very pretty, but it didn't I, I'm, seem... I'm a, little, I'm a little torn on the art style, really, just because... It's just uh, such a jarring effect between the uh, pixel art and the uh, highly detailed backgrounds. Uh, the one thing that I did find a little interesting that they mentioned, granted I'm not sure how well it plays, uh, or plays out I should say, is that it, it, take, it takes place over several nights. And that what you do in one night impacts the other nights. And they said, uh, like, if you're rude to someone, they'll remember it and may not help you later on. So how much does that really affect the game or if, it, or if it's just a surface thing? That's something that I think is uh, going to be very interesting. Right. Okay, Islands? I didn't take it, any notes about Islands. Oh boy, I got notes. It's an op- uh, open world survival game, question mark, but in truth, it's a open world sandbox game. With a lot of different styles of gameplay being shown, which is interesting. It feels almost Gary's Mod esque, where you're it's you building the game around yourself. But there was one line that made me take pause. They talked about how you could do anything in this game, and I made the note: Where have I heard this before? Right. I know where you've heard it before. Are, are we going to bring up the uh, the glue bottle? No, let's just leave it. It, it is an interesting uh, sandbox game. Or interesting looking, I guess I should say. It just really comes down to, you know, what are they doing with it? Because, you know, they didn't really say anything. They just said, ooh, look at our tools, look at our tools. Uh, gameplay? Um... Look, there's somebody driving around, and uh, there's other people on the horses. Hmm. Uh, Maybe it's just me being skeptical about these things. I don't know. Yeah, it didn't really draw me in. That's why I didn't take any notes about it. I was like, okay, I've seen stuff like this before. I'm not super interested. Yeah, obviously, it seems like I'm the only one that took notes on everything, or nearly everything. Yeah. No wonder my notes were so much longer than yours. Yeah, I, I skipped a whole bunch of stuff. Like, I watched it, but I skipped a whole bunch of it Let's on the see. Gaming Show. Griftland. I liked the look of Griftland. Yeah, well, first of all, this is a clay game. And clay has a... Uh, Clay's uh, style is that they have no style. They, they're, all their games are pretty unique. Not all of them now, because of Oxygen Not Included looking a lot like Don't Starve. But they typically are at least pretty good uh, in their uh, uh, gameplay department. So I am somewhat uh, interested in playing this. It has a very old school RPG look to me. In a good way, I should say. And uh, the fact that it's a sci-fi old school RPG is interesting because usually those are fantasy based. Yeah. Yeah, I I really, really liked the look of it and I I like the idea that, or liked getting the sense that it's an old school RPG. It looks it looks good. I'm very interested in this. 
And let's see, Lone Echo is up next. A VR, essentially, astronaut simulator is what I got. Yeah. Free Bumble and, and uh, Zero-G where you're moving around with your arms. I'm assuming it's going to use the motion controls because it pretty much has to. Yeah, well, I mean, this is pretty much literally Ender's Game, the like the training thing that they do where that you have to score the ball through the other person's goal and you can take out the other players to immobilize them. Yeah, you can bonk someone on the head and mess them up. Yeah, but then at the there, end there, of the there trailer... Was, there was no uh, gunplay, though. They, yeah. They did say that there was going to be a single-player component as well. Well, at the end of the trailer, like it completely shifts from like this sort of interesting, fun, like wacky multiplayer game to suddenly like you're outside on a ship and another ship yeah. warps in and like... There's this sense of urgency. I, that might be the single player component that they were like teasing, because it yeah, which looks honestly, completely different. Honestly, uh, a sense of urgency in an astronaut simulator does not seem very fun. No, but yeah, maybe depends on how they do it. I mean, yeah, true. But with how they're talking about moving around with your arms, essentially, yeah, it, it could be. It, it done well. It could be uh, interesting, but I'm not sure about this one. But you know, it is a VR game, so it, it's it completely outside of my wheelhouse. Yeah. Let's see, Lawbreakers. I mean, we've seen stuff from Law Lawbreakers before. Uh, I, I did like that times. they uh, that they called out bullshit betas. Yeah. Uh, talking about how their beta is actually a beta. And I believe that they talked about releasing a cheaper price of $40, I think. Uh, it was a cheaper price. It's not a full price game. They were specifically saying, uh, we're, uh, our betas are actually a beta. It's not just a server stress test. Uh, and we're not releasing as a full price game because we are a multiplayer only game. So I like them. Yeah. I'm not sure if I want to play the game, but I like them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Lawbreakers doesn't seem, like, terrible, but it also doesn't yeah. seem super interesting to well, me. It, well, it's but. also uh, very, very movement-based, even more so than Overwatch, which is probably one of the more movement-based uh, multiplayer games out there right now, with a lot of zero-G abilities and areas, uh, a lot of uh, swinging around and grabbing things, and uh, really coming out of uh, directions that you wouldn't normally expect players in a 3D uh, shooter. You know, a lot of depth from above, really. Yeah. If you want something different, Lawbreakers is probably up your alley if you're into arena shooters. Let's see, Wargroove. Advance Wars. Yeah, I was really happy to see this game. I'm really excited about it. This is one of the ones that I was uh, took some notes about. But yeah, definitely Medieval Advanced Wars. Yeah, pretty much. Uh 12 campaigns with different commanders to unlock, uh, local and online multiplayer, uh, in-game map editor that <laughs> runs very quickly. Yeah. And they talked about branching missions in the campaign. Yeah, I got a mix of like a Fire Emblem vibe and also Advance Wars. Like, very much Advance Wars art style, but then like with the branching campaigns, I got a Fire Emblem vibe. But Fire Emblem goes super far with the uh, branching campaign, so... Obviously, we'd have to wait and see how much they actually do that. But with so many single-player campaigns, they might actually have a quite a bit of diversity. You know, I really need to go play Fire Emblem at some point. It's been on my list for quite a while. Uh, let's see. Middle Earth Shadow War. Not a lot more that they talked about outside of uh, saying that they'll have story DLC eventually. 
which a lot what was the DLC for uh, Shadow of Mordor? Was there any story elements? Uh, I don't know. I've never actually played the, the Shadow of Mordor DLC. Because uh, I'm just looking at my entry of uh, Shadow of Mordor on uh, Steam, and there's a lot of cosmetic stuff. <laughs> and a lot of, uh, like, mini uh, test and uh, arena stuff. I'm sure that there's probably some sort of... Uh, a story DLC here somewhere. Uh, well, uh, the Blight Lord that that looks like DLC. Oh, sorry, the Bright Lord, not the Bright Lord. Uh, uh, small text. What can I say? But yeah, it's just one of those things that it seems like Shadow of Mordor didn't have a lot of uh, story DLC. So um, you know, uh, good to see that they're expanding on it. More Shrek for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Unless uh, uh, calls for a celebration. Unless you don't like Shrek. And then they wrapped up uh, teasing this big announcement, and it was... Age of Empires Definitive Edition. <sighs> yeah. Not what I was expecting. and uh, I wasn't expecting much, and I was still let down. Yeah. Maybe it's just I, I somewhat enjoyed Age of Empires, but I'm not someone that's cling to it all these years. Yeah, I think Age of Empires is a great candidate for a game that's way overrated. It's fun, and it was great in its time. But games have moved on so much since then in, in design and control and everything. Well, they also... Well, I'll go over my notes I, uh, uh, half of this. They said it's an update to Age of Empires. Uh, Xbox Live multiplayer, question mark what? <laughs> Which yeah. made me take pulse and think... Oh boy. Uh, probably a Windows 10 story to be perfectly honest. Yep. They they called it a rebuild of the of the game and they focused mostly on being able to zoom out further, which is something going back to the older R- R- RTSs is very, you know, apparent that you know, they were zoomed in to limit uh, the amount of processor power that you had to use. Yep. And it's very it's very tough for me to play something like Age of Empires now because you know, it feels like zoom out so I can see and they were talking about uh, essentially a rebuild of the pathfinding a lot, and that it's a modern RT- RTS in Age of Empires, having a lot of modern quality of life improvements, uh, like uh, an idle villagers button to be able to reassign villagers that are just standing around, control groups, which I completely forgot was it uh, was it in Age of Empires? Not the original one. I think it was in two or three, but. So if you're a huge fan of Age of Empires, well, here you go. Uh, just Once again, not for me, but you know, it could be uh, for uh, people that are excited for it. Yep. So and what do you think of the PC gaming show, unless you have some notes that I don't? No, I don't. And I mean, we kind of front-ended it. I thought that the show was great. I loved the talk show atmosphere. I loved that we got more in-depth stuff on most of the games. Not all of them, but most of them. Uh, and I was really, really, really excited for Battletech. Yeah, uh, that really caught me off guard, and I'm uh, I'm excited to play it as well. Yeah. Timestamp me, yo. 30303. <laughs> All right, 30303. Uh, so next up... Ubisoft. It's Ubisoft. What a weird opening this was. Yeah. Um, now, this is a game... Well, 
this is something that was been leaked. Yeah. And some people weren't sure if this was just you know, really good fan art or if this was an actual title of a game. Yep. Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle. So they or have Mario mixed... Plus Rabbids. Yeah, Mar- Mario Plus Rabbids. So Nintendo partnered up with Ubisoft to make a turn-based strategy game. Let's just call it what it is. Mario XCOM. Mario XCOM, yeah. I have never been so weirdly excited for a game. Like, well, uh, just the opening of this uh, conference was... Uh, it kind of set the tone for it, to be perfectly honest, because you had Miyamoto uh, coming out with a gun. Yeah, like a little Mega Man looking arm blaster thing yeah and uh, gave it to the present uh gave another one to the presenter i, I can't remember who it was it was it was eve's gear guillermo however you say it the head of ubisoft yeah uh it was, yeah no alicia tyler this time which i'm sure greatly disappointed you i was so sad that aisha tyler was gone i was like okay she's gonna come out after this right but no no oh, about, how about now i was so sad uh, she'll, she'll be with the dancers right no? Yeah, I was so sad. But uh, this isn't quite Mario XCOM because it does have some running around uh, almost platforming bits, but it's also a lot more movement-based than XCOM, which uh, kind of caught me off uh, off guard. Yeah, I liked it, though. I, I liked that aspect. It, a little more active, a little more... Like, you can... The thing that I thought was neat was that you could, like, use other characters to boost your movement by, like, having them give you like an assisted jump so you can get on yeah there's assisted jumps and there's also of course since this does take place in the uh, mushroom kingdom granted the rabbits have kind of screwed things up because they're rabbits uh there's warp pipes around so you can go into a pipe and come out somewhere else on the battlefield yeah and uh the uh the combat is limited to specific battlefields and the running around bit so you're never really ambushed from the uh, uh, from the looks of things and poor Luigi got replaced by a rabbit, and he didn't even show up in anything except firing his gun once. Yeah. But I, I liked rabid Luigi. It was funny. But I was never really uh, too much on the rabbits. Yeah, I mean, they've had some fun minigame games, you know, but I, I, when I, whenever this was first leaked or rumored or whatever, I was like, that's stupid. This is going to be terrible. And I, I completely... Did, I, wasn't ex- I wasn't expecting it being this. I did a complete 180. Well, I heard it was going to be like some kind of like strategy game or something, but I was thinking like Paper Mario-esque, which still wouldn't have been so bad, but I was like, I just didn't think they could pull it off. I thought it sounded real dumb. And then I saw it and I was like, okay, this was real awesome. I was completely wrong. Yeah, see, I didn't even hear the rumors that this was going to be a strategy game, so I wasn't sure... Well, one, if it even existed, because, you know, it was still at the rumor phase. And two, what it would be. I was expecting some sort of, like, brawler, most likely. Yeah. And I like that they uh, the stipulations for allowing Mario to be licensed to Ubisoft was that they didn't make a runner or a platformer. Yeah. Which, I'm fine with that. I'll take this int- weird strategy game. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm genuinely, like, on the verge of buying a Switch this year. And this was one of the games that's pushing me to the edge. Like, at some point, I was going to buy a Switch. Maybe next year or the next year when they come down in price and they have some good bundles. But I saw a couple of Switch games combined with what's already out 
then I'm like, oh, I might buy one this year. Maybe. I don't know yet, but this is definitely one of the games that's pushing me to the edge to buy a Switch. So you're saying that they caused your opinion to switch? <laughs> bravo. Bravo. Yes. Uh, next was Assassin's Creed Origins, which we'd already seen. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, I'll tell you one thing. When, when I think of ancient Egypt, I think of the blues. What about you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, uh, but I, I do have... A note here that I'm going to read this verbatim, all right? Okay. This was after the trailer. Are you fucking kidding me? Capturing a small monitor on a table with no goddamn direct capture of fucking gameplay? Are you fucking ashamed of showing off your goddamn gameplay? Why would anyone tune in for more after this? <laughs> Ooh, angry pants and then, came out of that and one. Then what a fucking joke of coverage. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, after they showed the trailer, they uh, said, okay, well, we're going to show you a little bit of gameplay. And they have uh, a couple uh, people uh, sitting around a table and they shot a monitor sitting on the table over the guy's shoulder. And the monitor's brightness wasn't even up, so you could barely see the gameplay. It was just absolutely terrible. It's the worst gameplay coverage I've ever seen. Yeah, it was real bad. It's I worse. Was, it's worse than camcorder let's plays. Um, I kept thinking during that. Well, this is just going to make the graphical downgrade less noticeable. Yeah, supposedly it was. Well, I did check out the uh, after the uh, fact because I was catching the uh, vod at this because I missed the conference live. Otherwise, you were gotten those notes on Twitter, by the way. <laughs> uh, so be thankful you didn't get the live rant. And I probably would have been a lot more colorful then. But I did look, uh, skip ahead after the fact, uh, just to see, you know, about 15, 20 minutes in. And uh, they at least had direct uh, 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 game capture, but it's just, what were they thinking? They weren't. Okay, so next up. Since I, I had to get my angry pants out on that. Yeah, I'm, I was really excited about The Crew 2. Yeah, well, my first note for this uh, was, well, someone's watched Inception. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. I didn't make that connection either, but that's good. Uh, no, I'm yeah, this, really this, looking forward. Yeah, this looks really good, uh, particularly because they're bringing in a lot more motorsports. Yeah, they're bringing in uh, like all the motorsports. Yeah, they have airplane racing, uh, uh, stunt flying, and just general airplane racing, which you don't see very often in game uh, in gaming in general. Motorcycle racing, boat racing, both open water and river racing. I'm just hoping that they improve the uh, physics because I had some weird physics things go on in the in the crew one. Yeah, and it does look like there's a bit of a graphical upgrade, but will it last? Don't know. I mean, the original crew I thought looked well enough. I mean, car games. I guess this isn't entirely well, well, a car well, game, this, but well, this wasn't the cars, but this was the environments uh, more paid attention to. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Um. 
I like this. I really like this because my biggest problem with the crew was that I felt like they mucked up the open world. Well, I had a, a couple problems with the crew. They also had shitty driving mechanics. Even with all well, of well, the assists off, it was so easy to handle those cars. Yeah, it, the crew was very arcadey, which is more my style of racing than yours. But I had a couple problems with the crew. One, it, oh, I called it the most lonesome MMO game I've ever played. Yeah. <laughs> Where the world around you is kind of instanced, and you usually only see just two or three people at a time. Which I do understand uh, why they did that, because if they had everyone out there, you know, you would it would be gridlock. But the thing is that also, whenever you're coming into the uh, main city the first time, I, th- I think it was Detroit, I'm pretty sure it was, uh, you saw all the other cars, so you get this uh, feeling of, oh, wow, there's going to be so many drivers on the road, then it's a ghost town. Even though I know that there's drivers out there, I know that there's at least some people playing, but there isn't. And also, they made it where certain disciplines didn't matter at certain points. What they did was there was four different areas of the map. And each map uh, section was pretty much devoted, not completely, but pretty much devoted to a specific type of racing. So you had the street racing, then you had off-road racing, then you had raid racing, which is like off-road racing, but without the roads. Which, uh, no, off-road racing, keep up with me here and then you went back to uh, to street racing with supercar racing which is essentially street racing only with a lot more high-end cars and a lot faster but once you got to the west coast where the supercar racing was your normal street racing cars pretty much didn't matter for the most part there's a couple instances where that wasn't quite the case and also once you're on the west coast the off-road racing didn't matter that much because you already had the raid racing and that's yeah, kind of canceling out one another. Maybe that's part of the reason why they're going with motorcycle racing, boat racing, and airplane racing on top of street racing, or sorry, car racing, I guess is a better term for it, is so that uh, diversity doesn't cancel out one another. And then silence. You've just played the crew a lot more than me. I didn't. I had massive performance issues with it, and then I didn't like it because the driving mechanics were so bad. I had I had performance issues in the cities. I think once it I just didn't. Out, once I got outside the cities, it uh, ran okay. It wasn't perfect, but it was all right. And I wanted to at least try, you know. And I got to the end of the story. Yeah, my CPU and the thing was is that. And the thing is, at this uh, after you finished the uh, you know, your driving force, the main story. It was pretty much just a grand fest. Yeah, my CPU was constantly pegged at a hundred percent. It just—I don't just don't think it like my system configuration. But yeah, I am looking forward to this though. I love the idea of a multi multiple motorsports, and you know, like you said, you don't see plane very, racing very often, and honestly, you don't see boat racing very often yeah, either, or, or, or even motorcycle racing. You don't see too often. I mean, that's the more the most common of these three, but still a rarity. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to it. Also, I like the fact that it looks like it's a lot. I mean, I'm sure there's still going to be open world components to it. Uh, obviously, there's street racing, but I like the fact that it looks like it's a lot more focused around like track racing and these events. Uh, it looks like there's more track racing. That's the thing because yeah. there was tra- there was track racing in the crew. There but was, it was some a, a rarity. Yeah, but I like I like the fact that that seems to be a little bit more in focus this time. 
So, uh, but uh, I do wonder just how the airplane racing is going to be because that is a completely different discipline. Well, I guess boat racing could uh, work, at, uh, yeah, be the same thing, but completely different uh, mechanics wise and physics wise than uh, you know car racing and even motorcycle racing. Yeah, I suppose we'll find out soon enough. I assume everything's going to be very arcadey, though. I, it, this is not going to be a sim. No, and I, I can live with that. I think. Just the additional diversity and a little bit more focus on track racing, I think, would, would do it for me. We'll see. Uh, I signed up for the beta. Yeah, I did too. Okay, so South Park, the Shattered Butthole. Yeah, I don't really care about South I, Park. I enjoyed the Stick of Truth, and this looks like it's going to be a lot of fun and a lot deeper combat, which combat and... uh the stick of truth was very shallow and it looks like they're having a lot of fun with the Marvel versus DC uh, thing that's been going on lately. Yeah. And I think that's going to be the big thing is the humor in this game. I mean, you have uh, Timmy as essentially professor X. <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was funny. I, I thought the trailer was funny and I'm sure that the game is going to be good and funny. I just, I don't really care for South Park very much, which we've had this discussion before, you know, so. Yeah, and if it's anything like the Stick of Truth, it's also going to be very short for an RPG. But it's also more of a focused experience, so, yeah. Uh, Transference. Uh, one mindfuck of a trailer. Yeah, I, I called this game VR Frodo because of Elijah Wood. Yeah, this is a VR game. Not a lot of info given. Uh, 2018 release date. Uh, spring 2018. Yeah, based on the trailer, I would assume it's some kind of VR psychological horror game. But yeah, I mean, I we'll see. They might do something weird with it or surprise you or whatever. Don't know. All right, and uh, this is uh, the next one is the one I took the most notes on actually. Skull and Bones. Yeah, it it looks really good. I feel like what they did was they took the ship mechanics from. Uh, Assassin's Black Creed Flag. Black Flag and yeah. made an entire game out of that. Yeah, And I'm okay with that. Yeah, it looks like it's mostly uh, multiplayer based. Uh, team PvP uh, mostly with probably some modes that uh, uh, are single player. Uh, they did say that there's an offline single player component but they didn't really say all that much to it uh, about it so I'm going to assume that it's going to be like For Honor and going to be tacked on at best. It is interesting that's in the Indian Ocean, though, because usually when you think of piracy, you think of the Caribbean. Yep, but I mean that. Well, one, there was piracy everywhere, and two, I mean, the Indian Ocean was originally one of the largest areas of shipping in the world until True. the New World got a lot larger uh, or a lot more populated. True, with, and uh, Disney would probably get pissed if they ship pirates to the in the Caribbean. Probably. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it it looks pretty swell. They've got different ship types and looks like yeah. different things. Yeah, it looked for them like uh, well, well, they talked about uh, using the wind, uh, using real sailing techniques so with different ships with different strengths, and uh, and your control jumps around the ship depending on what you're doing. It's one player per ship. It's not like uh, air buccaneers uh, or you know uh, wings of Icarus where it's a group of players on a single ship, or even like Sea of Thieves where it's a group of players on a single ship. In this case. Each player is essentially a ship with uh, taking control of different elements of the ship uh, to do different things. Yeah, which I think that'll be a strength because it will at least it, it'll allow more single uh, it'll allow more single uh, player combat, or yeah. uh, I should say non group combat and going into multiplayer by yourself. Yeah, 
And there is boarding action as well, and ramming. Prepare for ramming speed. Today but, is a good day to die. But then I, my cynicism kicks in. Looks very interesting. How they fuck it up? <laughs> because I, I I do remember For Honor. Or granted, they didn't mention For Honor at all. <laughs> no, I'd say For Honor's dead at this point. I mean, it's got some. Doesn't it have some like DLC in the pipeline, but after that, it's done. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I did uh, like the little tease at the end with the Kraken. Yeah, I wonder if that's the single player. I'm not sure, and I'm not sure if I like uh, having invincible power, uh, pirate hunters come in to signal the end of uh, the hunt, to try yeah. to uh, chase people off. Having invincible enemies uh, just doesn't uh, seem very interesting to me, particularly depending on where they spawn on the map. Uh, you know, since you're using real settling techniques, they can pl- completely fuck you over. Yeah. And this doesn't even launch this year. This is fall 2018. Yep. So this is still very early as well. It for it to be early though, it looked pretty good. Although, I mean, you know, they polished a lot of turrets yeah. for E three, so there's that whole I mean just look at for honor. Uh so next was just dance. Yeah, the law of dancing was very more subdued this year. Yep, it was. But we did get a dancing animal. Just one. But it was the bear. Yeah. I'm or okay with that bear. though. Dancing bear. Dancing, dancing panda bear. That and also uh, the uh, all the dancers also representing the PC Master Race with the RGB on them. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. At first, I thought that they were going to have some kind of Tron game because the the song that they used started out very much like the uh, the Tron Legacy songs. Yeah, it just it, it was weird that the dancing was so subdued after so many years of them just going overboard with it. Maybe. Maybe they're trying something different. Maybe Ubisoft that or maybe, has learned Maybe they got complaints. I don't know. Because they didn't have Alicia Tyler either. Yeah. I miss my silly dancing and Aisha Tyler. That's my girl right there. Okay, so... South Park, Phone Destroyer. Yep. Don't care. Honestly, this looked like almost... Uh, a oh shoot down Blakey on the uh, mobile version of it, but almost Minion Masters where it's a card based uh, uh, lane uh, game, just uh, based on the UI that they briefly shown where everything was uh, being filled in, uh, where it looked like cards. Yeah, and I, I do wonder how much they're going to make fun of themselves for being a mobile game. Probably a lot. I mean, if it's free, I might check it out. I didn't know it probably will be, but. I didn't. They didn't say for sure. I don't think. I don't know. I kind of zoned out on this one. <laughs> for being a mobile game or being South Park. Being South Park. Well, here's something that I kind of zoned out for, but I still took notes on. Starlink Battle for Atlas. I was really, really excited for like this. Looks really good. Yeah, the, yeah art style. Then, oh, then it's the collectible to- Lego. Yep. Then the toys come out. Yeah, collectible Lego sort of starships that you can physically buy, or there's digital versions as well. So it's basically a sci-fi uh, shipbuilding Skylancers. That, and it'll make a ton of money because it's going to be so expensive for parents to uh, for, to have kids play this game. And kids are going to absolutely love it because they're going to see the ships and see all the ship parts and be buy this. Uh, it's going to be so expensive for me to play this game. 
<laughs> Actually, I won't be. I won't be. If it was coming to PC, I probably would get like a digital yeah, but, version, but it's yeah, not. Yeah, it's coming to all consoles and not PC. Yep. Mostly be- likely because, it, well, at least for the physical versions of the uh, parts, it requires some sort of weird link. And uh, you're snapping parts on and off of the ship. It, it looks very uh, much like you're having to juggle through the controller and the little toy ship at the same time. Yeah. Which I'm if if I bought that, I would just drop it and break it immediately. <laughs> okay, steep road to the Olympics. Which little shocked that steep is getting a full expansion. Granted, they have had one DLC so far. I mean, I completely forgot about Steep until this. Uh, Steep actually had a free weekend last weekend, so I played a little bit of it. Uh, well, it's the Olympics, but it does add a lot of winter of, uh, Olympic events. Uh, I would say probably about a dozen from the looks of the trailer. It does stand in stark contrast to the, the Steep's first DLC because it, Steep's first DLC, Winterfest, was very, very, very silly. To the point that there's costumes where you could be a inflatable dinosaur skiing. All right, Steve just got a lot more interesting to me. <laughs> and I'm not joking. You know how the uh, the kind of uh, cartoony dinosaur costumes with that's inflatable, yeah, with the fans. Yeah, it has those. <laughs> it has Yetis. It has it has uh, superhero costumes. It's wonderfully silly. So you can see how it's kind of a contrast, but my big problem with Steep, with the little bit I played of it, well, that and the camera, which we'll we'll talk more about that next week whenever I start riffing on Steep, uh, is that you're very limited on the amount of uh, just different events that you have. So this looks like it adds a lot of content that Steep needs. Sweet. All right. Well, next, Far Cry 5. Man, the way that they open that trailer, like the contrast between Amazing Grace and then like slowly working your way through the town into the church, like mm-hmm. that was done so well. Like that gave me chills. Cuz it was uh, it was beautifully well contrasted. Like it was sung wonderfully, but just the imagery that went along with it, like especially being we're growing up in a, like a Christian home, like the context and sort of what's like left over from my religious upbringing that's tied to that. Like, man, they nailed it, nailed it. I was really impressed with that. The rest of the demonstration and everything. It was pretty much what I expected. Really? Yeah. It was pretty much just like more far cry. Uh, they've added that uh, you can always have like a companion with you. Yeah. Like a, an AI partner. Which yeah, is they nice. showed a few different ones. And, oh, they did have someone stand in a water tower. They did. <laughs> and uh, one of the uh, companions is a dog that could go grab guns for you as well. Yeah, that was one of my notes. A dog that brings you guns? Exclamation point, smiley face. Let me know when the dog can shoot the gun. <laughs> and then one of the other notes I took was, yeah, run that bitch over with a combine harvester. Yeah, dangerous farm vehicles. Which we have, well, I haven't seen done really well since GTA San Andreas. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... the I, I've I do already... wonder if the airplanes are going to be fully controllable, because they did show it real quickly, but it, you know, it was tough to tell if the, the player was in control or if it was like a cutscene uh, turret section. Yeah. 
I, unless it comes out and is broken, I mean, I'll probably buy and play Far Cry 5. The change in scenery and setting and everything, it, I think is a, like I said when we talked about the the announcement, the, the first trailer announcement or whatever it was, like, I feel like that's a really positive change and it seems like that they have put a lot of time and effort into this and they're not going to back down from it, so I'm really looking forward to the game just based on the setting alone and one of my biggest problems that I've always had with the Far Cry series is that sometimes you just get overwhelmed or stuck and it's nice to have a constant companion. Like I know the last couple of Far Cry games have had uh, co-op but uh, yeah, I'm some co-op sections but this uh, uh, they said that it's full co-op. Yeah. So looking forward to that. Like Far Cry 3 it's uh, its own little separate mini campaign which doesn't seem very interesting to me. And then Far Cry 4 had drop in drop out co-op but it still had certain areas where you couldn't use it. But they're advertising this, yes, full game co-op. And uh, I would say this is the biggest surprise on uh, the Ubisoft uh, uh, conference coming up. Yep. Beyond Good and Evil 2. Yeah, grand, no release date, so we're probably still several years away from seeing this released. Yeah, but that was a lot of effort they put into that trailer, which makes me think that they're actually serious about it this time. Yeah. And uh, it took uh, us this long for Wilhelm to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I noticed the Wilhelm scream in the trailer. But uh, Yeah, and it's also a lot more of a mature game. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was completely a cinematic CG trailer. Yeah. So no idea what the game's going to be like at all. But it looked completely different from the first one. Also, yes, much more mature. Yeah, and they need to start watching their fucking language. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, let's see. No gameplay uh, shown. No release date given. Uh, set before uh, Beyond Good and Evil, which uh, makes this a prequel, which is interesting. Yep. And Space Monkey Program, you have my attention. <laughs> yeah. Which so. I never really played Beyond Good and Evil. I need to at some point. It's another one of those games that's been on my list to play for ages and I've just never gotten around to. Yeah, Beyond Good and Evil is is a pretty good game. Um, it's not, it's one you know, it's one of those games that has not aged very well, in my opinion. Uh, the story itself is great, and the whole idea behind what you're doing is great, but it's one of those games that suffered mechanically, um, over the years. But this looks, I don't know. I was gonna say this looks like something, but you just can't tell anything from this trailer. Yeah, this is definitely a thing. Yeah, it's definitely a thing. Uh, so yeah, that was the Ubisoft conference. Yeah, a lot more subdued this year than uh, in previous years. Yeah, I think that you know, continuing with the theme of conference or people learning their lesson, I think Ubisoft has taken a lot of shit over the last few years for uh, especially hyping- their, their opening uh, dance act. Well, that and hyping things up and going crazy, and it was very. This felt very, very subdued, and like they were trying to keep it a little more low key. And I'm sad that they didn't do the the silly dance act, and I'm sad that Aisha Tyler was gone. But you know what? I can actually get behind this conference. This was one of the better ones, in my opinion. Yeah, and outside, which is saying something. Uh, outside of uh, Beyond Good and Evil Two, I think everything releases either before or within uh, the next year. Yeah, 
Which, yeah, they didn't. That, that's something that we've also seen as in a lot of conferences is that uh, you uh, get a lot of games that show up year year after year after year, or at least in the past, and that doesn't really seem to be the case this year, outside of a few outside uh, cases like Beyond Good and Evil. Yeah, because I could easily see that popping up either next year or year after uh, when it gets close to release. Yeah. So, yep, that was the Ubisoft conference. Not too shabby. Give me a timestamp, please, sir. 3.31.52. 3.31.52. And we're getting pretty close to our home stretch. Moving on to the next big conference, Sony. Yep. This um, is the, the one I cared the least about, mostly because typically these games don't come out on PC. Granted, there is a notable exception this time. But I did at least take notes. Yeah, I also care very little about the Sony conferences because, again, like you said, very few of their games come out on PC. So, uh, yeah. But we're still going to dive they, in. Yep, they opened up with, I think that was Indian? Yeah, I was, yeah, I was uh, I'm pretty sure it was Indian as well. Granted, uh, they also had the roof leaking. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, that was very cool with the waterfall, uh, with the different effects from it. It yeah, it was really neat. I wondered what they were going to lead into. And yeah, it, it was didn't really lead, yeah, it didn't lead particularly well into it though. Granted, I can't really say for certain because okay, it was nice that they started off with uh, music, but they didn't set up their audio correctly, so there was no direct feed from the uh, gameplay footage. And it sounded like just a microphone sitting in the auditorium. At least, uh, I went through uh, two Twitch streams, and both of them were like that. Eventually, I was able to hunt down the YouTube stream, and that finally had decent audio to it. But by that point, the Uncharted uh, uh, footage was just gone, and pretty much the uh, Horizon Zero Dawn expansion as well. But honestly, I don't really have a lot to add to either of these, so... Uh, me neither. I, I, I damn bother to go back and listen to them. Yep, me but neither. it's more just yeah. You know, what were uh, yeah? Sound check, people. Sound check. Yeah, I mean, it could have been that something went wrong. I mean, I'm not going to fault him too much for that. I mean, yeah, but they should have entered running breaks. around like uh, yeah, his hair was on fire or something. <laughs> Maybe they did behind or backstage. It, it's just. Uh, it was shocking that it was that in uh, that level of ineptitude. So really not a lot to say either way about Uncharted, The Lost Legacy, or whatever the uh, Horizon Zero Dawn expansion, expansion was. Yeah. I wouldn't have a lot to say about them either way. Me neither, because they're PlayStation exclusives. And I have played the older Uncharted games on PS3, but actually I've played the first Uncharted. So I don't really have much to contribute to that either. Okay, so shall we skip ahead to Days Gone? Yep. Also known as, come on! (laughs) Yeah, this was, if in the regular stream, this was where the audio came back. Yeah, well, I I cut towards the end of the Horizon Zero Dawn with the uh, audio, but by that point, yeah, I was already on the YouTube stream. Yeah. Uh, Is it just me or does this feel very generic? It does feel super generic. It felt super generic last year when they announced it, teased it, whatever. 
It, it was a lot more interesting until they introduced the, the zombies. So it's like, oh, it's another zombie game. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see. My notes were gameplay in my trailer. Can't have that. Well, at least it looks like gameplay. Where <laughs> uh, Once they got on the motorcycle. Yeah. And then, uh, come on, it's back. I mean, it, it might be okay. I'm not, like, trying to completely knock this game. Yeah. I just... It's it's a PlayStation exclusive. It looks like just another generic zombie game. I mean, they might have some interesting or unique mechanics, but I'll probably never play yeah, it. Yeah, let's see some of my other notes. Woo, quick time events. Just what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Detective Vision. I mean, Biker Vision. <laughs> zombie Bear, I guess. <laughs> Exc- or question mark. That was one of my notes. The touching love story between a biker and his mechanic. <laughs> I got a yeah. good trickle out of that. That was good, because who else knows how to fix a carburetor out here? And uh, the, my last note was more for the crowd. Uh, I'm, uh, you were on the Twitch stream, right? Uh, Yeah. Did you see the people bowing to this trailer? No, I didn't see that. The YouTube stream cut to people bowing in the crowd, like they were in Wayne's World. You know, we're not worthy. I completely missed that. I probably I mean, was was tabbed out taking a couple of notes. Well, see, uh, I I had the uh, one half of the screen with the stream and the other half with uh, my uh, open office uh, window. Yeah. And I saw that and I just... Th- this is a press event, right? Th- th- I think th- so. These are press people. I or, or, so. or are these the bloggers? <laughs> it's just... Show some fucking pro- pro- professionalism. You know? Yeah, I completely missed that. But yeah. But then again, you know, you could really say that about any of their conferences. You know, people cheering for exclusives, uh, cheering exclusive DLC. It's just, who does that? I mean, is this a plant in the crowd to show enthusiasm? Maybe. I mean, they people have been caught using plants before, so. Uh, it, it's just incredibly frustrating to see that and think. Who does that? What's wrong with you? Were you dropped on a he- on your head as a child? Wait, how did you get press credentials? This is supposed to be a press event. How did you get in here? Oh, you, you work for Polygon. That that that. It, how it makes <laughs> sense? <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, it's all right. Yeah, just days gone. Just looks so generic, but it's not for me. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. All right, so next up on the docket, Monster Hunter World. That is one huge sword. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the Monster Hunter series. And when this first popped up, I was like, oh, this looks amazing. But it probably won't ever come to PC, so fuck it. But it is coming to PC. So yeah, hey! uh, it's coming to PC at a later date, and there's no release date for that. I don't care. But uh, this is the first Monster Hunter game to come to PC, at least in the uh, Western market. There are Monster Hunter MMOs, but they're limited to Japan only. And they're very aggressive about kicking people that aren't Japanese. So this will be actually the first time I'll have a chance to play Monster Hunter. I really like Monster Hunter. It's always been a campy, silly, over-the-top series that has some amazing gameplay and some great, um, great ideas in it. And the co-op has always been excellent. I mean, it's always been like either land play for the earlier games or 
like direct connection sort of multiplayer for the more recent versions of the game, at least in the West. But uh, it's always been great. I used to play, I don't even know which Monster Hunter it was. It was on PSP on the school bus because I couldn't drive yet at the time. So me and my friends would play because I like lived at the end of the end of the line. So I was always the first kid picked up and the last kid dropped off. And me and my friend would play, like my next door neighbor friend, would play it on the bus every morning and every afternoon on the way to and from school. So I take it this will likely be a co-op game between the two of us. Yeah, I think so. Very much looking forward to it. Alright, well next up, Shadow of the Colossus. Something we're not looking forward to because we crapped all over Shadow of the Colossus recently. <laughs> nope. As it, long as- it looks very familiar, It's a, but it's also a remake, so... Uh, if they added the cut content, I think it would be a lot more interesting. That would give it something new. Because and that's, also because that's something they... is that uh, Shadow of the Colossus is notorious for having a lot of content cut from it. Yeah. Not just uh, yeah when they were originally doing the 48 uh, monsters, which well, that would have been a lot of stuff. And I don't see how they could have ever done that on the PlayStation 2. But even the, what was it, the 24? And eventually cutting it down to 16? Yeah, it was 24, and then I think they cut it to 20, or maybe 18. Yeah, and it's and left then, a huge portion to the map just completely unused. Yeah, and then eventually they cut it to the 16 that were in the game. Actually in the game. Uh, but yeah, if they add the cut to content and actually fix the controls so that they're modernized and responsive. Uh, and had it where the camera could uh, actually show me what I'm doing. Yeah, that would be great, and it would probably make the game a lot better, in our opinion. Okay, Marvel vs. Capcom. So many characters from different universes, I couldn't keep track of them all, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I was able to mostly... I'm Normally, I don't well, care. Well, at the beginning of it, I didn't really catch that there was this Marvel vs. Capcom. It's like, wait, what? Oh, wait, who? Why are you here? What? What? What is going on? Yeah, at first I thought it was just like maybe like a a new Mar- what is, what was it Marvel Heroes or whatever the yeah. MMO style game. Yeah, that's game. what I thought it was at first as well. But then I started seeing the characters from yeah, Street think, Fighter. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. It's just I didn't catch that it was Marvel versus Capcom, but I'm not a fighting game type of person, so. Uh, yeah, I didn't even register that that would be a thing until yeah they showed the uh, the title. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm actually looking forward to this game a bit. I mean, I I wouldn't buy it new, but I, normally I don't care for fighting games. But one, I'm a huge Marvel person, and they've added a lot of the Marvel characters from the MCU as opposed to the comic books. So these are characters that I'm already a lot more familiar with and like. I mean, I also have read many Marvel comic books, but honestly, the MCU characters, in my opinion, are way better. So I'm actually looking forward to it and might pick it up on sale one day for like 20 bucks. Man, let's see. We finally got info on Call of Duty. I think we did this long for Call of Duty uh, World War II. Yeah, which I think shows you just how far Call of Duty has fallen in the last few years. Like, and I'll be yeah. perfectly honest, this trailer felt like literally every single other war game uh, shooter trailer. As a matter of fact, I didn't even uh, think it was Call of Duty until they said it was Call of Duty. Yeah, I I figured it out 
I think relatively quickly, but at first I was like, what is this? Just like a war game? Oh, World War Two, it's probably Call of Duty. The new Call of Duty game. I think and I'm it was. I think it's just that I don't care about Call of Duty. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean I'm more interested in this Call of Duty than I have been the last few. Because I think last they've just dozen gone, or two. Pretty much since Modern Warfare three, they just have gone too far off the rails in my opinion. But which is what eight gone back now? Yeah. I said this like four hours ago <laughs> at this point. Uh but uh I really hope that they just don't rehash the first three Call of Duty games, which were their three World War II entries. Actually, there's been more than... Because there was... Whatever. There's been more, but I just hope that it's not a rehash of the old World War II Call of Duty games. I want more different yeah, then, things. Uh, then, let's see. We've had a... We have a long stretch of different VR titles. Starting off with Skyrim, because that's what we need. Another version of Skyrim. Yep. And, I'm, and it I'm looks gonna, terrible. God, it looks it so looks bad. It looks so awkward, doesn't it? It, uh, it must just be that they're trying to show what VR would be on a flat screen, but it looked like they were holding the bow up sideways, just shooting off to the side. Yeah, it just looked awful. Yeah, it looked unspeakably awkward to play. I'm assuming mostly because it's using motion controls. And I'm going to assume that this is going to cost $60 as well, just based on Fallout 4. Yeah. But yeah, if you haven't had enough Skyrim, well, there you go. That, that, that's, what, the third, fourth time we mentioned Skyrim individually? Yeah. And guess what? We still have one more to go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Let's see, Star Child, Sony VR 2D platformer? How is that going to work? Yeah, I don't know. It looked, I don't know, like a, a platformer. At first, I thought it was going to be some kind of like. I thought not, it was going to be a standard uh, 2D platformer, and then they uh, then I saw Sony VR, huh? Yeah, well, for the initial part of the trailer, it, I thought it was going to be like a space flight game of some kind. I was like, okay, that's cool, and then it's a platformer. I was like, uh, okay. And probably, whatever works, I guess. Uh, and let's see, the impatient, no info on this whatsoever in the trailer. VR question mark? I'm assuming. It's VR, though, just because of everything else surrounding it. Yeah. Anything that you want to add? Not really. I mean, it looks like you're in some kind of, like, based on, like, the last flash of the trailer. Like, it seems like you're a mental patient in an asylum, but who knows? No clue. Couldn't tell you. Maybe you have to get some Steam training cards to get out. (laughs) If they're anything like your patients, right? Okay, next one up. Out of all the VR games, this is probably the silliest, but the one I would actually want to play the most. I Monst- knew you would like this one. Monster of the Deep, Final Fantasy V Fishing, or Fifteen Fishing. <laughs> I mean, it's just so... Well, I have a weakness for fishing games to begin with. And yeah. it's a Final Fantasy fishing game. And it looks like they're not taking it too seriously as well. No, it looked pretty silly and fun. Is it wrong that I'm this predictable that you knew that this was going to be the one? No, it just means that I know you well. I think I need an adult. <laughs> okay. Okay, let's see. Uh, Bravo Team VR War Shooter. No other info given. Yep, it looks like a, just a generic modern military shooter with VR. And Moss, uh, VR title... Uh, it, 
looks like you're helping a mouse uh, traverse uh, an area. I would say almost like a Monument Valley-esque, where uh, you're helping with the environment instead of controlling the character directly. That, that's yeah. at least my opinion. And with uh, when they showed the reflection, uh, I immediately got the impression of no face. Uh, from the Ghibli films? From... Uh, uh, Shoot down, uh, blank on the name of the movie. Oh, Spirited Away. I've never seen Spirited Away. Blasphemy. <laughs> Put it on the list. I'll get to it eventually. Um, it did look just, cute. just look up No Face, uh, uh, Ghibli, and uh, you'll see the character that I mean. Okay. N O H, by the way, as in uh, the uh, type of uh, theater. And yes, uh, Mr. Science Theater did have a who's on first with uh, no as well, at one point. Okay. But uh, you see the character? Yeah. Doesn't that look sort of like what the uh, trailer had? Kind of, yeah. Huh. Okay, so um, next up was Dad of War. I'm sorry, God of War. <laughs> Kratos has a real lack of parenting skills, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, it looks okay. I, I probably... Uh, combat looks like, a lot slower than what God of War was, doesn't it? It looks almost Dark Souls-esque. Yeah. yeah. Not, not it, a terrible thing. And it looks like the kid is your sidekick, and his thing is he shoots arrows. There is no way that kid is surviving this game. Either him or Kratos. One of the two are dying in this game. Yep, one of them has to die. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't... I, like I said, it looks okay. I'll probably never play it, because it'll be a PlayStation exclusive. So, I don't really have anything else to add to it. Okay, next up, Detroit Become Human. A, a choose-your-own-adventure-style uh, game with uh, an Android Revolution. Yeah, I actually... It looks a lot like Heavy Rain, uh, to be perfectly honest. It does. I'm not sure if it's the same developer. I didn't check on that. I should have. It's, uh... Shoot, what's his name? It's very interesting, and it really depends a lot on just... They talked about branching paths of the story, just how far they go down that, uh, well, uh, lane of uh, reasoning, you know. How diverse can the story get? Yeah, I actually preferred the E3 trailer from last year, where they really focused on one interaction and just showed it over and over and over again. Yeah, with this you was a lot more decisions. Yeah, this was a lot more action based. I almost forgot about it from last year. Yeah, I mean, it still looks good. I'm very, very interested in it. Yeah, but, they didn't uh, really show. They didn't give a release date, did they? No, they did not. David Cage. That's the guy I was thinking of. Uh, it's a it's a David Cage game. And I and I did leave one other note. So how long do you think before Tumblr loses their shit on this? <laughs> it's happened already, I'm sure. Hell, they lost their shit over the Mario Odyssey. Yeah, they'll get over it. Cultural appropriation. Also, David Cage did do Heavy Rain as well. That's okay. Okay, that similar. Then, all right. That, I I didn't check on that, but. The fact that I was able to pick up on that uh, gives me some credit, even though I've never played either game. Well, yeah. obviously I can't play this one, but I didn't play Heavy Rain, but I was able to pick up on that. 
Yeah, David Cage. I mean, he's done several games. Like he's known for having doing this type of game and having this type of style. But ones that you'd recognize: Fahrenheit or Indigo Prophecy, as it's known in the states. Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls. All right. Uh, next up was Destiny Two, which was pretty much a cutscene showing the uh, main uh, villain. Which I'm sure this trailer makes a lot more sense if you read the story. Which in order to do that, you had to go to their website. Yep, they've said they're not making that mistake again. They're putting it all in the game, which good for them, I guess, for doing what games have done for, oh, the last 30 years or so. And also, oh, look, exclusive content. Joy. Yeah. Honestly, though, and the, the fact story... that people were cheering that, ugh. The story trailer, though, really didn't make very much sense to me as a longtime Destiny player because there was so little story in Destiny 1. Even if you went online and read the cards the grimoire cards as they were called with all of like the extra or with all the story whatevers like i don't know who this person is i don't know why he's come and it could be that like since i've dropped out there's been some more dlc that's teased this guy or whatever but yeah i don't i didn't know who he was or what was going on for the most part and then yeah exclusive content i sighed and i remembered oh right destiny has all this exclusive content for the various consoles yeah but of course pc won't have any right Probably not. So we don't get to cheer. Then they wrapped up with Spider-Man. With the world's most ineffective henchmen. Yeah. I mean, this looked okay. It looked fairly good. Uh, The fact that they actually have the web slinging down uh, works well. Yeah. And the combat was very fluid. It didn't look janky at all, which has been a huge problem with the Spider-Man franchise. Also, maybe it's just the fact that I'm not a Marvel guy, but... Since when did Spider-Man have a team and backup? Uh, yeah, that's new. As part of the, I'm pretty sure this is based more in the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe because in the upcoming Spider-Man movie, like he's working with Iron Man and has connections to things. He's not just like a, a sole, you know, teenage dude. And also, I guess of- that whole uh, photographer gig uh, just doesn't work out anymore when everybody has a camera. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, in some of the Spider-Man comic runs, he works like the ones where that he's not a teenager, where he's a lot older. He does work with the police and various agencies for things. And then obviously he works with the Avengers. And also, they uh, maybe it's just the uh, the segment of the gameplay that they showed, but there was so many uh, quick time events in this. Yeah. I mean, I know the Spider-Man franchise also has had it's more than its share of quick time events, but. There was a lot in this just short segment. Yeah, there were. But maybe if he superheroed faster, he wouldn't have to do so many quick time events. <laughs> I also like that they showed um, Miles Morales at the end. Yeah, which... he's the uh, other uh, super or other Spider-Man, the black one. Yeah, Boy, that he's... sounds uh, wrong out of context, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It does. Uh, but he's the Spider-Man that most people prefer nowadays. Just because he's a more modernized version of Spider-Man. But. And also, I did make the uh, the note, maybe J. Jonah Jameson has a point. I mean, just think of how many people got injured and killed in all the uh, collateral damage in this uh, just segment. Yeah. Maybe he does have a point. Maybe Spider-Man is kind of a menace. I mean, sure, it doesn't make him less of a jerk-ass, but the jerk-ass is correct. Yeah. That's... <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to go down this track. I'm not going to start talking about Marvel stuff. 
No, no, no. Do it. Do it. Do it. Uh, we're, no. Uh, we're, we're still below the four-hour mark. Do it. Do it's it. Do it. Do one, it. Do it. It's one thirty in the morning. I have to get up at 6.30. We're getting close to the end. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Let's yeah, press Yeah, but we still on. have to go through Nintendo to get there. We do, but Nintendo was short. So... But we still have to give our thoughts for the Sony conference. Uh, I was going to say... Uh, very much uh, didn't give a shit, to be perfectly honest. And the audio issues kind of uh, tarnished it to begin with. Yeah, I mean, it was fine. The technical difficulties sucked and made me annoyed at the beginning, but they got it worked out partway through. And then the rest of it was just like, yep, this is a, a conference for a console that I don't have with games that aren't going to come to things that I have. Oh, and don't so. forget exclusive content that you'll never be able to play because you, why would you play a first person shooter on a uh, console when you play it on PC? All of that stuff was timed exclusive which doesn't make oh, it, it was, uh, very much that, better well they didn't say that but that's kind of the point isn't it you know if you have both you know maybe push you to play on the console instead of the pc well i, I the new stuff might not be timed exclusive but that's how all of the exclusive content worked before was it was all timed exclusive to sony so i i mean they could have done it differently i'm just kind of working off the framework that that's how it's going to be again but maybe not i don't know Regardless, it's stupid, and I don't like it, but yeah, I do I'll, like Destiny. Uh, yeah, I would say probably the uh, the highlight of this conference for me, probably because I could uh, finally play it, is Monster Hunter World. Yeah, Monster Hunter World definitely stole the show for me. I'm excited about Destiny, but Monster Hunter on PC? Yeah, sign me up. Uh, don't worry, I'll be uh, getting your attention for a series sooner or later. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, give me a timestamp. 3.57.09. 3.57.09. Got it. Okay, so we are wrapping up with Nintendo. Showing all the places a Switch could be played, but no rooftop millennial parties? <laughs> nope, this time we had man running through a like a uh, a walkway bridge with a cage Being a complete the idiot. We had people drifting cars in a rather large garage or hangar. I think I missed that because I was rolling my eyes. <laughs> um, and then people at a um, a boxing ring that were playing a Switch to play whatever the boxing game Arms. was called. Arms, yeah. They had a couple other little ones too, but those were the ones Which, that really... Actually, now that I think about it, they didn't talk about Arms at all on this. Nope. I didn't even catch that until you uh, until you brought up arms. Uh, yeah, weird. They just because showed it, it there, and then it never came back. Uh, they had Rocket League though in the montage, and then they talked yeah. about it later. But I, I was like, "Why are they showing cars?" And then like Rocket League popped up, and I went, "Oh, okay." Yeah, but uh, there was no rockets. There was no giant ball. There was no yeah doing a three sixty uh, off the wall. There was drifting though. Yeah, because that's what Rocket League is all about. But yeah, this entire uh, conference just felt like a late night infomercial. Maybe it's the fact that they had nothing on stage at all. Yeah, it was just uh, like a a green screen. Yeah. They had Reggie too. Like he, I felt like Reggie was like the Reggie is the low uh, uh, Miyamoto. Yeah, well, I mean, he was like I felt like he was, you know, following your late night TV commercial, or whatever. Like I felt like he was the infomercial guy. Yeah, he definitely he just, looks like it, doesn't he? 
Yeah, although I, for some reason I felt like he had this odd sense of attractiveness around him. I don't know if he's been working out or or if I was just in a mood earlier, but I was like, I was watching this. Oh, was you, like, you were likely in a mood earlier because I didn't see that. Or it's, just, like, or it's just you being you. I was like, Reggie seems unusually attractive this year. Like, I feel like his little pooch is gone that he had. Maybe he's been working out or eating healthy. I don't know. But I was kind of into him for a little bit. Well, uh, we now know uh, who you're going to marry in uh, Stories of Pretzel, but... Uh. <laughs> yeah. Ding. Okay, so Xenoblade Car- uh, Chronicles up first. Uh, I'll be perfectly honest. This and the other JRPGs that sh- they showed, they felt so uh, similar to one another, didn't they? Or was it just me? Uh, no, they pre- felt pretty similar. I mean, the giant mechs and airships and xenoblade chronicles kind of separates it but until you see those you're like okay i'm guessing yeah, it's a jrpg but i i don't know what it is yeah and it just didn't look all that impressive it felt very old but not going for the charm of being retro i'm not sure if it's just the yeah the switch can't do that or if it's, it's just prob- uh, that this has been in development for a while they're probably using the the same engine from xenoblade chronicles x because it looks identical to x in my mind. And also, the voice acting felt like it wasn't that great. Particularly when they did Whisper Screaming. Or did you catch that? No, I did, but I just was like, whatever. Maybe I've, it's better in the in the original Klingon. I mean, Japanese. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Okay, but I, so, well, I was yeah. looking forward to it. This is one of the games that's making me think that I might want to buy a Switch soon. Well, you must Anyways, be hard up for your JRPGs, then. I am. I haven't had a good one in a while, actually. Oh, my. Well, let's see. Next up is Kirby. Kirby! <laughs> yeah, just named Kirby from uh, everything I could tell. There was no subtitle or na- number or anything. It made me so happy. It, it, it has drop-in uh, co-op. Yeah, it's uh, local uh, multiplayer for players. Yeah. And uh, I agree. I never really played Kirby, but I did recognize a couple of the bosses in that. So yeah. it looks like they're going for the retro aesthetic. Yep. Or the retro gameplay, I guess I should say. It's a platformer. Yep. Then uh, you might have missed it if you weren't paying attention, but they did tease a new Pokemon oh, well, for, I have exclusively that, for Switch. I, I, I have that in, uh, uh, before or after this one. Yeah, well, that's where I was uh, going next. P- Pokemon Tournament DX first. Oh, yeah, Pokemon Tournament. That's right. I didn't, I just, I, I don't care about Pokemon Tournament. I, so I, 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 I've, been, I've been good on uh, my notes. You have been. You have been. Uh, a new Pokemon, no news on uh, its release date, though. Then they uh, teased a core Pokemon RPG, uh, uh, saying that it will be more than a year out. And uh, th- this will be the first R- major RPG Pokemon game on a hom- home console. Because they've always been uh, Game Boy games. Yep. I mean, Grid, you have had uh, Pokemon games on the consoles, but never the core RPG. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the extra power. Let's see, Metroid uh, Prime 4. Literally just a logo. Yep. But I'm pretty excited about that. I liked the other Metroid Prime Prime games that were on GameCube. So. Let's see. Well, yeah, I mean, there's really nothing to talk about here. It was literally just a logo. Literally just a logo, yeah. Yeah, no uh, music from the game, likely. There was a little bit of music, but, you know, it's kind of generic. 
so yeah, uh, do you want to talk about Metroid Prime? Do you, do you think they're going to uh, ignore that the other M ever happened? <laughs> they probably will. They probably will. I probably don't, for the I, best. I don't want to. I mean, I don't need to talk about Metroid Prime. It's. I mean, it was a first-person shooter Metroid game that had lots of really, really good ideas and concepts to it. It was what the Metroid Prime series was probably the best that Metroid's ever been. And then they kind of threw that away and made a whole bunch of shitty games. And people have been asking for another Metroid Prime game for the better part of a decade at this point. And uh, Nintendo finally decided... Nintendo has learned their lesson that they should probably sometimes listen to consumers. Sometimes, and maybe. Making, and now they're making a Metroid game. Okay, next up is Yoshi. Yoshi! Another a, one that made a, me really a, happy. A, a 2D platformer uh, with uh, child abuse. I mean, uh, throwing eggs. <laughs> uh, and uh, maybe this is just the VOD I watched because I didn't catch the uh, Nintendo conference live. But it seemed like uh, it was very bright in some places. Did it seem that to you? I mean, like the no. color saturation was off. Uh, maybe it was just the VOD I captured, uh, caught then. Uh, but Yoshi blended in uh, into the background several times, and it, it was like everything was too bright. Yeah, it had kind of a pastel look, but I think it must have just been a problem with the VOD you were watching. Because it, Yoshi didn't blend and, in, and it was also was very tough to find a VOD at this uh, conference, at least for me. No, I I found the an official Nintendo one. Uh, see, I looked for the official Nintendo one, and I couldn't find it, so I had to go poking around on YouTube. Yeah, and let's see, Fire Emblem Warriors. Uh, maybe this was also yeah uh, the VOD, uh, but it felt like uh, the. A voice actor or the voices were a little screwy on this uh, but no fire emblem has historically had bad voice acting in their english okay english uh, dubs uh, well i was given benefit of the doubt i was given benefit of the doubt no it's been real bad yeah i just i couldn't tell if the uh, bod was screwy if the voiceovers were terrible or the lip sync was just bad or if it was just literally derration but oh it, it voices didn't impress me at all no, it's it's probably a combination of two and three. It's been legendarily bad for years. And let's see. Oh, look, Skyrim's back again. Yep. Oh, Skyrim. Why can't it be uh, Elder Scrolls that I actually liked? That uh, uh, that Bethesda wants to constantly shovel out. Uh, but uh, Skyrim Switch, they confirmed. Well, they teased it in uh, the Bethesda conference when they showed the Switch version there. Uh, that Zelda items in Skyrim uh, are confirmed, uh, likely using an amiibo because that's what they used in the Bethesda conference. Yeah. And they didn't really show anything else. Uh, the Nintendo conference uh, for several of these was just uh, what they showed at another conference, just a bite-sized version of it. Yeah. Just Skyrim Switch looks terrible. Uh, it uh, They're going to do a lot with motion controls. Maybe it's just me not being a motion control guy. I don't know. I know. Motion controls generally seem to suck. Then let's see. They uh, did talk about The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, they talked about uh, both uh, the Master Trials and uh, the Champions of Light, I think it was. I only took uh, notes on the Master Trials, though, because that was the only thing that they gave info on. Oh, no. They gave info about the Amiibos for Champions of Light. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I was busy not caring about the physical DLC. Yeah, I didn't really care either, but... Uh, here's Path Mode, which basically makes your game look like a Family Circus comic. 
Uh, but okay. Uh, all right. It is kind of neat that they're doing that, particularly with how they're doing the open world and force you to explore more. And I, I, I guess it would uh, make a make uh, finding places that you haven't been a lot easier as well. You could see, oh well, I haven't been to this corner of the map yet. Let's see, new armor and a master mode, which they didn't really go into. Yeah, I assume that's just extra hard difficulty because they've talked about it before doing something yeah. like that and. Many people have bitched, but Nintendo only sometimes listens, so. Yeah, yeah, sometimes maybe. Let's see, they brought up Mario uh, plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle again with absolutely no info, or nope. no do info. Nope, just use Guillermo saying, hey, this is a thing. Yeah. Rocket League, uh, PlayStation, uh, well, uh, exclusive uh, items and cars, holiday 2017, local wireless mode in a cross-platform play, unless you're uh, wanting to play with your friends on the PlayStation, because the PlayStation 4 is blocking cra- uh, cross-platform play from the Switch. Don't know why they do that, but it's Sony, so whatever. Basically, Welcome. they're wanting to, well, uh, keep their walled garden. I think that's funny, though, because Sony allows you to, allows play cross-play with the PC. Yeah, so now it's going to be the PC uh, can play with uh, Switch with uh, Xbox or uh, PlayStation. I'm not sure if they can play with the Switch and the uh, Xbox at the same time. Uh, but right now it's one or the other with the PlayStation or the Xbox. You can't mix and match. Uh, uh, Sony's uh, justification of this is essentially they don't uh, want uh, to subject their players to uh, networks that they can't uh, control. Bullshit. Yeah. They just suck. And the final game of our four-hour journey, Super Mario Odyssey. My only note for this game, my only note, you can possess things by putting your hat on them and then they grow a mustache. Yeah, well, I have a few notes. Uh, Just what I wanted to see, the acid of a T-Rex at the start of a Mario promo. (laughs) Yeah, I was a little confused about what that was at first, and then I was like, oh, okay. Let's see, a vocal track for a Mario theme? So, Mario possesses things, and they grow a mustache. <laughs> we got the same one. Nice. And then I uh, started uh, getting a little existential when they uh, started uh, showing him uh, uh, possessing different things. Is Mario even human? It seems so strange to see realistic humans next to him in a Mario game, and the fact that he can possess them. A T-Rex with a a mustache and a Mario hat. Well, I'm done. Nothing uh, left to say after that one. But then I came up with one more. Princess Peach in a wedding dress, Mario and Bowser in Texas. I think I know the plot of this one. It turns out Bowser's going to try to make Princess Peach an honest woman now. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was cute. And it was kind of funny that she had a bouquet of prana plants as well. And I'm pretty sure those are amiibos as well. Because everything detectives are an amiibo now. I'm shocked that they don't have an amiibo amiibo. I'm not sure what that would look like. Just Amiibos all the way down. <laughs> and that wraps up the Nintendo conference. Thoughts? Um, I really feel like they were phoning it in. It wasn't terrible. Better than last it, year. But it wasn't good either. 
it was just like, yep, we're Nintendo and we have a few games. You know, they could have aired that, uh, you know, after the uh, news goes off and, you know, and like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. in the middle of the night on a cable uh, network, uh, uh, they could have aired that and it would have felt right at home. Yep. I was real bored for most of it, honestly. Yeah, I, I was busy not caring for a lot of this. Yeah. But I, I did have to wonder why do we bother with the, uh, well, specifically the Nintendo conference, but somewhat the Sony conference, but it's completion's sake, really. Yeah. And we got to tack in that last, you know, half hour or so to get over the four hour mark. Well, I mean, I'm actually interested in Nintendo. I mean, Nintendo consoles are about the only ones that I'm ever like, yeah, I'd like to buy that. I actually, because it's like all of the major experiences that I want, for the most part, I can get on PC. But Nintendo games, you can't. And Nintendo has made several first-party titles over the years that I've been very interested in. And it looks like they've got a few third-party titles as well that are coming out that I'm also fairly interested in. So I'm actually genuinely interested in the Nintendo conference, but I just don't give a shit about Sony because I don't have a PlayStation. I probably won't buy one ever again. I mean, maybe someday. I'm not, like, fanboying and being like, fuck Sony, just... I don't care about most of their stuff. So closing thoughts on the uh, E3 in general, or we've we already done that. I mean, it's been four hours. So I've, yeah, at the beginning of this uh, seems like a, you know, a lifetime ago. Like we've always been recording this particular podcast. Yeah. Well, uh, for our final thoughts, we've got a few just things to go over. Uh, was there anything that we missed? Anything that maybe we sped past or that you thought of after the fact that you think we should touch on? I don't have anything, but do you? Uh, not really, outside of maybe looking at some of the montage games, but honestly, uh, yeah, they went by so quickly. It, uh, I would have to sit there with, uh, on the VOD and try to get each and every day, and then hunt down after the fact, what the fuck? Yeah. Okie dokie. Uh, everything just seemed so subdued for the most part. Yeah. So, which conference do you think was the best one? PC it's, gaming. Okay, yeah. I also think it's PC gaming. We pretty I, I mean, there, explained I mean, that there's, I mean, there's no contest on that one. I'm just... Uh, closest would be probably the Microsoft one. See, I would say my second one would probably be the Ubisoft one. But they had the most games I was interested in beyond that. So... I, most games I was really interested in, I should say. There were several Microsoft games I'm interested in, but most of them were further down on the list, in my mind. Uh, worst conference other than Devolver Digital? Oh, mm, that's a tough one for me. I, I would have to probably uh, give it to Nintendo. Really? Interesting. Why? Uh, probably a combination of just phoning it in and not caring. Fair enough. That's... Very good points. I think for me it was Sony. Uh, Sony is a, clo- uh, is a close second. Technical difficulties and then just having so many games that because Sony is so closed off to the rest of the gaming world, none of their titles come to PC and they except don't play one. nice. They don't, well, yeah, except one. And then they don't play nice with other devs for like cross platform play and stuff like that. Just, I feel like I was watching something from like five years ago. Um, 
Well, that brings us to our last two questions, which are about the games from E3. What is the game that you most want to play now after watching the conference? Battletech. Nice. I really had no <laughs> idea where you were going to go on that. Not a clue. Why Battletech compared to anything else? Uh, it looked like a, uh, well, essentially a, uh, the strategy portion of a MechWarrior game. And I've really wanted a proper MechWarrior game for a long time. And uh, Battletech was uh, something I wanted to play on uh, Tabletop Simulator, but it was just impossible to do well. Yeah. There's like 13,000 pieces and rules and all that jazz. Well, uh, Battletech was also mine, but I chose like a second one because I felt like Battletech was really obvious from how much I was gushing over it earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, so my second one was Far Cry 5. I didn't pick a second one, uh, so I would have to go back and look, and we're already at the four-hour mark. Yeah, no, that's fine. Like I said, the uh, only reason uh, I picked two was because I felt like Battletech was so obvious. Yeah, that... maybe the crew too, uh, depending on how it uh, does with its physics. Yeah. But that's just, you know grabbing uh right away without really thinking about it yeah and then my reasons for picking battletech are basically exactly what you said like i love the battletech series i love the strategic elements much more than this sort of mech warrior take on that universe so very much looking forward to this uh, and it's supposed to release later this year i think isn't it late 2017 i think so so hooray to that it just completely uh, caught me completely off guard because, well, I missed the crowdfunding campaign uh, completely. So when it came up on the PC gaming show, it's like, what is this? Yeah. Okay. And then the other question about games from the show is what was your biggest surprise? Well, I, well I had two, but I'm going to go with one and I'll still say the second one. I think my biggest surprise was Sea of Thieves just because of how much it improved over last year. Okay. My other one, well, let's hear yours first, and we'll see if it's my backup. Uh, Anthem. Actually, no. I was so, like, so, it, that just came out of nowhere, and I was so excited by the prospect of an Iron Man RPG. I was shocked that <laughs> wasn't your most wanted to play. It, it's hard to beat Battletech. But it's so far away, like, with it just being, like, teased this year, we'll probably get a much more in-depth trailer next year. I'd say Anthem's not coming out until at the earliest, late 2018, like holiday 2018. Yeah. Maybe not even until 2019. So it was it it was giving Battletech a, a run for its money, with it, but with it being so far away, I yeah. was like, I gotta go Battletech. Yeah, my backup, uh, I think it's kind of obvious once you think about it. Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Uh, there's no way for me to play it, so you know, it gets bumped. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I mean, that probably would have been my biggest surprise, honestly, if I hadn't been paying attention when all the leaks came out and, and, uh, yeah, all you're see if these, uh, got, got on was that it will be playable. And I could see that being a stream night game. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, see if Thieves looks good. I'm definitely interested in it. So hopefully and it is it, good. It, it improved amazingly since last year. Maybe it's just, you know, I'm remembering more of the cringy, uh, streamers that they had. No, it definitely was improved from last year. Um, but that's maybe that's most of the reason why I remember it from last year as well. So maybe they got, you know, uh, they served their point. Yeah. 
Well, oh, so the Odyssey is done. Granted, it's not a Super Mario one, but we are finished with the E3 Extravaganza 2017. That is absolutely correct. We and my voice are... isn't completely shot, only mostly. Oh, my throat hurts, and I'm sure there's some cracking you can hear going on. But we've made it through, and it's 2 a.m., which means that I might get almost four and a half hours sleep tonight. Oh, you are going to be a grumpy pants tomorrow. Yep. I can't wait to get so home tomorrow. So do you want to plug so your stuff real quick? Uh, yeah. So with, uh, wait, <laughs> my brain just like shut the fuck down on that one. Um, coming up on my channel this week is the regularly scheduled divinity stuff. So like not every day anymore just two a week. Uh, yeah, it should be Wednesday and uh, Saturday, right? I don't remember. Yes. Well, if you have it set up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then because of E3 this week, plus a couple other things I had going on, all of my work nights disappeared because I had to, well, well, my content creation nights, because I had to get ready for this. So everything's a little bit stalled. But to kind of sort of make up for it, what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to chop up all of the audios and do a YouTube video for each conference, except maybe Devolve or Digital, because fuck that. Uh, and then post those as separate videos, just like in one big dump, like maybe Saturday or Sunday. And, uh, if you want rage, I can send you the cut up audio as well on top of just the full, uh, I might do something with that. Yeah. So yeah, just so that if someone wants to watch it without, you know, that doesn't sub or that doesn't subscribe to the podcast, they can just jump to whichever. Well, they, they also want. get the, yeah, well, the. The E3 extravaganza on uh, at least my uh, YouTube channel will at least have the timestamps as well. Yeah, and I mean mine will too. But I mean I'm not gonna lie. If I was looking at someone's channel and it's like a four and a half hour, four to four and a half hour video about a thing, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a big one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna chop oh, them all. But I mean, that's pretty much all the content that's coming up on my channel and if you want to see that content you can go to gaming psychologist i'm inching very very or very slowly closer towards 100 i had 96 subscribers when i checked earlier today so i'm almost there please give me some subs so i can get 100 <laughs> even if you take them away for at least one day i can be like yeah i hit triple digits for the first time oh what's that take them away all right well hang on no <laughs> no but anyways yes Gaming Psychologist on YouTube. If you want to subscribe to me on Twitter, where I tweet about all kinds of things, uh, if you want to go back and look at my snarky E3 tweets from what I was able to tweet from the live stuff, I chose not to tweet from the VODs this year. Uh, you can do so at JMA4707 on Twitter. If you want to watch me stream games, which I regularly do once a week on Friday nights, you can do so at twitch.tv slash jarthur4707. And if you want to be my friend on Steam, my username is JoeArthur4707. I accept all friend requests. Everyone that I've ever accepted as a friend from our podcast listener group has been pretty cool. So I'm going to keep that policy going. And if you wish to let them know exactly what podcast you're from, assuming that you've survived this long, the password for this week is Creator Cave. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Creator Cave. What about you, buddy? What's going on for oh, you? Well, I missed the Sunday sampler this week, mostly because I was focused on the E3 stuff, and I had a weekend of just pure insomnia. 
which was fun trying to catch uh, conferences. I managed to catch at least most of them. But podcast first. Outside of that, uh, well, I've restarted the Red series, so I'm up to three Let's Play series again. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you're uh, so excited. Uh, Quantum Conundrum is proving to be interesting. And I've already fucked up more than once. <laughs> but it is a first-person pla- uh, platformer-slash-puzzle game. Very Portal-esque. I'll talk more about it next week, though. Uh, RimWorld is still ongoing as it approaches the 90-episode mark. I am prepping for the uh, series reset, though. i am uh, got the mods pretty much sorted out. I just need to get in the testing phase. But in order to do that uh, safely... I need to eat in the previous series, so I'm going to build up a week or two worth of content, and then take off from my ship. Maybe I'll leave Groove behind, let him uh, carry crates for the rest of time. <laughs> nah, we can't uh, leave without our hall, bitch. Go Groove. <laughs> uh, poor Groove. You know, I've actually been thinking about the uh, hauling bots uh, and just naming them all Groove. <laughs> yeah, G-R-O-O-V-E's. <laughs> nice. What can I say? Now that I finally got Groove as a haul bitch, I'm going to exploit that to my fullest. And for those who uh, haven't followed, uh, the last, what was it, two, three times they showed up in the... Uh, in the Nameless for RimWorld, he had hauling completely disabled, and he was just laughing about it. It's not so funny now, is it? I thought not. <laughs> uh, and, of course, the vanity is still ongoing. Uh, we do need to record badly, though. I'm down to this week and next week of uh, recorded content, so we need to have a long recording day. We do need to do that. Because we've had one day where Bethesda interrupted us, and then we had one time where uh, we got one episode done, and then we had to do uh, sorting for three hours. Well, by we, I mean you, of course. Yeah, I took longer than you. Yeah, because you need to get your crafting done. Yeah, I do. And, of course, the podcast appears on my channel Fridays at noon, and the Sunday Sampler will be returning. It just had a bad weekend to get it done. Got a very surprising game uh, uh, as a review copy. I'll try to get that done. Granted, that's going to take a lot more hours than I usually use. But we'll see. Anyway, you could catch it all over on Gaming with Caffeine Rage, or if you wish to see me tweet... Well, this past weekend, it's been very active as I've been watching conferences and yelling at people. <laughs> yep. What can I say? I am the Devolver Digital of uh, the podcast. <laughs> Maybe that's why I didn't like Devolver Digital's podcast or uh, uh, conference. Because I am Devolver Digital. Yep, they're stealing your shtick. Grant, I do curse a lot more. But I also have four and a half hours to do it. <laughs> True. Anyway, you can catch me over on Twitter, gaming with CR. And sorry, no Twitch stuff. And well, even though we didn't have the community corner this week, we'll I'll be back next week. And you can contact us, VGL Podcast at gmail.com with your letters, 
voicemails and gaming related topics or comments on our E3 coverage. Or you can just tweet us BGL Podcast on Twitter. Our Patreon, if you wish to help uh, pay for this madness, is patreon.com slash BGL Podcast. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can find our RSS feed, bglpodcast.podbeam.com, as well as on iTunes or Google Play. Our intro and outro music is On the Ground by Kevin McLeod. You can find his work at copytech.com. And as always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice, bye-bye now. Oh, so should I start recording now? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs>